Hey, thanks for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. And in this episode, we are talking about how Fortnite stole from Among Us. A lot of controversy there. If you're looking for that section of the video, it'll be a timestamp in the description below. We do that because it's about a four-hour broadcast every day, Monday through Friday. If you like watching live streams, highly interactive with a lot of Q&A and back and forth, hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss the streams. We will also be talking about Outriders potentially ruined by Game Pass. We may turn that into a lead story later this week as more things develop and more comes out from Square Enix. Just about how much people can fly haven't even made on the game yet, and that could be related to Game Pass. We'll be talking about that today. A lot of people here played Outriders and had a lot of strong opinions about why the game did well or didn't do well. Cyberpunk is also doing streams and announcements and different things and revealed that there will be a free DLC very soon and that DLC is going to be mostly cosmetic. So we're going to talk about what exactly does that mean for Cyberpunk long term that even now as they're trying to add to the game, they're sort of struggling, I think, to get things off the ground. So again, those are all of the topics for today. Timestamps will be used in the description, as well as all the links to our sponsors and all the various things that are placed throughout the video. The new studio setup has been uh, a huge hit, and we appreciate you guys so, so much supporting that. And if you missed it, we like to give you a little reminder of what happened before today. Just in case you missed the past episodes, you can go back and check them out, whether it's gameplay or not. There right there is the Fortnite Stole from Among Us thumbnail that's our lead topic for today we actually switched lead topics because the among us developers chimed in on this and i i thought man this is this is a good discussion what exactly do we think about the fact that epic can just poach ideas and shove them in their incredibly popular game but yesterday we covered the call of duty vanguard reveal and we also played a cool little indie game called greek memories of azure and we did get uh some we did get a code for that so if you want to check that game out there too about two and a half hour stream and uh, we had a really good turnout for that it's a pretty creative little game and uh, I think I can recommend it if you want to see the game plan exactly how it works that's a great video for you and then the Call of Duty Vanguard reveal will be covering officially tomorrow yesterday was more of an announcement stream just to kind of put it on your guys radar it's actually inside Warzone, and we talked about the Steam Deck potentially being sort of courted by Microsoft. Phil Spencer took a trip to Valve, and what does that mean for the future of xCloud, Game Pass, and the Xbox platform? And then Cyberpunk also was in the news yesterday, talking about the incoming patch and what it's setting its sights on fixing. And then in the evening, I said, I smell trouble. It was basically about Outriders, the reports coming out about the royalties that they have not made on the game yet. Uh, A little concerning for anybody who was hoping for Outriders DLC or an Outriders, you know, sequel. There was a lot of communication from People Can Fly before the game came out. Very, very transparent, I would say, about how more Outriders was dependent upon commercial success and uh, that's not surprising if you look at the landscape of games these days with games getting cancelled or no longer getting funding or just shutting down production like what happened with Anthem it kind of made sense for them to say listen we're not building this game out of the box to be live service 
if it is successful, we will do more. And it's looking a little worrying for uh, for that future. Now, again, we're going we're to theorize about Game Pass this morning. We have members of our audience that are concerned about Game Pass long-term and what it means for big AAA titles because it can undercut purchases, and it depends, really, the difference between purchases and that check from Microsoft about their future now we have not been putting anything over on gaming uh i'm gonna fix that so those of you that are still subscribed over at sntr gaming we you know we're doing our best to give you as much content as possible and i want to make sure when i put videos over there that they are worth putting over there since we introduced video game voting i don't want to start poaching indie titles and little games and things that you can go vote on in the discord so i'm looking for more unique titles or newer titles to record a 30 minute video to put over there we may just start recording the first 30 minutes of gameplay from this channel this main channel and putting it over there just for the ease of access very different viewer base that wants those first 30 minutes not necessarily looking for a live stream we may start doing that because that's essentially what we do with the shorts channel and we've got a lot of people now that are subscribed to the shorts channel that have no interest in watching a live stream. So we appreciate you guys continuing to support SNTR Gaming. We should have a lot of content in the next couple of days for SNTR Gaming. Most of that will be Ghosts of Tsushima. I'm finally going to check out the Legends mode and upload that, and then I'm going to stream that with Hilly on Friday night. So those of you that enjoy the Friday night streams, make sure you're there for that. Again, just a reminder, SNTR Shorts as a channel is going to get a slight name change and that is only because we want to have an actual Shorts channel. Not everybody likes Shorts, but when you take those little short highlighted clips and you throw them into that short format, that is something that YouTube is really pushing right now. So we want to make sure that we don't have a channel kind of mislabeled here. Like people are like SNTR Shorts, there's no Shorts here. Uh Shorts was the original idea for this channel. We were going to yank out like one minute clips and put them over there, but we started to do the little short four minute videos and they were a real hit with you guys. So we did not want to take them away. So if you're subscribed over there, that's a continual, uh, you know, stream of daily uploads with, uh, with gaming news. And so we appreciate everybody who's been supporting that, but there it is. There's our, there's our lead for the day. A lot of people I think are going to want to weigh in on this. Even if you're not a fan of Fortnite, if you're a fan of Among Us, the Among Us devs don't seem too pleased about the fact that Fortnite has essentially taken every element of their game and just shoved it into Fortnite. Now, if you remember, Apex Legends had a similar experience. A lot of the things that they brought to the Battle Royale franchise got snagged and got kind of poached by Fortnite. They, you know, the reboot cards and other things, just shoving them into Fortnite. And when you're a really popular game with a really agile engine, Epic can do that. Where's the line, you know, uh, as far as is this a form of theft? Is this a, is this damaging someone else's product? We I'd be really interested to hear what you guys have to say. I'm sure we'll have a poll. I'm sure we'll have a lively discussion. I'm sure we'll have a lively discussion about Outriders. I mean, Outriders had a rough start. It had a rough, rough start. And the 3.5 million player number seems so impressive, but Game Pass could have been a huge contributor there. And when you let people play a game for free on Game Pass and it's really rough around the edges... How many of those 3.5 million people just stopped playing within that first week? So really interested to hear from you guys. A lot of people are fans of Cyberpunk that come in every day and weigh in on the various subjects there 
as well. So down here in the corner, you'll see all throughout the stream commands of how to support the stream. The join button, those of you that have gone into the Discord and taken part in video game voting, thank you for doing that. If you want to upgrade to Tier 2 membership, the Tier 1 membership is 5 bucks. Tier 2 is 15 That's basically what VIP used to be, 15 bucks a month. And we took a lot of the VIP stuff away because it was built around a different idea, a different channel, and really it was a lot of reaction. We were kind of in a panic mode and we were just throwing things together, you know, here on YouTube and over on Patreon. And now we're in a lot more, I think, uh, we're in more control over the brand and over what we want to do. So, if you want to take part in video game voting, upgrade to that tier 2 and then make sure to go into the Discord and go down to the video game voting category. We've made it very easy. You just click a reaction number. What game would you like to see me play? So Monday through Thursday, you guys are going to really influence that afternoon segment of gameplay. A lot of people have already upgraded to tier 2 and they've run into the Discord to vote. You have all the way basically until Monday. You have until next week to get in there and take part in the voting. We appreciate everybody who's done that. Obviously, Displate, brand new partnership with them. Very excited about that. Behind me, I've been changing them and rotating them out. We threw up the God of War one today, and then we did Spider-Man yesterday. Ghost of Tsushima has rotated out. It'll obviously rotate back in. Uh, very excited about the director's cut on Friday. So make sure and use the displate command. If you come back later, there's a link in the description. If you want to get those discounts, you got to use that link. And that also supports me. So thank you for doing that. And the, the other various sponsors that are down there, Control Freak, uh, The Glasses. We obviously promote you know the other channels. And then 80s Tees. I got some really, really good ones. I had to snag two of these He-Man shirts because the large print was just incredible. And the black and white just felt I don't know really cool so if you like my shirt again remember to use that shirt command they've got a great collection over there of 80s you know cartoon shirts and this one I could not pass up on like I said I had to grab two I've got another one and it's He-Man instead so really appreciate everybody who has been using all the commands and all the various ways of supporting the channel the easiest way to support is to be here every morning when the stream starts smash the like button talk in the chat take the poll all that stuff communicates that the video and the stream and the channel's doing well so you guys have been a huge help those of you that are here faithful every morning Fortnite might not be your cup of tea but i think this is pretty big news especially for people who like indie games or who are really rooting for among us as you know among us had to completely cancel their plans on their sequel and invest in the first game and now we got Fortnite coming in trying to poach on the action so smash the like button Get the chat warmed up. I'll be live on the mic in just a second to say good morning to you. All right? Thanks for being here. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to another episode of SNTR Presents, and we did change the lead topic. I I know a lot of you are not fans of Fortnite, but I thought, well, what a better time then to come in and, and debate whether or not it's cool to just steal a game mode because that is what Fortnite has done. They have literally just poached one of the surprise hits of the year, the Among Us mode, which basically turned, you know, if you've ever played the card game Mafia, it turned the game of Mafia into an actual video game and Among Us blew up in popularity and actually had to cancel their sequel 
in order to focus on their lead topic. So, Fortnite, let's see, let's get a poll going. Fortnite imposters, will this hurt among us, right? Will this hurt among us? Do you think this is going to hurt the Among Us game as far as engagement, community, all of that? Among Us isn't exactly original. That's exactly right. Like, Among Us isn't exactly an original concept or an idea. They just got super, super popular because that's all it takes is if one person, the right streamer, the right content creator, if they jump on your game, it can be absolutely massive for you. What's good, Feed? I see you in the chat. Thank you for being here. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Over 200 people already here. Smash the like button. Give us our first 100 likes. You guys are the best. We have other topics today that if you're interested in as well, I'm sure many of you were interested in talking about Outriders. Feel free to submit questions about that. Outriders might not be profitable. They may be looking at basically no sequel, no future content because they have not been paid any royalties yet and Game Pass could have played a part. And so be sure to use the question command if you're a paying member. If you've got questions or comments about this Fortnite Among Us situation or if you've got questions or comments about the Outriders situation. Also, you know, Cyberpunk, you know, doing a free DLC, but it's cosmetic only. That obviously is a concern for fans that want that game to get some content and to improve itself. We may finally see an example of a game killing another. Ashen says, I don't think so, especially on PC. There are mods to really make the game play different. It's really called Imposters. Yeah, 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 it's called Imposters. Um, I mean, it, it, the, the concept of Among Us and the concept of Imposters, if you really think about it, it, it it's... It's not original. I mean, it's, it's a card game. It's a made-up card game. that w- I don't even know where that came from. I played it in college all of the time. And I don't even remember where we learned it. Like, one person taught us how to play it, and then everybody, you know, wanted to do it. The name Imposters is not trademarked. Now, you can patent game modes. You can. You can, you can do that. You can go in and do and patent different functions and forms in a video game, but they've not done that. I, it's probably very difficult to do. It's probably difficult to say, hey, like, uh, how do we, how do we do this? How do we, how do we trademark? You know, um, what are they called? Your tasks. You know, doing tasks. Like, how do you trademark that? There have been games that have done it. Is it really stealing? It's like Battlefield using game modes of Call of Duty, and so on. Now, there's a difference between borrowing game modes. Everybody has domination. Everybody has some amalgamation of search and destroy, okay? But that's not your entire game. When your entire game is among us, and someone's like, well, let's just slap that into Fortnite, that can be pretty damaging, right? That's that's not just a game mode, okay? Now, is it wrong or is it right? Well, I mean, can you really say whether it's wrong or right? I mean, good good artists steal, right? I mean, that's just that's an old saying, you know. Who owns Team Deathmatch? Right. And 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 see that's the point is this entire mode is the game of Among Us. Like Among Us isn't like an indie title where you can play the Among Us mode. It is literally their game. Like that's their game. <laughs> you know? And 
they Fortnite uh, stole BR from PUBG, so we shouldn't be surprised. Well, the PUBG didn't didn't wasn't the originator of battle royale as a concept. H1Z1 got there first, and even before H1Z1, wasn't there an Arma game that did it first? If you really go back and trace the lots of players in a server, big giant map, battle royale. First of all, the term battle royale is from like a movie, a really old movie, and the game mode concept is not original to PUBG or H1Z1. There was a game that came before. I think it was one of the Arma games. Arma 3. Yeah, there was like a mod for one of the uh, for one of the Arma games. So the, the the concept of saying, "Oh, this game mode's really popular. Let's make our own." I I get that. Okay, is there a difference between saying, "You know, PVP battle royale is really popular." Okay, and with Among Us. There have been other games that have come out like it. There's a game, I, I got offered a key for it. I forget what it's called. You're in like a hotel. It's like a murder mystery, basically. Same idea. You're going around, you're doing different things, and you're trying to figure out who the killers are or who the who the killer is, right? That That game basically carbon copied what Among Us did, and they put their own spin on it, right? They're like, well, you know, here's here's our version of it and I don't think Among Us did anything about it there are literal games in the app store right now you can go and buy that are basically the carbon copy mimics of Among Us and so they didn't go after any of those companies I think the difference is it's Fortnite and Fortnite's just like yeah we'll just take everything like line by line it's like the same game you know, Lyric was playing that game not too long ago that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, the the hotel murder mystery one looked like it could be pretty fun, and I'll be honest, I I saw this and I thought, oh, that'd be fun. That would be fun to play with our community. Now, obviously, we have our own thing that we do on Friday nights now, so we have to figure out a way to make it work. But I was like, man, that would be really fun to play Fortnite imposters. You know, it would. Uh, it would, and so I don't know the the, the idea of you know here, here's a good question from Train, I'm just going to pop this one up out of order Train says, does indie games have IP that are legally protected, like do, do they, is, is there a way to claim intellectual property you know, theft here, is there a way to say, well, this is our game and you just shoved it in, I mean, the one guy tweeted, he was like, could they have at least changed the names of the locations or changed their, their, their what did he say, he said something about could they at least put the cafeteria in a different spot or something, he was basically like, it's all the same stuff like, <laughs> it's not even a different mode, it's the, it's the mode and the words we use, you know If the developer were to take Epic to court, they would not have a leg to stand on. Oh, I agree with you. I don't think so. I do not think they have a they have a case here. It just kind of sucks for them. You know? They could claim IP theft if they filed for property rights. There have been many games before Among Us. Oh, I know. I know. But it's very clear that Among Us rose in popularity and Fortnite 
they probably almost immediately started working on this earlier this year to get it ready. You know, and then they shove it out, and it's totally free, and it undercuts. Why would anybody? Why would anybody go and and buy Among Us? What defines an indie game? Indie game or indie developer is, you know, obviously shorthand for independent. And what it typically means is is they don't have big funding. They're not a large company, and they don't have a big publisher behind them. Now, indie titles can get, and indie studios can get big money from 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 publishers. I mean, I, the guys that made Splitgate, we would probably consider, you know, we would probably consider them to be smaller and indie. And they got a ton of money from like a private venture capitalist firm because of their all of their problems. And so I would think I would think that 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 doesn't necessarily suddenly mean they're not indie, you know, independent studios can be they can be small, less funding, less bandwidth, less resources. And that typically you see that kind of met out in the game itself. We've played some great games here that are made by very small teams, and not surprising, the games are pretty small. Even though they've got heart and they look great or they're 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 enjoyable, you know, they've they clearly on a lot of the on a lot of the games that we played recently, it's like, well, this is a pretty short game. What was the one? I mean, somebody said they beat. They made tons of money, so good for them. But the uh, Death's Door. It's not a very long game, but it's wonderful, and they've been massively successful. Like, good for those guys, right? It was like a two-man team built that game. Two quick points. The Arma 3 BR mod was made by Player Unknown, who made H1Z1 and now PUBG. Wasn't the Among Us studio bought by Epic, so they probably worked together and helped make this Fortnite mode. Very good points all around, Enzian. And uh, to, to 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 your point, yeah, you can't claim that the Arma BR mod H1Z1 or PUBG stole because yeah, it was all it was all the, you know the same architect behind the scenes. However, the Fortnite Among Us Epic bot, you know, the Among Us Studio, or whatever. I don't know to what degree Epic owns that studio, and the developers took to Twitter and made it very clear. Man, we would have loved to work on that with you guys or collab with you guys because it would have been good for Among Us. It would have helped Among Us continue to, to have popularity in a player funnel. The developers made it very clear. They were like, well, that would have been fun to be a part of that. Gee, many freaking Christmas. You just copied our homework, and now why would anybody play our game? Unless they think ours is more charming because it's top-down and cartoonish, but like, your game is free and literally everywhere. Why would, what, the, what in the world? They're doing a collab soon. I would see Epic Games handling this from a PR standpoint and saying, hey, we'll do right by you guys. We'll do a big collab. We'll do some skins. We'll do some royalty share. We'll, we'll take care of you guys, right? Because this has got to be devastating. You got these guys nose down, developing, working on Among Us, responding to the rise in popularity. They come up for air and they're like, what the frick is this? Like, Fortnite just stealing the game mode, you know? It would be the same as if PewDiePie took your coffee and slapped his label on it. It doesn't mean since you're not the first to make the coffee, so it's all good. It just means that it was still yours. That's how I see it. Well, 
the difference there is actually I, I understand the parallel that you're making but coffee you actually can't copyright a flavor you could copyright a name so the beans that we use and source for the rageless roast I knew where they came from because they were sent to me as a sample from the previous coffee company and so we just got the beans sourced and sent them we just got the beans from a user sent them over to uh, sent them over to um, the coffee company so they could co- so they could they could flavor match and then it's I mean it's mine rageless roast was clearly mine it was my brand it was my logo so it's mine so if if someone the size of PewDiePie bought a bag of rageless roast flavor matched and called it you know I don't know you know I, I don't even know what he would call it you know Felix's fire roast or something okay and and if he came out and said yeah it's basically rageless roast that's too good I had to copy the flavor well I mean what am I gonna do well thanks for promoting me people might actually buy mine instead of yours if they hear you say that if he never <clears throat> if he never comes out and says that, then there's no way anybody would know that that's my flavor. Now, you could obviously drink it and be like, man, this tastes a lot like Rageless Roast. But you you can 100% steal flavors. Just call it something else. You cannot copyright a flavor. So if you're like, and this is one of the reasons there are proprietary recipe uh, laws to protect companies from sometimes telling you exactly what the recipe of like Coca-Cola is because they don't want their recipe to be stolen and replicated because you don't you don't own ingredient mixing. Does that make sense? You own the brand and the trademarked logo of Coca-Cola, but you don't own the mixing of ingredients. Do you see? Like if you make a cake and you sell it in your bakery shop and I buy it and I take it home and I figure out, okay, this is what they did with the fondant and the icing and da 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 and I do a very similar cake. You can't come to me and say, oh, you stole that. I'm like, no, you didn't. You don't own the ingredients. You don't own the method of baking a cake. Now, if I would have slapped your name on it and your logo, that's different, right? Now I'm taking from your business. So the challenge here is in video games the ingredients that go into a game, the mode, the rules, the whatever, that's probably all fair game. This is why you can have team deathmatch in multiple games. Why? Because team deathmatch is a generic ingredient, right, that you can put into a video game domination or whatever search and destroy the fundamentals of those game modes are everywhere they're everywhere you know you got countdown in destiny you got search and destroy in call of duty i mean how many other game modes are you going to have where you got to like go go and uh and 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 take take over a bomb or plant a bomb or defuse a bomb or whatever so this is essentially the same idea is you you have no claim on the basic ingredients that go into a video game which unfortunately really sucks for indie titles that rise in prominence I remember I interviewed the guy he's the young guy with the blonde hair anytime they do like a press release or an interview for the game Fall Guys 
I got to interview that guy at E3. And when we got backstage, I told him, I was like, you have a hit on your hands. I was like, this game will be popular. Streamers will love it. Players will love it. This is a hit. This is a smash home run. It's adorable. And it looks like a great game. And he said, we have been terrified every time we see game announcements that someone was going to take this idea. He's like, we've been terrified. He's like, we, we thought surely someone is going to think to replicate, you know, Takeshi's Castle, Most Extreme Elimination, uh, or wipe out the American water version. Blah, like, that, he thought, man, somebody's going to steal this idea before we get it to market. And, to be fair, right now, anybody could make a Fall Guys game. It's, it, the, the real thing is that most of the time, when you're second to market, you're viewed as inferior. You're viewed as RC Cola. You're not Pepsi or Coke. You're the you're the you're the cheap knockoff, right? So, if this were to happen with Among Us, and it did it did happen with Among Us, you could check your app store right now. There's a ton of there's a ton of imposter games out there, and they don't care. These are just cheap knockoffs. This isn't going to do anything to us. But when Fortnite walks into the room and says, "Hey, hey, hey we just added that mode to our game." That hurts. That really, really hurts. It hurts the viability of your product. It hurts the popularity and the draw because it's like one of the most popular games in the world that is a 100% free just through your game inside their game. Creature says, would it be safe to assume that this would make developers look at Epic a little sideways, make them less likely to work with them, or is it a bully move by Epic? Now developers will be quicker to work with them so they don't steal their stuff. It's oh, that they, they, they could go either way, creature. It could certainly go either way. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's reports uh, coming out about how the the actual Epic Game Store is not been very profitable. They're having a hard time. Okay. So they they've sunk billions into it, and they're not making any money yet. And they don't think they will for like what was it? What was it? Eugene read the report. I was like seven years or more. <laughs> it's like absurd before it starts to turn a profit. This could hurt the Epic Game Store because other developers could take note and be like, "We don't want to play nice with you. You guys beat up. You guys beat up among us. That scrappy little cool, you know, charming little title. It." It won away in all of our hearts. And then you went and did that? We're not, we don't want to come into your store. You know? Forget you. Have you seen Upper Echelon's vid on Lemnisgate? Such an interesting concept. It got delayed. We were going to play it. Like the, like the, the time aspect of PvP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first taste sticks with you, and then you tend to be like what you were exposed to first. That's true. This place owns Epic, and they're great at making copies. Epic Store Report is a play on numbers from Epic. Oh, well, I mean, I, I don't. It, it Microsoft has similar reports about their own, their own, like that. You don't, they don't make money on some of their endeavors. Some of the stuff these companies do, man, it's the long game. Is that a God of War displate? That's so dope. Yeah, yeah, this is a God of War displate. So I rotated out Ghost of Tsushima. We left up Spider-Man, so I'm changing one per day. 
I, I've got one that's Death Stranding, but it, it's super hard to tell what it is, so I don't know if we're ever going to put that one up. It just looks like a landscape. I mean, I guess there's, fan, there's fans of Death Stranding, but we're going to try and get some more in here as well. That shirt is super sick. Yeah, dude. Got Skeletor on. He-Man. I got another one. I got two of these. One's He-Man. Uh, be sure to use the shirt command. This comes from the 80s tees, uh, 80s cartoon collection. So... And uh, if you're new, thanks for being here this morning. You got to subscribe to type in chat. We want to hear from you. There's a poll right now. Fortnite imposters. Will this hurt among us? 200 people have voted and you guys are kind of split on this. Like they're like, nah, it won't hurt among us. But the other half are like, oh no, this will hurt among us. I always knew Epic wasn't as benevolent as everyone portrayed them. First, they make their revenue from misusing marketing tactics against what on earth misusing marketing tactics against small children then they use revenue to eat up the competition you're gonna have to qualify what you mean by how they're misusing marketing tactics against small children what in the actual frick um the meme master of the universe that's right that's right i always laugh at that scene in lost where he's like skeletor likes it and and uh hugo gets really mad it's like his name's not skeletor dude his name's roger workman Sometimes taking an already existing concept and refining it works even better than coming up with a concept. Right, right. Did you see that Google thought about buying all of the Epic Games stock to shut them up about Epic versus Google Play Store? No, I didn't see that. If Epic bought the Among Us studio and then made their own game mode that's basically Among Us, then that's fricked up. Yeah, but how were they supposed to know that was going to happen? How? Right? Uh, you know, come on. Hi from Brazil. Brazilians speak Portuguese, not Spanish. Very different languages. They're similar enough that you could probably communicate. Like a Brazilian and like a Mexican could probably communicate and have some semblance of an understanding. It would be like a big mishmash. But you'd be able to communicate, you know? But yeah, they are. They're very different. We had friend, friends of ours uh, from Brazil. They were real sweet. They were a real nice couple. Um with the case with Apple, they're saying the Apple Store makes money and we don't, but they're not taking into account Fortnite profits, which should be counted in the Epic Store revenue. No, no, you cannot count Fortnite revenue in the Epic Store revenue because Fortnite's generating revenue on the Switch, on mobile. My gosh, what it, what it probably generates on mobile and generates money on the Xbox and the PlayStation. No. You can't count the money they make in Fortnite for the Epic Store. The Epic Store as an investment, as a project, you do you can't count that. Like, oh yeah, that, they're making money in the Epic Store. No, because the money they're spending on these games and things, it's a completely different thing. That would be like me saying, we're in the red, we're not, we are not in the red. But imagine I was in the red on the coffee. And you're like, oh, but you're making money on the YouTube channel. But they're not the same. Like, you know what I'm saying? One is a video game that's on multiple platforms literally everywhere that is printing money. And the other is an absolute resource sink to try to get ahead of the market share of Steam. All sales on the PC on the Epic Store would count them. I don't think they're counting them because I don't think they view it in that way. It's That's their game. They didn't have to spend any money to put Fortnite in the Epic Game Store. Do you see? Like, that doesn't count as an ROI. They have separate ROI measurements for Fortnite 
compared to the Epic Store. The Epic Store is just where they house it. I don't know. That that feels like cheating. Wouldn't it be cheating to be like, look how profitable the Epic Store is? And it's like, well, that's all Fortnite. That feels like cooking the books to me. If they included Fortnite's profitability in the profitability of the Epic Game Store, that feels like that feels like cooking the books. Like, that's not true. Your game store is not profitable. Fortnite's profitable. That's misleading. Like, I'm not saying you're being misleading, Paul. I'm saying if they said that, that to me would not be a fair representation of the profitability of the Epic Game Store if everything else is in the red. Do you understand? That would be like Microsoft investing in some game store and 90% of their sales coming from Halo Infinite and being like, yeah, our game front is doing, our game store is doing fantastic. And it's like, no, it's not. It's bleeding and Halo's making you all the money. <laughs> Everybody would know what was going on. They're like, no, it's not profitable. What are you talking about? I don't get how Epic Store is different from the Apple Store, though. That's what this whole case is over. I'm not familiar enough with the Epic versus Apple case to, to engage with you on that subject. I'm not I'm not well versed in what in the heck's going on. All I know is the Epic Store from all the reports I read is not profitable yet because of how much they have to spend just to get any exclusivity because of what Steam does. Steam does this what we covered it a couple of weeks ago, their non-compete thing that they do. They make it really really hard for any other storefront to sell the game. Oh yeah, sure, you can put your game elsewhere, but you're never going to undercut our, our price. Ever. And so, how does the other store get a leg up? How? How do you do it? So what Epic does is Epic snags these companies, Epic snags their exclusivity, and then they make games free, and they try to get you to use the Epic Game Store. But the Epic Game Store has a big spike when there's a, when there's a really good free game, and then it all goes right back down again. Epic is ticked because Apple takes 30% of the revenue. Yeah, I mean, everybody has always had an issue with Apple. Don't you remember when we were over on the Purple Platform? That's why you couldn't subscribe on the Purple Platform through mobile because they didn't want to give Apple a cut. You think this is a new concept? A company not being happy with how Apple handles their storefront? This is not new. Amazon didn't like it either with, with, well, Purple. Purple didn't like it either. They're like, we don't want to give you money. What in the frick? No. They had that issue with bits. They had that issue with subs. They had to give Apple a cut, and they didn't want to for the longest time. The Apple versus Epic lawsuit is, at its core, about Epic skirting around Apple's payment cut and monopolization of its storefront. Who's yeah, the monopolization of Apple storefront? Is that what you mean? Apple takes a huge cut. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Apple's got bigger uh balls and Moneris. Thirty percent is just greedy. It's so much like I I can't imagine I can, can you imagine building something and being like, Yeah, because you 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 put it on our, our place, we take thirty. Well YouTube does that, so I better watch what I say. <laughs> I mean, YouTube does that. The difference for me with YouTube is they've built the infrastructure, okay? And when you give me a membership, it's like, well, they built all that. I didn't build any of that. So, yeah, I wish it was 90-10. I think that would be a lot more fair. It would make more sense. But, yeah, the the split here is 70-30. But when I look at it, I'm like, well, they built the infrastructure. I mean, come on, what, what am I going to do? I don't, I, I, I don't have a method of 
having you subscribe and get emotes and a badge on my own, you know, they built all that. I, I, you know, I provided that feedback to them as well. You know, I was like, if, if you guys continue to look into all this, I said, it'd be a lot more appealing if the split wasn't so steep. The split's kind of steep, you know, but when they're the king of the castle and they own the platform, that that's their call. You know, that's it. They're like, well, we, we made it. You know, Apple made the platform that you're selling your, your content on. So they, you know, they get to take that cut. You know, Google, Google ain't no different. Google's doing the same thing to YouTube, YouTube creators. It's like, they're like, what's well, our platform? You know, go build, go build your own platform then, you know, if you don't like it, you know. Tim Sweeney has the narrative that Apple is hurting the little guy, Epic being the little guy. Well, and in his mind, he might still view themselves as a little guy. I mean, they were they they only recently rose to the prominence that they're at. Fortnite really, you know, escalated them. Epic is playing a st- strange game. That is the problem. What is this? Minimum guarantee. I don't know what that. I don't know what that screenshot is. Can't Apple shoot back that they're allowing people to access to their user base? There, yeah. There's all kind of things there. Apple could tell Epic, look, yeah, it's your game, but we're letting you sell it on our storefront, and then people that buy our device are playing together and, and, you know, going back and forth. There's a whole element there. It's like, well, this is our user base. They're using our device, our software, you know, to access your game. It's the same idea with, with the YouTube thing. It's like, I don't really have a leg to stand on. They built the platform. It's their platform. I I can't say anything, you know? I can request and be like, and it'd be really nice if you guys changed that. (laughs) That'd be an immediate, that'd be an immediate pay grade bump, right? But, you know, they built the, they built the infrastructure. It's their call, you know? Epic Games score a major victory in the lawsuit versus Apple over Fortnite in the App Store. I don't. I mean, I'm not going to pull that up and necessarily read it. If you got, if you got a too long, didn't read or a Cliff's Notes. The question is, do they allow other storefronts on their devices that they can't have a monopoly over? I don't understand the question. How do they have a monopoly on saying you want to come and sell in our storefront? This is how much we're going to take. This is the cut. So, if you go to a resale shop and you give them a bunch of fur coats and they're like, here's how much we're going to take. They don't have a monopoly. You you don't have to put your coats there. You could put them somewhere else. You don't have They've got great they've got great property and great visibility as a business. And you're like, "Well, I'm going I'm going with this place to sell my fur coats." They're like, "Well, it's our storefront. We're paying the lease. We pay the taxes. We pay for this great visibility property. It's not cheap. We're taking a cut." Like it it's theirs. They built it. They paid they're paying for it. It's not like Epic didn't read the TOS when they signed. Right, right. Well, how's that, Epic? Did you not read the TOS? <laughs> In this instance, they're using the Apple front. The purchases are in Fortnite. Sure, and Apple maintains that you're using their storefront to sell that, right? Maybe this is the reason why Google thought to buy Epic. Google considered buying Epic Games according to an update in the court documents. Yeah. The monopoly argument comes because Apple doesn't allow in-app purchases, for example. But 
again, it's their storefront. It's their software. It's their property. How is I don't understand how is that a, a monopoly? The idea of a monopoly is well, and this is ridiculous in America because we already we we already have that right. Like you can't enter certain markets; it just isn't possible. Like cable, for example, like local internet cable providers. That that ship has sailed. Just turn it into a dadgum utility, right? What the frick is this? But you see, like there are there, the, the the point of a monopoly is that you can't own it all because then it kills competition and then the consumers suffer. In the in the realm of phones, if you want a mobile device to play Fortnite on or to sell Fortnite on, there are many options. There it's not just Apple like, well, that's the only one. Yeah. Apple went and bought every single company. They bought Motorola and Samsung. They bought every single one. There is not a single device that you can buy that is not an Apple device. Well, that's not true. There's plenty of devices that you can buy and play Fortnite on that are not an Apple device. So, what would it mean for cable internet to be considered a utility? I mean, it would go through all kind of nonsense. It would probably end up actually being bad. We probably don't want it to be. It would become... It would become lower grade. It wouldn't be taken care of. They would hire... They would hire even cheaper contractors than they hire now to come out and do the work and fix the lines and stuff. You actually don't want it to become a utility. Unless the utility is then privately owned, which I don't know how that works. Like... With electricity and water, they have to fix it within a certain amount of time because of regulations. But they also sometimes send really, really shoddy workers because they're trying to save money. Like, sometimes when something becomes a utility, it can actually be bad. Um, In the case of electricity and water, it's been around for so long, most of the companies and most of the repairmen and stuff are on the up and up, and you don't have to worry about that. It becomes, it'll go through a fear, it would go through a period of degradation first it would take a while to get to a place of stability and quality because what they they would just oh yeah now that it's a utility you don't treat it like it's a commodity that's being paid for you you don't care about your consumer base it's like if the water company makes me mad what am i going to do what 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 am i going to do if the electric if the electric company makes me mad what am i going to do i i can't i can't go that i can't go and say oh yeah let's Let's uh, <laughs> let's get a different electric company. Let's get a different water company. I don't have. I'm. St- uh, that's it. I'm stuck, right? Like internet companies don't treat their consumers like crap, anyways. It depends. Sometimes, I mean, you can call in. They want to keep your business. I mean, why do you think when you call in, they're trying to offer you all their other services? They don't want to lose your business. You at least have some power, right? This is why 90% of our country, the water isn't drinkable. It's a utility. Not 90%. Well, like one city. Come on. You can switch electric companies. I don't think I can in Louisville. I don't think I can. Is there another electric company? I don't think I can. There's just the one, right? I don't, maybe I'm ignorant about this. I thought there was just the one. That and the water company. I mean, that's it. That's who you, that's, that's, that's who you got. <laughs> we have LG&E. That's it. So, you know, in the realm of like Epic versus Apple, I don't, I don't think anybody can claim that Apple has a monopoly. That doesn't, that doesn't jive. That does not jive. That, that would be like claiming YouTube has a monopoly, right? YouTube is one of the biggest 
<clears throat> it is the biggest and most successful content creation platform in existence. Okay, it's the biggest. So, if you want to create content and make money creating content, this is a this is a platform that you should be trying to create content on, right? The real question is though, when they when they have that reach and they have that control and they have that they have that they have that that power, no one can really tell them what to do, right? No one no one can really tell them what to do. No one can go to YouTube and be like, "Hey, it's wrong that you're you're only paying content creators this much or you're taking this percentage." then go the frick somewhere else. Go make content on another platform. Go make content on Vimeo or something. Do you see? Like, you don't have the ability to come to them and be like, well, just because you're so large, you're a monopoly. That's not what it means. Like, just because Apple's footprint and storefront and distribution is so large doesn't mean you can go to them and be like, you're a monopoly and you're taking more than you should. I mean, what? It, it's their platform. They built it. Just because they were really, really good at marketing and selling iPhones to people doesn't mean you can turn around and say, oh, well, now that you've successfully done that, you're a monopoly, right? Individually, yes, they are not a monopoly, but Google and Apple together as a dual monopoly, which represent 92% of the world's uh, internet searches, one can make an argument for that. Well, that's that's a completely separate subject, though. We're talking about epic saying that like Apple shouldn't be able to charge whatever it is however you know however much they're charging or whatever there's legislation in the works to force Google to allow for third party sellers on their phone it's probably going to make it through i just don't understand what the i would want to see the legal argumentation about that so i i didn't cover i've not covered the epic apple lawsuit and this is one of the reasons why because i just think a lot of people don't fully grasp or understand it. I'm one of those people. I don't fully grasp or understand the argumentation about why they think they have a case because it's like I, you're selling on their platform. Their platform has TOS. Like, go sell your artwork on any of the sites that do it. You can put your own artwork on Displate right now. You can. And Displate's going to take a cut. Why? because it's their platform and they're the ones printing it and distributing it. Yeah, you're the artist, you made the artwork, but they're, it's their infrastructure, it's their platform. You can't tell people to get rid of their $1,300 iPhone and go get another $1,300 Android phone. They do have a no- monopoly on their devices. Apple doesn't allow other storefronts or apps on their dev. But that's, a, that's an improper use of the word monopoly. That's not a monopoly. Just because the Apple iPhone is popular and also expensive doesn't mean that like, oh, well, I have to go and buy another one. What are you talking about? When I go and buy a Nintendo Switch, the only things I can buy on the Nintendo Switch are items and software that entered into an agreement with Nintendo about royalty share and percentages and all of that. So... It's not like, oh, I can't get that game on my Nintendo Switch. This is a monopoly. I have to go buy a Steam Deck now because that game didn't want to sell on the Switch or they couldn't come to an agreement with Nintendo. Okay, that's not a monopoly. I bought a Nintendo Switch and there's only so much software that I can get on it and all the software sold on it entered into an agreement with Nintendo about about the the royalty share and the pricing breakdown like they agreed to it 
So, when you want to put your software on the Apple storefront, you agree to Apple's terms. You're like, yep, you are everywhere. Your storefront is massive. You can take a cut. That's totally fine. A mobile game explodes on there, and those people don't care. According to the law, you can have a monopoly as long as you don't do anything to stifle competition from rising. It's not illegal to have a monopoly. Really? What? A monopoly is when a single company runs the entire industry and owns it. That's not a monopoly. Right. It it would be like Microsoft not letting you use Linux on an IBM back in the day. Um, Sorry, I have to buy that shirt. Buy it. Buy it. That's why I get good ones. You know, I, th- if you guys like my shirt, uh, this comes from the 80s T's uh, cartoon collection. Use the shirt command. It'll take you over there. You can use code Lono for 30% off anything over there. All of our sponsors oh, over there. All of our sponsors are down here in the corner. Uh, the new disc plates that I have back there on the studio wall, the shirts that I wear, all of it. You can't actively prevent others from entering the market through uh, anti-competitive means, right? Now, for those of you that are tuning in, you're like, why are they talking about the Apple Epic lawsuit? It feels related because of the lead topic today. Fortnite imposters, the Fortnite Among Us mode that just launched is potentially going to be very bad for Among Us. And is that is that fair? Is that okay? What do you think? Vote in the poll, right? Been a hot minute because I got a promotion at work. Love the new setup. Thank you so much, Kenneth. I appreciate that. Apple 100% does everything in existence to stifle any form, big or small, of competition, even on physical repairs of their devices, which there are legal battles about even now. Sure, and on those finer points distorted, you could you could try and take them to court, right? If they are actively doing a, a method or, or a means of stifling competition, sure. But taking 30% from in-app purchases on their storefront, that's not a monopoly. That's just what you agree to when you want to use their storefront. That's just what you agree to. When you sell your game, uh, what do you you think Steam takes? You think Steam's super friendly and benevolent? What do you think Steam takes when you sell a game on Steam? Are their percentages really, really nice and really friendly? What are they taking, like a 2%? No, they're taking like 25, aren't they? They take a chunk. And that was something that Epic tried to draw attention to. They were trying to woo smaller companies and smaller developers over to the Epic store because they take less. Steam takes 30% too. Oh, is it 30? Yeah, like if you sell your your game on the Steam storefront, they're going to take a cut. How'd you feel if Microsoft took 30% of app purchases on Windows? Steam is a service. The phone isn't. No. No. The, you buy the phone, and the phone comes with an app store in it. You buy a computer, and Steam is a store that you can install on it. Like, you can get that on there. It's the same thing. It's completely optional. When I buy an iPhone, I don't ever need to use the app store. That's not why I bought it. I don't have to use that. Epic's trying to undercut Steam's 30%. Right, they're trying to. My restaurant pays DoorDash 30% of orders. That's not a monopoly. Right, you're you're paying them a fee for what they're doing so that you can get that business. 
and get that exposure. It's Apple's device. It's Apple's software. It's Apple's storefront. Like, they can do whatever the frick they want. I mean, to be quite honest, Eugene, Microsoft probably does take a cut of things sold in their storefront. Are you kidding me? You don't think they have a royalty split agreement on everything sold in the Microsoft storefront? When I upload, the, uh, when I open up the storefront right now and buy a game and install it, all that money doesn't go to the developer and the publisher. A portion of it goes to Microsoft because it's because it's theirs. It's their it's their storefront. If I buy it on my Xbox or the storefront on my computer, you better believe Microsoft's getting a cut. What do you What do you mean? They're they're taking a cut one hundred percent. You can choose to be in the App Store, but you have to follow the rules. So Steam takes 30, okay. Steam is an app that sells games, and being the biggest game store for PC, uh, they're bringing games to light. They're providing a service to the game devs. Yeah. Microsoft absolutely takes a cut. It's their platform. Right. You think that if I install Adobe, and then within the Adobe app I make a purchase, Microsoft gets a cut. No, but you didn't buy Adobe in their storefront. You bought Adobe from Adobe. If you went in, you're you're making a bad comparison, Eugene. If I go in right now and I buy a video game in the Microsoft storefront and then I buy microtransactions in that game, yes, Microsoft gets a cut 100%. That's an equivalency, okay? The equivalency of buying a game on your iPhone and making in-app purchases and go buy, you know, Fortnite, well, Fortnite's free, and then go buy V-Bucks in the Microsoft Store, Microsoft gets a cut. Now, you're going outside of the Microsoft Store and buying Adobe from Adobe. You're getting their cloud or whatever, their Adobe Creative Cloud. And maybe you upgrade because you want Illustrator. That that's between you and Adobe. That's a, that's a more open platform. I'm pointing out the closed store and the consumer issues it creates. I've no. I have to use the App Store. Right, but that's the thing. An iPhone is more like a Nintendo Switch. It is a device that comes pre-baked with software, and that limits what you can install on it. That's what this device is. That's what my iPhone is. My iPhone is something that I buy baked into it. It's got its own software and its own limitations of what I can install on it. it it's it's not... It, it, when I buy a Nintendo Switch, I, there's only so much I can install on my Nintendo Switch. I can't, like, go grab a micro SD card, slap it in my Switch, and be like, oh, sweet, I'm playing, you know, a computer game or something. You can buy Adobe on the Microsoft Store. Right, and if you do, Microsoft's going to get a cut of that. They're going to get a cut of that transaction because they're the ones processing it, which means they pay a processing fee and a credit card fee and all of that. If you use your Apple wallet or iCloud to purchase, then it makes sense they get a cut. Lono, uh, talking top shelf points uh, here. It's not rocket science. (laughs) Microsoft updated their storefront to allow developers 95% of the revenue. Okay, okay. They're still taking a cut is the point. We're not arguing about the amount of the cut. We're arguing that that's the standard. That's the standard. If I start making fur coats and I want to sell them in a store, the store is going to take a cut. If I take them to that store. 
if I use a prefab storefront on the internet, they're going to take a cut. Except a Switch hasn't become a necessity. Buying digital dog food is not a necessity. It isn't. What this is and what this offers as a necessity, it I, I they don't they don't make me or anybody else do anything. I can buy any mobile phone device I want and it functions as that necessity. Internet access and make phone calls. Now, if Apple started to say we are not going to let you access certain websites. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on a minute. That's different now. Now you're limiting the, the use of the tool as a day-to-day necessity of like, oh, I need to be able to get on the internet or whatever, right? But it's not a necessity to go into the app store and buy Candy Crush and spend money in Candy Crush. That's not a necessity. That's something just extra that I do, right? It's 100% extra. It's, it's no different than like if you got a home phone back in the day, it wasn't a necessity to call long distance. There was a fee for that. They charged you for that if you wanted to call long distance. If you wanted to call like out of your, your area code or whatever. Your, your standard telephone package didn't come with that. So you had to, you had to spend money for that extra nece- for that extra feature, I guess you would call it. You know, so buying a phone, sure, phones have become a necessity to day-to-day life. Having a mobile phone has become a necessity, but being able to spend money, like buying apps and buying stuff in the apps, that's not a necessity. That's all extra. It's just extra stuff. It's literally a video game. It's the definition of non-essential. <laughs> Android is an open platform. iOS is not. Apple does not have to allow other storefronts onto its platform. Apple gets to set their prices because it's their platform. That's that's exactly right. That's exactly the point that I'm making. Like, right now, if you want to make content on YouTube and you want to monetize that content and get people to pay you money, like all of you wonderful people that are members here, okay, I don't get to dictate to YouTube what the cut is. They do, because it's their platform. You know what I'm saying? It's their platform. It's not just games, though. I mean, if you wanted to get into the legality of maybe them charging fees for financial apps or trading apps and stock trading and stuff like that, I don't actually know how all that works. That's not the same as buying digital dog food, right? Lono out here arguing, uh... Rentiers are a good thing in the 21st century. Rentiers? What a word is that? Uh, imagine using someone else's business and dictating to them what you can do in their business. Right, like when Apple created this idea, the, the, the idea of a of a phone that that is a computer, basically. You know what I mean? I do those apps pay 30 just like everyone else. Right. Okay, so it's not different for financial apps. So, like, when Apple created that as a concept, they... And I'm not going to sit here and talk about, like, the ethics of the company and how they run things. I'm not talking about that. I'm not. If you're here for the Fortnite Among Us discussion, be sure to weigh in on the poll uh, and then weigh in on the chat, in the chat. If you, um... 
if you guys feel like uh, diverting the conversation back to that, you can use the question command as a paying member to submit questions and questions pop up on the screen. So, um, Apple didn't create it. Smartphones existed before iPhones. Right, but they created a platform. What I don't understand. I didn't say they created smartphones. They created a platform. Like, it's their platform. As a consumer, you go to the store, and no one forces you to do this. It's not mandated that you go buy an iPhone. You go and you choose an iPhone over an Android. Why? You like it. You've always had one. You think the interface is nicer. Whatever. Okay? It's their platform. And when you buy it, and you go in there, it's all their stuff. It's their it's their software. It's their storefront. And if you're like, man, I really, really wish I could play X-rated VR games on my iPhone. And Apple's like, we don't allow that in our app store. Sorry. This is ridiculous. I cannot believe how I'm being infringed upon. No, it's their platform. They, they can decide that they don't want to sell that. You know? Steam has limitless, unending access to those types of games, but you can't find those games on Microsoft, Xbox, PlayStation, or an iPhone. You can't. You know? Why? Well, that's their choice. What's good, Atwood? Nothing wrong with a company taking a percentage when they use their platform. Like, imagine you come up with a a, a smartphone software platform and you have people that update it and keep it going and make sure that it's running well and patched and you create a storefront on there and you create a TOS that dictates how much you take you take 10% whatever you're trying to be competitive so you take 10% from every purchase for someone to come at you and be like well that's not fair you shouldn't take anything well what do you mean I'm the one that built it I invested all this capital in it I invested all this R&D in it do you think Apple should allow non-Apple-owned app stores on iPhone? Because anytime you have to update your iPhone, they will block it. I, I, they don't have to do anything. It's their platform. They do not have to. There's a real danger in creating imperatives in the name of, like, freedom that actually ends up eating its own tail. Like, to tell companies, like, nope, can't do that. We're going to dictate to you. We're going to create an imperative imperative okay we're gonna we're creating imperative you ought to do this creating imperatives based on consumer annoyance or inconvenience i don't think is a good standard you don't just start going to companies and saying how they ought to run ought not or ought to do things purely because consumers are irritated or whatever like it's like apple entered the marketplace made a phone made a platform it's incredibly popular and they have terms if you want to sell in their storefront they're getting a cut you can choose to not buy the phone you can choose to not sell your games in their storefront it's completely up to you you have the freedom to completely bypass their platform if you want you do but to say wait I am dissatisfied with the fact that you're taking that percentage from that company or I should be able to install whatever I want on your device. Why? We made it. It's our product. Buy it or get the frick out. Like, 
where's the imperative coming from that they ought to do that why according to who you what if it was your business and somebody came in and said how they thought you should run your business purely because of their own frustration desires or in you know perceived inconvenience you'd be like i'm, I'm not doing that i'm not i'm not changing my business for you you see the problem when they take up as much of the phone market as they do and impose all the restrictions on competition that they do, the perception is them trying to monopolize every aspect of their service. I'm not commentating on things that I don't know about. If they're actually going out and attempting to disrupt and harm competition, that's not the same as what I'm talking about. I'm talking about them saying, if you're going to sell in our storefront, this is the cut that we take. That is what I'm commentating on. If there's evidences of the company doing things that are considered wrong and disruptive to the market, they're hurting competition, they're harming other companies, then let the courts weigh that out. That's not up to me. I'm not the expert, right? If the courts are finding that they're doing things that are disruptive to the market or harmful to the market or other companies, then then justice should be done. But that has zero to do with freaking their storefront. $10 from King's uh, King Sovereign says, I get paying a percentage on the download of each game as they are using the platform. However, charging for in-app purchases would be like YouTube taking a cut of the Rageous Roast. No. YouTube taking a cut of the Rageous Roast would make sense if YouTube created a storefront where I use their storefront for the processing, the distribution, and the order taking. You better believe they would take a percentage if they had a storefront feature like that. There are places to do that. Amazon, we were going to do direct fulfillment at Amazon on the coffee. Why? Well, because it might have simplified things. We weren't going to make any money if we did that. Because Amazon was going to charge a ridiculous fee per bag to the point that we weren't going to make any money. We were going we to bleed if we did that, right? Why? Well, we're going to somebody who's built an infrastructure for convenience to do everything for us, and they're going to take a cut. So if YouTube built a storefront, and I said, hey guys, click on the storefront button below to order any of my various products, and you could order shirts, ball caps, and coffee you better believe that they would take a cut and rightfully so they're abiding by the the terms of credit card charges and fees and they have that all built in they have tech support they're they're paying a fee for the processing they're taking care of the logistics in the background they're they're going to take a cut for that we do it all on our own my wife literally comes out here and prints a label and bags the coffee up and yes YouTube takes a cut, ironically enough, as you made your comment, YouTube takes a cut of uh, of of members and Super Chat. They 100% do. Because it's their infrastructure. They've built it. <clears throat> Anything they touch, they take a cut for it. That's exactly right. I started selling on Etsy, and they have fees as well, because they provide the platform. That's exactly right. I'm surprised YouTube hasn't done that yet. I don't think YouTube wants to get into the logistics business because logistics are a freaking nightmare, like shipping and all of that. Which, as a reminder, guys, 
use the coffee command. We didn't sell any coffee yesterday. My wife was very disappointed. She wants three orders a day. So use the coffee command or go to RageousRoast.com. It's delicious. I'm drinking some right now. If you're new, make sure and hit subscribe and the bell button. This is a safer work broadcast Monday through Friday. We do gameplay in the afternoons. We do a talk show in the mornings. Basically, this is video game radio. You can keep me on in the background. You don't got to worry about the kind of language that I'm going to use. And if you're a paying member, you can submit questions that pop up on the screen. If you guys want to steer the conversation elsewhere, that's a great way to do it. Also, be sure to take our poll at the top of the chat. 400 votes already. Fortnite imposters, will this hurt among us? Let's start to take some questions from the audience about some of the other topics on the docket for today. Golden Boot says, did people can fly just make a bad business deal or did Square Enix pull a fast one by releasing Outriders on Game Pass? So if you guys are unaware of this, Outriders is potentially in big big trouble because they're not they might not be making any money uh, with the way they've been they've been set up. They haven't paid royalties yet and they made it they made it very, very clear that they would only be investing in the future of Outriders if it was commercially successful. And they might not have been commercially successful. So we might be seeing the end of Outriders. We're waiting for commentary from both Square Enix and People Can Fly on these reports that People Can Fly has not been paid royalties for the game yet. So we've got a report on that today and uh, concerned that the future of Outriders could be in jeopardy sir you say freaking that's not safe for work oh come on where do you work now if you work in a preschool sure you don't want the little kiddos hearing me say frick but i've actually dialed that back a little bit i don't say it quite as much as i just said it twice but you, you get the point that's square not game pass well let me let, let me give you a theory here mo on why it could be okay <laughs> why it could be uh the fact that their the game pass played a fat a role here okay 3.5 million players played outriders and a huge chunk of that could have purely come from game pass which means those are non-revenue generating players now yes they received money from microsoft for that but i don't think it was ultimately good for the game right and ultimately long term Square Enix could look at that and say this game didn't do very well it got money up front for Game Pass but it didn't do very well it didn't sell well people weren't buying it so we're not going to back anymore right you know they got money up front so they already are paid see Mo you're talking about the health of the transaction I'm talking about the future yes people can fly in Square Enix are probably financially fine because of the money that came from Game Pass. I'm talking about the future and the decision whether or not to back more of it. So Game Pass could have actually ruined Outriders in that way, of being like, sure, you made a ton of money on the outset, but in the, in, in the aftermath, now it looks like the game wasn't very successful because most of the audience paid $0. If it wouldn't have been on Game Pass, the marketing might have been successful enough to drive lots of purchases and then, let's say, 2 million people buy the game and play the game. That might have been better than 3.5 if a huge portion of the 3.5 million played through Game Pass. What are all the articles they made about it being the best-selling? 
I, I don't know if there were articles about being best-selling. I don't think I saw that. Also, being best-selling when nothing else launches isn't that impressive. Like, I, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There wasn't really anything that launched back then, so best-selling could have been mediocre numbers at best because literally nothing else launched. They launched in a game drought. There was nothing else going on. I, I, I don't remember seeing any articles about them being best-selling. Maybe most played. Maybe, maybe they were the most played game for like a week or something because, again there was literally nothing else going on the marketing sucked and the game was a buggy mess I thought the marketing was actually pretty good I wouldn't have played Outriders if it wasn't on Game Pass oh 100% there there is plenty of people that would not have touched the game they would have waited for reviews Barrier says, could People Can Fly's contract be similar to this one? This is an indie dev talking about why he turned down a contract from a big company. This guy explains that the contract presented to him included a 100 split in favor of the publisher until the game sold 24,000 copies and made about $250,000. The contract also wouldn't require the publisher to pay the developer their share of the revenue until... 30 days past the end of the quarter which could take 4 months that could be why they have received no money that could be why that, that, that could be playing a part that they haven't, they, they haven't gone far enough past that date or whatever, they could have a contractual thing that says, until this date we don't have to give you a share of the revenue I would, ma- I would imagine that they sold enough copies if you ignore Game Pass I still think Outriders sold enough copies you know PC PlayStation combined right this is why Game Pass is not good for gaming said that the day they announced this trash it's great for small games it's destructive for big games I mean Ashen has a similar question here do you think Game Pass is doing more harm than good can it survive or will it go the way of Mixer Game Pass ain't going anywhere they've got to be well over 20 million subscribers now 100% they've got to be huge huge funnel very very good for for Microsoft it's good for gamers the value for you is dumb it's dumb you get so much stuff Hades comes to console if you're on Xbox and you got Game Pass install it it's yours play it do you know how many games I've just installed because I'm like oh yeah I, this is on Game Pass Boop, and I just install it Just there it is there we go you know thanks so much for tuning in by the way a lot of new folks rolling in Curious what you think, weighing on our poll. Is this Fortnite imposters mode? Is it going to be bad for Among Us? That's one of the many stories we're covering today. We appreciate you tuning in and being here. A little bit ago, we were talking about the coffee. Somebody asked about the Dark Roast. It is on its way or in Illinois. It's set to be here on the 20th, which means I probably won't have it in hand until next week because it'll get to the city on Friday. <laughs> It'll be in the city. It'll be in Louisville in two days. And they didn't go with it. I don't know what happened, Creature. They didn't go with the, the company I asked for. They went with another company, which we'll see how it goes with this company. But they did not go with the freight company that I requested. Um, Call of Duty is getting in Among Us mode as well. I think there's a giant difference between Fortnite throwing an Among Us mode in and Call of Duty throwing an Among Us mode in. They're very, very different. Fortnite has that cartoony, goofy, silly, free appeal, and uh, Call of Duty kind of doesn't. Um, should you load it up and show it? I don't. I'm not in a position to do that. 
I'm not in a position to do that. I don't. I don't even know. I don't. I'd have to get it all installed and updated, um, which I suppose I could open up the. Uh, I could at least open up the Epic Store. We're not. I don't think we're gonna play this today, um, but I could get the game updated and installed and 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 maybe just showcase you guys. You know, showcase it to you guys. Um, generally speaking, we don't do gameplay in the mornings though. We do gameplay in the afternoons. Um, which I suppose that's what we could have done this afternoon instead of the uh, we got Temple of Snack uh, lined up today. We got a we got a uh, a code from them, so all right, it's it's queued up. It's queued up to uh, to update in the background if we decide we want to do that. Call of Duty Imposter Mode would probably just look like Infestation or Prop Hunt, right? Yeah, well, Prop Hunt was where did Prop Hunt originate? Because I know Prop Hunt uh, is in Fortnite. Spoke to this guy about it. He explained that they use a broker and they can only say who not to use. Okay. Well, we'll see how this one goes. Because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's from what I can say, it's a legitimate company. It looks like a legitimate company. And they're, they look like they're actually Kentucky Louisville based. So, um, Minch Tree has a question related to some of the things we've already talked about. In general, do you know how much money developers are paid for being on Game Pass? Outriders might have been more profitable if they weren't on that surface. I have no idea how much they're paid. I have no idea, right? Um, Gary's Mod was where Prop Hunt first showed up. Okay, yeah. I would imagine a game size like Outriders, company like People Can Fly, and a publisher like Square Enix, I would imagine it was a giant sum of money, right? Microsoft looks at that game and says, this this game's going to be pretty big, we want this front and center on Game Pass, you know? Microsoft's probably writing pretty fat checks, because they got Destiny Beyond Light on Game Pass, so they threw some change at Bungie for that, guaranteed they did, because if there's one thing we know right now is that they don't need <laughs> they don't need help with getting people to play their game. You know, they didn't need that. They they've got a free entrance point. Destiny's free to play on all platforms that it shows up. And yet they put their big giant annual DLC on Game Pass. Microsoft probably wrote a fat check for that, I would imagine. So I have no idea how much they're paid, but it it's it's got to be um, it's got to be pretty pretty high. Um, Shakuzala says, "Are we really surprised by this? Fortnite started out as Save the World, saw how BR was popular with PUBG, and then they took that. Then they bit off every game that gets popular. Right? Like this is the Fortnite way. Okay, B- basically every good idea that Apex had, reboot cards, the pinging system. You know, Fortnite's just like, yeah, we have that now too. We're throwing that in, and they just take it, right? I do think there's a difference though between saying, oh, BR is really popular. Let's make a BR because everybody's done that now, and it's just a matter of you know, pick your poison. Do you want to play Call of Duty? Do you want to play Apex? Do you want to play Fortnite? Do you want to play PUBG? And even PUBG wasn't the first BR. I think there's a difference between saying, let's make a really great action-adventure, Souls-inspired game, and saying, let's just 100% steal this mode from this other game and just put it in our game. It's it's They're basically just putting Among Us in Fortnite, and instead of being a top-down, it's just, you know, it's third-person. 
It's identical in almost every way. I'll give Fortnite this. They made the BR unique at least. Well, with the building. I don't even think they knew what was going to happen with the building. (laughs) I don't think they did. Isn't there a mode like Among Us in Call of Duty called Sabotage? Instead of one person, it's a whole team. I actually don't know. I've not played it. So, this is no... I'm not surprised by this uh, in the least. You know, uh, I'm not surprised by this in the least. I mean, neither is Robert Jones here. He says, what's the skinny on Fortnite? They steal. I mean, borrow ideas all of the time. And when you have a a giant game and a giant platform and playground and a a super agile engine, this this is what comes from that. This is what you can do, right? I had an argument with a buddy. I don't think every FPS needs a battle royale to be successful. At some point... It's a sea of third-rate battle royales. Brought up your argument of arenas on the rise. He did not agree. Well, we'll see if I'm correct. A lot of the times, my predictions just take time, right? They just take time, you know? Like, did you see another company is being investigated, you know, for wrongdoing? Apparently, Riot is trying to stop the state of California from investigating them. Man, It'd be really interesting if other companies out west got investigated for wrongdoing. It'd just be such a wild ride, wouldn't it? So, yeah, just give that one time. I, I think I think my prediction about arenas coming back and having and having a golden age of arenas, I actually think that's happening. I think it's on I think it's on the horizon. Um, just give it time. Just give it time. Um so the uh, you know the, the the nature the nature of game popularity is um, it's it, nothing is permanent nothing stays king you know king for forever it just doesn't um, that's not really new well sure unholy but there's definitely a movement right now um, you know. Would that company be investigated since they're based in Seattle? Well, the state of Washington would have to say something about it. But Purple's based in California. And Purple had 16x employees accuse them of very similar things last year in a, in a couple of articles. So, uh... <laughs> yeah. It'd be great. Oh, those court documents would be so juicy. Look at all the stuff we've learned about Epic and Apple. We've learned about game modes. We've learned about spats and emails. We learned about the fact that, like, Epic footed the bill for crossplay at Sony. We know about all kinds of things that have happened because of these court cases. So, <laughs> it would be brilliant to see purple investigated and all of the emails and everything combed over it would be ah and gee i wonder what game developer would get pulled in according to those court documents and the things that happened in the background gee i wonder just how juicy that would be right the clock is ticking (laughs) and i'll just sit back and wait (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I don't have to spend any money because that's the state of California, you know? That's them. That's their foot in the bill. So enjoy. Enjoy the ride whenever it starts because I sure will. Uh, we got a question here from Ratchet. For Cyberpunk, do you think a free DLC will get them a flow of new players? You know, I don't know because I don't I don't actually think a DLC is enough, Right. I don't, I don't, I don't think a DLC is enough. I think, I think they need like a 
come play the game for free, like No Man's Sky moment, right? I it's I I don't think you can be like, hey, we have a DLC. There's a jacket. Like that's not a, <laughs> that's not going to be enough to make people go play Cyberpunk, you know? I, I uh, Zubair left a comment last night on one of, on one of my videos, and he said that Cyberpunk's like ten dollars at Best Buy. He said, well, surely. Surely this is uh, this is this is this is worth buying now, right? Because if they fix it, then I then I own the game. And I was like, yeah, I guess you know, ten bucks. <laughs> truth be told, truth be told, if there's a game to snag when it's on sale, in the hopes that one day they get it right, I I, I would say Cyberpunk. You know, you would really hope that the passion and the love is there, and that in like a year from now they they have their they have their comeback moment. So, you know, I, the, the, the nature of these games with their, with their redemption stories, I think it's going to be a lot harder. I think it's going to be a lot harder for cyberpunk. Um, because I think the game has far deeper flaws, you know, um, than just something that can be fixed with like a bug patch. I made this point yesterday, the Witcher three was a good game that had bugs in it. So when you remove the bugs, the good game emerges. Cyberpunk is a mediocre game that when you remove the bugs and the glitches, that's all you're left with. Like a mediocre game emerges. Like, hi, I'm here and I'm I'm decent. Like, I'm okay. <laughs> like The Witcher 3 was able to emerge and it's like, hey, you can now enjoy me in all my greatness, right? You can you can you can see just how good of a game I am. I, I I don't think Cyberpunk can do that just with a couple of patches. Cyberpunk to me is it's like Anthem, right? Like the only reason anybody's gonna go play you is if it's a giant reset, you know, rejuvenation and it's free. Like that's the only way. I just I don't see another way for it to get to get to where it needs to go without doing that, right? Ratchet with another one here. Does the imposter mode on Fortnite have its own season pass? And if so, do you think that would make more people play it? You don't have to answer the second part of the question. That's fine. I mean, I I don't know if it's going to have its own season pass. It's like a limited time mode, and, and they love to do this, right? The open world RPG mode that has been that, that, that got leaked or whatever. More than likely, that's going to be a limited time mode. Now, are they doing it as a limited time mode because they want to test the waters and see exactly, you know, how many people will play it, how successful it could be, how much money it could generate, right? It would be it would be very very interesting to see if they decide to make it like a permanent mode because when you make a permanent mode in a game like Fortnite you siphon players off into that mode and that can actually be something that they don't want you know um, imagine being out in a pub and someone with that you're really interested in and you go up and say hi I'm really average and moderately interesting I would love to talk with you that would probably be a pretty a pretty honest pickup line though you know I'm average. <laughs> They can't fix the mediocre part. All they can do now is create a bunch of mediocrity and sell based on volume of content, not quantity. I think you meant quality. Yeah, they can't sell you on the quality. They got to sell you on the volume. Look how much is in the game, 
Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually agree with that. That might be the way that they take. They might decide that the only way you're going to convince people to play Cyberpunk is is the value transmission is super low cost entry. It's a mountain of content. How good's the content? Well, you know. <laughs> it's like when you would go to like a youth event and they would get 25 pizzas from a place where, yeah, the pizza's not that good, <laughs> but there's a lot of it. <laughs> It still draws a concern. They had put off the DLC like this to fix the game first. If they have moved on to DLC, do they consider the game fixed now? I don't think they've considered the game fixed because, yes, they're focusing on like this DLC or whatever, but they're also pushing out updates. They just pushed out the 1.3 that fixed issues with the map and the GPS and being able to respec and some other things that we just reported on. So I don't think they're necessarily like, yep, Game's fixed now. I don't. I don't think that's the case. I. I think they're still. They're still combing over it and patching it and and making things better, like Little Caesars. Man, those hot and ready's, dude. There was a time where I lived off those hot and ready's. Let me tell you, you know, nothing beat like a Friday night grabbing a hot and ready in a six pack. Like that was it. That was it. And just booting up a video game, you know. Brand new membership from D Dizzle. Thanks for clicking the join button. Welcome to the Rageless. Enjoy your dope badge and emotes. You're dope and you deserve dope stuff. If you guys become a paying member on this channel, you get a badge, you get emotes, you can submit questions that show up right here at the bottom of the screen with that question command. And if you do tier two, you can do video game voting in the Discord and influence what I play in the afternoons. Uh, on this channel so thank you so much everybody who has upgraded tier 2 and tier 1 members you get a lot of perks and benefits in the discord as well if you're looking for people to play games with and connect with it's a great hub for that have you looked into Lemnisgate? we were going to play Lemnisgate, and it, it got delayed has it officially launched you know what I mean we have hot and ready's and crazy bread really across the parking lot from where I'm sitting right now dude it's good <laughs> it's good it's tasty you know, I don't know how you did. Little Caesars is akin to a 7-Eleven pizza. No, it's not that bad. It's not that bad at all. During my bachelor days, I'd go pick up either Taco Bell or Little Caesars in a six-pack and no life Call of Duty all night. Oh, that's just, there's nothing better than being like, I got no responsibilities. I don't have to be up in the morning. Let me prop my feet, eat greasy pizza, drink some beer, and shoot and shoot people in a video game, man. That is just... That's a great that's a great Friday night right there. <laughs> that is a great Friday night. What's good hex? What's good snow? So, man. That it is that that that's that is delicious. Uh hot and ready uh got me through freshman year in college. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There were just nights where it was just so much more convenient to do that. So, if you guys are tuning in to discuss Fortnite stealing from among us, weigh in on our poll first. You got to become a subscriber if you want to talk in chat, but be sure to vote in that poll. Do you think Fortnite Imposters is going to hurt among us? Does it have the potential to do that? Uh, we appreciate everybody being here and tuning in to the show. If you're new or uh, or a longtime viewer of the program, thank you so much for being here. And thank you to everybody who's been submitting questions, talking in the chat, and voting in the poll. Is Lemnus Gate good? I have no idea. I have no idea. They they delayed it. We were going to play it, and then we went to do it, and it was like, the frick? Like, it was, uh, we... 
we we it was like it literally w- installed and then wouldn't open on my Xbox. It was like, yeah, you can't you can't play. It's not it's not available. And then a report came out that they had delayed it. So I don't know if it's officially launched or not yet, but I had it installed and I had it ready to go, but I I couldn't touch the game. Does Among Us still carry the craze it had? Haven't heard about it in a hot minute. Well, here's the main reason we're talking about this. We 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 switched this to the lead topic. And the reason we switched it to the lead topic is because the developers started to weigh in and they don't seem too pleased. They were nose down working on updates for Among Us and this announcement hit. They found out same time as all of us. They were like, well, <laughs> okay. And they said, we would have loved to have been a part of that. We would have loved to work on it. The one guy was like, you could have at least changed some of the names of the locations and their positioning. Like, Apparently, he feels that it's too much of a carbon copy. Is there much interest in Lemniscate? I'd rather look at Lint, each their own. I mean, I, it looked like a cool concept, right? Hey, man, cool concepts can be really, really enjoyable. I mean, look at Splitgate. Splitgate was kind of nothing and then launched on console and broke their servers. So, you know, Lemniscate got pushed back to September the 27th. Okay, so we got a ways to go before that game lands there's a mortal shell dlc that lands today and i almost dove in but then i went and watched he's a guy who's really well known for uh soul stuff on youtube big youtuber and he dove in to the uh to the dlc and he was saying things and doing things and i was like i I have no idea what he's doing mortal shell is currently winning for monday for video game voting um for pass or play monday and so I'll probably just play Mortal Shell fresh as a new player to kind of get my footing and I won't touch the DLC. We may do the DLC later, but that launched today and Mortal Shell landed in Steam today as well. Us console peasants love a good free game. That's right. Splitgate always looked cool to me, but again, everyone likes things that others don't. I just don't see anything interesting in Lemnisgate myself. I think that the I think the concept of um, time time travel, rewinding time in PvP, is why it has it has potential to maybe be cool. I took the console launch to highlight how much better the game was compared to initial releases. That is true, Eugene. Because when I was playing it, people were like, "This is not the game I played last year." Like Splitgate had come a long way, so that 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 staggered release probably helped them. You know. I saw the Among Us frowny face comment that just doesn't seem like them, which honestly, it does suck to see them feel bummed and slighted. I was excited to play Mortal Shell, watch it on the purple platform to get the drop skin. Five hours later, I got the skin, but I think I'm good to hold off playing. It, I think it looks so cool. I'm actually really excited to try another, you know, Souls-esque game. Um, and I know it's very different because he was like turning himself into stone and so was the enemy. And then he, he like had to run back to his body because he got knocked out of it. I was like, I'm not going to know what the frick I'm doing if I just jump into this DLC. <laughs> I, it'll be a disaster. Hey guys, we're playing Mortal Shell, brand new DLC. And it'd be two hours of me at the beginning being like, I don't know what, I don't know what I'm doing. So... That should be fun, though. So if you guys haven't taken part in video game voting yet, make sure you're in the Discord. Whether you are a paying member or a non-paying member, or you just want people to hang out with and talk with, be sure to hang out in the Discord. We love seeing new faces in there. If you're looking for people to connect with and play Halo Infinite when it comes out, 
you know, who knows, Fortnite, we should set up a Fortnite room in there for people to play this game, for, for people to play Imposters or Battle Royale, uh, Call of Duty, Battlefield 2042, we can use our Discord for that, you can use our Discord for that, and video game voting is something that we just launched uh, to get people in there to say, hey, we want to control what Lono plays, upgrade to Tier 2, and go cast your vote today from friday versus monday shell (laughs) yeah i don't know about all that i don't know about all that but yeah from fridays has been really really enjoyable you just go to the section of the discord where it says game voting there is pass or play monday first time tuesday rewind wednesday throw down thursday and from friday every day has a theme and you can go and vote um make sure you vote in every room because every day has a different batch of games so it looks like just that everyone was playing the same skin and doing the same fights and I was like man gonna wait to see some variation before I invest well the mortal shell DLC Kodiak all those people that got early access they all have to start at the same fight and more than likely if they haven't been playing mortal shell they're gonna have to kind of get their footing back and they're gonna lose a bunch that's what was happening to this guy he like booted up a save file where he had like all of his maxed out weapons and stuff so the DLC is meant for people who are heavily invested in mortal shell streamers probably aren't so they're diving in for the exposure and then they're all getting stuck on the first boss that's why I was like I am not doing that that's not good content you know I, that no shade but I'm like I'm not doing that you know so we got a question here from Kodiak says oh my goodness I thought when you mentioned three bags a day yesterday I thought you were talking about how much coffee she drinks bless your soul Mrs. Lono sorry not a question yeah no she wants me to sell three orders a day of the Rageous Roast not three bags she specified that she's like just because somebody orders three bags she's like no I want three orders a day so uh, yeah get your coffee orders in if you haven't already Um, and a partridge in a pear tree that's right that's right um I don't know what it is but I keep going back to Destiny the mechanics are it for me Splitgate was awesome but it's not Destiny PvP it just depends it just depends on your preferences I think if you play long enough in a game like Splitgate or Halo I think the dedicated servers are gonna make Destiny a little less appealing to you you know hey can we get 300 likes on today's video let's let's push for 300 we only need about 40 more Mortal Shell looks awesome but not my kind of game when's a Dark Roast available Sorry, my memory is shot. It is on a freight delivery set to be in the city on Friday. So I should have it in hand next week and you guys should be able to order it. So imagine drinking three coffee bags a day. Yeah, I don't know if you could do that. It would probably put you in the hospital. That kind of caffeine, I, you would you would really hurt yourself and your stomach. It reminds me of when I first met Snow. I had a sales job and at every break or lunch, she'd ask me how many sales I had and what my goal was for the day. Yeah, man. They'll push you like that. They will. I keep feeling the call of Destiny like a siren song, but I finally am able to just shrug and go, meh. Yeah, you don't have to tie yourself to the mass of the ship and put beeswax in your ear, right? Like in the like in the great myth. <laughs> uh, awesome. Thank you. Definitely be ordering. I appreciate that. Thank you. I want to try the coffee, but I'm in Europe. It's pretty expensive if you're out of the States. I, I understand why you wouldn't. One bag first class shipping is not terrible out of the US, but if you go up and do two or three bags, it's very expensive. So, blink twice if Madam makes you sleep in the backyard if you don't sell three bags. <laughs> the only thing carrying Destiny PvP is the gunplay. Even the glamour is worn off for me. I play other FPS besides Crucible now because the Crucible is hot garbage. Yeah, I, I, 
I don't know what their plans are. It'll be interesting to see what they decide to do. But I think long term, they are they're set to they're set to lose a lot of players over the over the course of the next couple of months. I think January February is going to be rough for them. They're probably really hoping to rejuvenate and get people to come back in. Uh, for PvP specifically, the rest of the game is fine. They're not in any danger. They'll they're gonna do a reveal for Witch Queen. Everybody's gonna lose their dadgum mind. They're gonna jump in and play. And two weeks into the DLC, they'll all be saying the same things they always said. So you know it it'll it'll be the same story <laughs> as as it always is with that game uh, for how many years running. You can definitely drink three bags in a day at once. Uh, then they'll be pumping your stomach. That's right, Noberto. That's right. They <laughs> uh, that is right. I'm having fun with Sea of Thieves with friends, playing Final Fantasy and leveling. Uh, I'll stay caught up on leveling and to fill for raids, but uh, that may be it. Right. Hex hated that job. I wanted him feeling excited about it so his days didn't drag. Yeah, sales jobs were always rough because I was good at it, but I didn't like them. Right? Are we going to play the imposter game in Fortnite? I mean, I'm not really enthused to boot it up and play it. I mean, I've I've got ep- I've got it installed. Uh, what is this? Add a friend. I didn't click on that. I've got it installing right now. Um, yeah, Fortnite's installing. It it, it it installed on my system right now. Um, so we could boot it up and 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 take a peek at it. But like, I I'm not really looking um, to to play it. I. I would I would enjoy it for a little while. The challenge is with a game mode like that is you need people with like the personality and the and the vibe to really sell that as a form of entertainment. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we did Among Us a handful of times and it was fun, but it also could get really really rough. It just it's hard to make that entertaining cuz it really is you just listening to a group of friends have a fun night. Like it's not a show. You know what I mean? A lot of big streamers really, you know, plan it out and they're really careful about how they set it up and playing together and and, and what it all looks like, you know. I didn't want you to play it. I wanted you to fire up a private match and show it to people. It looks way different than people uh, expect, I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, I could boot it up and show it to you, show it what, you know, show you what it looks like um, because it's, it's gonna, it's gonna you know it's it's Fortnite with with a with a it's an among us mode it's a Fortnite among us mode um so apply the best settings for your system yet yeah, go ahead automatically finding the settings that would be best for your Fortnite experience like whatever um where did they put it did they put it in the PVP they must have put it in the battle royale so what do you click on battle royale and then is it an L- is it it's got to be an LTM right Mesa Sean quit. Yeah, he got some job opportunity. Um, he got some good job opportunity. And so, he's out. He's out. Uh, let's see. I don't want your battle pass. Claim. It's making me do, oh my gosh, I've not played this game in so long. It's like, hey, you got this and that and the rest. Okay, bam. So, play. Now they've got some video playing. Um, okay, so imposters is announced i mean as soon as you get into the game they're announcing imposters the bridge is under attack we need agents to complete assignments to keep the bridge safe work together and identify the imposters okay so watch the video i don't hear anything did it change my audio device again i don't know why it keeps doing that 
I don't know why he keeps doing that. So this is their this is their trailer for it. Clearly, they've got they've got a good team that makes these trailers. Man, they're pretty dope. I'm curious. If there's going to be a Fortnite TV show one day. You know, like a Fortnite TV show. Okay, so play now. So imposters, I can change from public uh, to private. All right. So private imposters. Oh, squad size must be four to play a private match. Yeah, so we can't go into a private match. Sorry, not an option. Uh, not an option. But it's in the game right now. Uh, they've got imposters, trios, squads, duos, solo, arena. They got Team Rumble, Sniper Shootout. Yeah, they got all kind of stuff in here. Um, yeah. It looks different than people are expecting. Oh, well, yeah, I don't want to go in and ruin somebody's game by basically matchmaking and then backing out because that's ultimately what I would have to do. Um, you know. Just trust us, it looks cool. Yeah, I mean, it. it I, I think it looks cool. I do. I think it looks, I think it looks cool. I do. I, I think it has potential. Um, and we got a question from Fuzzy about it. How much of this Among Us ripoff because Epic got away with the PUBG lawsuit in the first place? I mean, they didn't even bother to change terminology. Well, because if there's no patent, if there's no copyright or patent, they don't have to change the terminology, right? That's what the one article I read said. It was like, that you can you can try and patent functions and things in your game. You can. They haven't, right? And probably because it'd be a it'd be a lot of money and time and effort to try to patent, you know, tasks and you know all the other things that you do in, in, in Among Us. I think this came out too late. The Among Us train left the station a long time ago. Oh, I don't think so. I was on the phone with Creature last night. I said ten bucks. Number one game on purple. Everybody'll be playing it. All the big boys will be in games together. And that's exactly what they all did. They all jumped in and played. Immediately jumped on it. Like, and you know what that's gonna do? I mean, that is going to drive at like tons of people to go play. 100 percent You don't own a game mode or a concept. Yeah, you can't own a game mode or a concept, but you can patent function in a game. You can. It's probably not easy to patent a function in a game. If you if you're if you're looking into it, it's probably expensive. It's probably not worth the effort a lot of the times because then even if you get it, you'd have to then go argue that they infringed upon your patent. Do you see? Like there's multiple layers to the struggle. You got to spend money and time getting and securing the patent. Then if you get and secure the patent, you have to then go legally argue and spend lots of legal legal fees to say they have infringed on the patent. Trust me. Legal fees are awful and terrible, especially when you feel like you have to spend the money uh, to to get to get what you want. It's not fun. It isn't. Warner patented the Nemesis system from the Mordor game, and it took them years. That's right. That's right. That was actually one of the ones referenced in the article. They said the Nemesis system was patented. Yeah, and it took it took freaking years. You know, if you're just tuning in, we're discussing it. The Fortnite imposters mode, you know, stealing from among us. The 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 the, the poll right now, about an hour in, five hundred and sixty nine votes. Nice. Fortnite imposters, will it hurt among us? Cast your vote. 
Love it or hate it, Fortnite frequently adds high-quality content to their game. They update the game very often. It's what everyone wants in their own games that they play. This is why I want Fortnite to do the open-world RPG, like a big giant MMO. Let me invest in survival elements like building my own homestead and having a garage and a car and a plane and a a character and weapons and big giant world bosses. I would eat that up. That'd be so fun. And they have the playground to do it. So the leaks about the open world mode, I'm thinking, man, you guys could really own this. There are so few games out there. New World is attempting the New World MMORPG from Amazon is attempting to create a more accessible PvP-driven MMORPG. They want to pull that audience in. There's people that want to play uh, games like that, but they don't want to pour the hundreds of hours in. And if you make it accessible, fun, and lighthearted, which Fortnite could do, it could be a smash hit. Legal fees are tough pill to swallow, but... Uh, we still kind of love our friendly neighborhood uh, liar. I mean, lawyer Zubair. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the Nemesis patent, though, was really them patenting a group of embedded and connecting systems more than the idea. That is much easier to sell, but still not easy. Yo, opinions get you banned. Upgrading to Tier 2, another Tier 2 member. Be sure to get in the Discord and take part in video game voting. We appreciate you very much. Thank you, opinions get you banned, for deciding to upgrade. This is evidence that they could plant a serious flag in the MMORPG space, right? They'll just take everything good from everything. That's exactly right. Like, think about the way the Fortnite map works. Imagine them creating a map that's like four times as big as the BR map and doing the same territory fights that is in New World, okay? Like, flagging yourself for PvP, leaving a home base, and going out and fighting. They already have the PvP ground built. They could steal all the good ideas from New World where you could have quests and uh, guilds and ways to level up and weapon proficiencies and grinding and customization. They're the kings of selling cosmetics. I mean, they could absolutely crush as an MMORPG. They could. You just need somebody to build it. You need teams of people that understand the depth and the skill trees and the investment and creating world bosses, which they've done insane live events with big giant monsters. Can you imagine an MMORPG like that where suddenly they're like, hey, they're posting some tweet. Something's happening Friday. Yeah, you're going to want to be in the game. And some insane thing happens. There's a dragon, and you and all your friends can go and fight the dragon. And then you loot it, and you get really cool, custom, awesome clothes. Because you were there when you guys killed, you know, the red dragon from the north. Like, that would be awesome. Try and tell me that that would be awesome. That would be awesome. They could absolutely crush as an MMORPG. They could. They could just sit here and poach every good idea that's out there and just, yeah, we, we have that now. We have that in our game. <laughs> you know? Fortnite's the next Destiny killer. No, 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 no. That, that's, not, that's not happening. Imagine what the comment section of a 300,000 uh, Destiny player looks like. I'd rather flip burgers. What does it say about the state? Uh, that a guy with 300,000 subscribers goes back to the medical device sales? Um... Well, the thing is, though, Tiger Tears, I, I don't, 
I don't think he's doing it because of... I, I don't think that's an indication of anything with Destiny. I really, really don't. I think some people, they're, they're, it's, it's just hard to get... It's, it's, it's hard for your heart to stay in it. It really, really is. You have to absolutely love content creation. And I think some guys like Mesa kind of fell into it. Like, he was just doing videos and updates, and he just loved the game, and he was really passionate, and he was really involved and went to a lot of capture events, and it was probably really, really fun, but it ran its course for him, probably. He was probably like, yeah, my heart's not really in it anymore, you know? I don't think it's indicative of the game's health or anything like that. Although, although, I think Bungie makes it very hard to be a Destiny content creator these days because of their public behavior I think their public behavior and virtue signaling I, I'm I'm glad I don't cover that game full time because I, I think it's annoying I think they're awful I think their public presence is is, is awful. Ugh, I don't like it I wouldn't want to interact with those CMs no I wouldn't want to play nice with those CMs like thank you I, I, I'm making way less money and I am way happier I, I would not want to be a destiny content creator and it's i think telling that there's other guys that are like not being full-time destiny content creators anymore i just don't think they like it they'll make the videos they'll cover the events they'll play the game when things happen because it's good it's really good for the money that big reveal coming up holy frick right that's going to be amazing we used to do those co-streams and let me tell you those are those games are very those days are very very good they're big but a lot of those guys aren't planting their flag in that game permanently anymore. You know, they're not. They're just like I. Just, I don't know. Everything. The vibe is shifted. The air is toxic. It just. You got to wear a gas mask. It just doesn't. I don't. I don't know. I. I, I don't think so. Uh, you know what I mean? I didn't know that that happened. Sacrifice. I didn't know there was a, a relationship split. I. I wasn't aware of that. So. Um, so. Mm-mm. He hates sitting behind a computer all day. He wanted human interaction. <laughs> I mean, if you've ever met the guy, it makes sense. You know, if you've ever met the guy in person, it makes sense. Like that's he, he very much is, you know, he's a face to face New Yorker. You know, he wants to be face to face. He, he like, he likes human interaction. Discord, the, the ghost of Tsushima launch trailer, it's a minute long. What am I? What am I? What am I watching this for specifically? It went live today. Oh my gosh! Freaking Jin, dude. He's so awesome. So he's such a great character. Oh man, I am so excited. I am so excited. Oh man, I I hope I hope we have a, a great a great great turnout. I really really do. Cause I I you know what I wish they would add Eugene, which they haven't said anything to indicate they would even consider adding it or, or doing anything with it. I want Transmog. I really really do. The, he's got some outfits that are just absolutely killer, and you can't wear them because they're they're terrible. They're terrible for the stats. My gosh, this game is beautiful. It is so beautiful, chat. Um. I'm not gonna throw it up on the screen because I don't we, we don't I don't like to do reaction content. Um, but man, that is a, that is a beautiful trailer. That that Ghost of Tsushima director's cut launch trailer that just went live is very 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 nice. Super super excited. We are gonna be doing a lot with Ghost of Tsushima in the next couple of days. So the best E2 streamers are going variety. Um, 
I, dude, I don't have I don't have self-referential delusions of grandeur. I think everything that happened last year made a lot of those people think, I don't think I want to be full time in this environment anymore. It just is na- it's nasty. Um, the communities the community's nasty. I think the community managers have contributed to a very toxic, tribalistic choose aside mentality, and I think it's very unhealthy and it's very fake and false. I think the virtue. And the, and the righteousness is just so fake and phony. And I just think a lot of people are done. They're like, I don't want to be in here full time anymore. You know, you play the game and get the views and get the clicks and then get out. That's what a lot of them are going to do. That's what a lot of them are going to do. So, uh, Demetrius coming in with a question. Any interest in looking into the new 4X game that released yesterday, Human? kind i saw how popular this game was a lot of people were were checking this game out and watching it on steam these are not my kind of games uh we considered playing it just because of the popularity but i know i would get 30 minutes in and want to and want to pull my own hair out like i'm just like this is not for me um it's just not i, I just don't think so uh, in my opinion, Ghost of Tsushima should have won Game of the Year. Yeah, we've had that debate here before, and uh, I, I was considering doing an opinion lead with that, just to be like, you know, let me argue why I think this game should have won Game of the Year. Uh, but the problem with that is my opinion would be almost immediately invalidated by folks because I haven't played The Last of Us 2. So we can't do that as an opinion lead right now. Um, that could be something that we end up doing uh, for a first time Tuesday. Hey, Lono never played, you know, The Last of Us Two. Make him play it. Make him, make him, make him. You know, do a. We could do that for video game voting, and then I could do my opinion lead and be like, Oh yeah, oh yeah, Ghost should have won, right? Or maybe I'll have to argue the other. Uh, it's gonna be hard to convince me. It's gonna be hard to convince me. New IPs, I think, deserve a lot more, uh, a lot more credit and praise than a sequel. I really do. Um, so I'm curious just how much Last of Us 2 did compared to the first one um, that would be like, oh yeah, this definitely deserves Game of the Year. And mainly Eugene's argument is always, well, it's because of the critical acclaim. And I'm like, how much of the critical acclaim was driven by the narrative choices and the cultural climate? Like, was the critical acclaim really because the game was just insanely advanced, innovative, and changed? Or was it driven by something else? I'm genuinely interested in answering that question. I am. Because I do think the critical acclaim was somewhat tainted by by any... Everyone was terrified to criticize that game. They were terrified. Because um, people that were longtime fans came out and made legitimate criticisms and they got absolutely lambasted for being anti-this and anti-that. And they're like, we just didn't like the story. Like, I saw genuine thoughtful criticism just get... People got, people got attacked. And I don't know. It's it's hard for me to see that not being a giant influence in the critical acclaim. Like, look at look at what these journalists and these outlets and these review outlets do, right? Like they they bend over and bow to the culture. <clears throat> they do. They bow to cancel culture. They won't accurately report on things. None of them accurately reported on me. None of them. Not a single one. These are the outlets that you're that you're that you're going to to say, yeah, the critical acclaim is why Last of Us Two won Game of the Year. And it's like, how much of that critical acclaim was influenced by fear of the public? We can't criticize this game. Give it ten marks and move the frick on, right? We can't take issue with anything because it's it's we're, we will get attacked. I don't know. I think that played a gigantic role 
in 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 how that game got such universal plays praise from review outlets and it was very mixed from the community so I know Anthem's dead but the art's always been fantastic oh man yeah oh yeah yeah Anthem's art team killed it I loved making Anthem thumbnails I, I loved all their artwork I love their artwork. They're the javelins and the flying and the the color choices. Oh yeah, dude. Anthem's oh, I would love to have a big giant colossus right there on a displate, you know. I'm sure they have some over there on displate. So Last of Us 2 feels like the story is way better. Ghost gameplay is better. I'm going to have a really hard time being swayed to believe any game has a better story than Ghost. Ghost stories are, they're unbelievable. It could be a series on Netflix. It's its phenomenal. I'm not saying that can't be true of The Last of Us 2. I would probably conclude that they're equals after playing it. I don't think I could ever say, oh yeah, this is better. Ghost is just, it's a work of art. It the, From the way they tell the story to the way that it's written to the way that they start like a boom it pops up and like it says like the name of the mission all of that dude all of that is just unbelievable so so good just the dialogue is is so powerful he had a conversation uh yesterday well the other day i'm sorry when we played it he had a conversation with uh masakao is that her name and he t- he told her that you know he said, you haven't lost everything. You've sacrificed everything in the name of vengeance. And he said, don't let your your drive for revenge blind you and make the people around you invisible. Like, the way it was written was unbelievable. It was so, so good. It, it, was, it, was, it was phenomenal. And it was just like, man, what a, what a powerfully written section of the game between two, you know, two friends that had just fought. It was, it was so great. It was unbelievable. You'll never get an accurate picture of user views on Last of Us 2. All I know, Eugene, is I saw fans of the franchise making what I thought were fair and legitimate criticisms getting attacked and shredded for it and being called all kind of like anti-things. Like, and so review outlets were not going to put themselves in the firing line. They simply weren't. There's a bias there. They don't want people to attack them, right? It's the same reason last summer the outlets that chose to cover the big the big Me Too movement in the gaming world, they completely committed journalistic malpractice with the way they covered it. Nothing was factual, no true interviews or investigative reportive was done. And certain people were protected and sheltered and to this day have been insulated and protected and sheltered from very egregious and severe accusations. That industry, you can't trust it. You simply can't. The reviews were out before the story was known, though. Not all the reviews. And how 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 they review the game without knowing the story, Eugene? They get press copies and they play through it, which means they know what's going on. Don't you remember the controversy from the trailer at E3? You don't remember that? Come on. This game was front and center in in embroiled in a cultural debate and and dialogue from the very beginning. Embargo was lifted like a full week. 
They had, but they had more than likely they had played through the game. They knew the story. The story details leaked. That was one of the reasons that it became a controversy. But even before then, people were being nasty about the game because of the trailer. Oh yeah, I definitely got review bombed. I'm not trying to give credit to the review bombing. I know what was going on there. Skill Up and Angry Joe uh, were banned on this website because of their views on The Last of Us 2. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of crap that was happening. And we're supposed to believe that, like, the review outlets were pure and honest in their recounting and their their reviewing of the game. No! No, they knew what was going to happen if they took issue with story decisions and decisions in the game. It would get spun up into something that it wasn't. And they would get lambasted and canceled for being anti-whatever. That 100% would have happened. There were already, I, I covered it. I covered that reveal, that trailer, live on my stream. And I know what was happening in the dialogue that day in the gaming community. There's no doubt in my mind that the review outlets knew we got to give this thing a, a, a 10 out of 10 and move on. To be honest, if you're outraged over the initial reveal, your opinion doesn't matter. I, I'm not saying their opinion matters, Eugene. I'm saying... It was in the water. It was in the air. They knew what was happening. This game was becoming the centerpiece of a cultural dialogue and a movement. And they said, we, 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 we will not. We will not criticize this game. It got universal praise. That never freaking happens. What? Come on. That never happens. And then legitimate fans of the franchise took issue with story elements and they got, and they got lambasted. It became a point of of it was a it was a tribalistic fight at that point. Uh, the Last of Us Two also got review praise. There were at least as many tens and zeros by people who hadn't played it and just wanted the game make the score higher or lower. Naughty Dog probably make this game for that exact reason. They made it a controversy to sell it. They probably leaked the story on purpose to get a rise out of people to sell the game. Uh, yeah, the story leak did seem a little, uh, yeah, it seemed a little manipulated. Like, you know what the, you know where the culture is right now. You poke it with a stick and it explodes, you know. There were thousands of 10 out of 10 user reviews before the general public got their hands on the game. Pretty sus. You see what I'm saying? It, it, this cuts both ways. You know what I mean? His character was a complete departure from what he was portrayed in the first game. Right, and that is exactly what people took issue with. They're like, you can have these kind of story elements in the game. Go for it, right? 100%. You want to have a lead character who is gay? Go for it. That's totally fine. Nobody took issue with that. They took issue with the fact that, like, the main character from the first game, you just hijacked his character. This is why we get angry about Star Wars, right? You hijacked Luke Skywalker. You hijacked predictable story narrative arcs. It's like, well, why would you do that? You could have used somebody else. You could have had a random no-name person come in and be that. A bunch of ignorant people were complaining about Ellie scared journalists into favorable reviews. Oh, 100%, yes. It wasn't them. It wasn't the ignorant people complaining, Eugene. It was how quickly the dialogue became choose a side. And the reviewers were like, we, we, we're, we, we're not, we are not about to be on the other end of this. Give it a high mark and move the frick on. We are not about to be. Universal praise for the game. Come on. Since when does that happen? Nobody? Nobody scores it low? Nobody has any criticisms? Come on. Come on. That's suspicious. You know? 
False reviews from the big guys is common these days. Every Call of Duty gets a 9 or a 10 out of 10, and the Call of Duty comes out and it sucks. All the big games get fantastic reviews for early success. The expansion was a story about her and the girlfriend that she lost. See, I never played that, so I didn't know that, uh, Planet Plankton. It was it was the fact that they put it right in your face, centerpiece, in the trailer, everybody got wound up. And and look 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 at look at what happens. As soon as that enters the dialogue, people choose a side and the review outlets are cowardly. They're just going to immediately go with whatever. I said this yesterday because a Destiny streamer got canceled because of super old tweets and one of his one of his sponsors dropped him. And they're trying to wax eloquent about why they did it. Shut the frick up. Your virtue is empty if it only shows up as an act of cowardice compliance. Like, you're only complying to the whims of the culture. You're not doing it because you believe it. You're doing it because the culture demands it. There's a giant difference, right? It's, it's bad faith, basically. It's like, what, what, you're, you're not doing this because you know and believe this. You're doing this because you know it's what's going to be the best move for the business, the company, or your review outlet. It's not genuine. It's not honest. There could have been plenty of those reviewers who were like, great game, we found some of the story elements to be very, very out of place and very strange considering the first game. And you know what that would have gotten twisted into? Such and such review outlet is hateful. Like, that's what it would have gotten turned into. Complaints about hijacking Joel or Shallow 2. Five years of safety of bringing people into their community changed him. He wasn't hijacked. I, come on. We complained because they changed Joel and Ellie based on motives versus what they were in The Last of Us 1 without any explanation. Either something changed them or the first game didn't exist. Right, like if you don't get a middle ground story about what in the world's going on, like why is this character suddenly changing? I say this all the time about Anakin. Anakin is supposed to be one of the most, you know, monumental, like universe impacting character arcs. And the guy's like, you can save people from dying? Okay, I'll go kill children. Like, like that. It's just, it's, huh? It's not satisfying. Right? It, it isn't satisfying. It's like, what happened? It was so fast! It, it's the same thing here. Ignore the, the, the cultural climate around Ellie's character right now and being accepting and loving and the cultural zetgeist has changed on that subject. Okay? Ignore that for a moment. If it's just as dissatisfying as Anakin suddenly being like, I'll murder children. You know, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I've got to save my girlfriend. Like, if it's just as dissatisfying, ignore the actual elements of the story and just talk about story writing and, like, character development and character arcs and character change, right? That's, that's I think, where, where I stand on it. Because I know, I've not played the game, but I know what happens. I had it all spoiled for me. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I don't like that. That doesn't feel na- that doesn't feel like good storytelling. That feels that feels kind of forced. That feels agenda driven. And your agenda can be pure and good and noble, and it can still hijack good storytelling. You know, I thought the the preachiness at the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I didn't like it. It felt forced. It was agenda driven. Do I support your agenda? 
Do I think your story's great and important? Yes. Did I think you overdid it and it harms storytelling? Absolutely, I do. From a from a fan of books and and character driven shows like Lost, I didn't think it. I didn't think it played. I didn't think it was good. It wasn't good storytelling. Even though I'm like behind your story and your mission and your goal, I'm like this is so important right now. Great, Captain America. I'm I am fully in support of this. And then the end of the show, I'm like, man, that wasn't very good writing. Man, that didn't translate well on screen. That was rough. I didn't like that. I'm allowed to criticize that. You don't get to label me like whatever you want to label me. That's the issue for me is that they made story decisions that I think you can remove the the cultural elements and just say this isn't very good storytelling and here's why. But you can't do that right now because if you do that, you get you get lambasted with a label. No nuance. No room for discussion. Universal praise for the game, and it's game of the year. Why? Ghost of Tsushima is so faithful to the island, the customs, the language. They are now ambassadors of the island of Tsushima. It is a work of art, and it gets beat out by a game that was a sequel. And was it a good sequel? Yeah. For for all intents and purposes, from what we know about what they did and how they advanced the game and everything else, Great sequel. Great sequel. Game of the year? Probably not. Probably not. I don't I don't think so. I think I think that I think that what they did with the brand's new original new IP and the way they tell the story, the way they develop the characters, the way that every side quest is drenched in importance and everything else. It's like how do you beat this game with a sequel? Just how? historically new IPs have a huge leg up in game of the year because it's a lot harder to have a good new IP it's a lot easier to to, to dial in a sequel to do a second game it's a lot easier to do that nowadays you can't critique without being called a name right was the gameplay good yes was the story good yeah were they true to the characters no well and that to me is a mark against the game like, it's a story-driven game. It's a narrative-driven game. And if I can't get behind the story elements, like, what? Ugh, what? So, I'll end up playing it. I'll end up playing it. And, uh, I'll probably stick to my, I'll probably stick to my guns. You know what I mean? Um. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, hey, somebody ordered some coffee six minutes ago. Three bags to Smokey. Thank you so much. You are the best. Mortal Shell. Add Mortal Shell to your watch list. What? Why are you alerting me about Mortal Shell, but I can't request a key? Don't alert me about the game. I, we, we, people are going to probably make me play this Monday. Uh, let me see. Can I... Um, Notifications being offered a key for no. Uh, I already own this game. Um, let me see. Can you get codes for Mortal Shell right now? Let me do a double check here, because they just launched their the request key. Yeah, they have the virtuous cycle. Hundred percent will cover that because you guys are voting on it right now. Bam. Um, Okay, cool. I'll request a key for that. So, uh, 
Thank you, everybody, for being here and voting in the poll, by the way. We greatly appreciate the turnout today. You guys are awesome. I know Fortnite might not be your game, but I do think it's an important discussion to have. Is Fortnite imposters? Is it going to hurt among us? Is there is there a risk uh, in you know involved here? And uh, if you're new, hit subscribe. If you want to type, type in chat, uh, we do run subscriber-only mode on chat, but subscribing is free. If you want to become a member, you can have a question pop up on the screen just like this. Sergeant Breakaway says, Do you think CD Projekt Red will be able to release the next-gen version of Cyberpunk this year? I personally think that with the amount of bugs in it, it makes it a next-gen update a bad idea in 2021. I, I think it's unlikely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's extremely unlikely. Um, it, it's, yeah, I, I don't think it's coming this year. You need to try it for yourself. Knowing you, you'd have a different opinion on it. I here's here's what's gonna ultimately happen with The Last of Us Two for me. This is why I think it's gonna happen. I'm be like, this is a great game. It's an amazing game. High marks. I recommend it. But I don't think it deserves Game of the Year. I know I'm gonna come to that conclusion because I am absolutely in love with Ghost of Tsushima. My bias is going to weigh in, right? That's exactly what a game of the year decision is, right? Which is the best? Well, that's that's driven by opinion. That's driven by the subjective experiences of the audience and the, and the members of the review boards and everything else. So, I know for a fact this thing doesn't stand a chance. It does it does it stand a chance of being praised and recommended and like I'm like, yeah, it's a good game. Yeah. Does it stand a chance of unseating game of the year in my mind? No. No. Ghost of Tsushima, in my mind, is practically flawless. It's so good. And 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 what they're doing with it long-term and adding to it in the director's cut, I mean, just absolutely gorgeous. Come on. You know. At the core of the problem is internet tribalism. Give people a random flag and tell them that people with the other one are just wrong. Right. Metaphorical flags, yes. Because there, there, there are definitely some some flags that are that are worthy of uh, <laughs> we we don't we don't we don't endorse that. I mean there's there's hate raids and all kind of nastiness going on over on purple right now. So metaphorical flags, I get what you're saying. Like you make people convinced that like their side is the side and all everybody else is is the devil, you know. People who can't follow uh, cannot allow others to have a different opinion. Yeah, yeah. They just they stream a dirty word. Yeah. Yeah. Internet internet dirty words are commonly used in that way. It's like, well, I'm just going to label you this, and we all know that this is bad, you know. Last of Us 2 is as solid as a 7 out of 10 can get. Technologically, it's top tier, uh, but story-wise, yeah. I'm looking forward to the Xbox Showcase on the 24th. Isn't that the one at Games... That's Gamescom, right? They're, they're doing a showcase on the 24th, and I'm pretty sure they said that it'll be um, not a lot of new games. Didn't they already kind of preface and say, like, don't expect new games at uh, at the Gamescom showcase? You know? Look at the way people treated who didn't like Death Stranding. I didn't really see a lot of problem th- th- with people that didn't like Death Stranding. Death Stranding got a lot of criticism. You know, people said it was boring. People said it was too slow. People said that it was, you know, FedEx simulator or whatever. I, I, I don't, I didn't see a lot of people getting, uh, getting hate. You know what I mean? I don't think so. 
I'm near sure Lono played 2077 on PS5 and it was 60 FPS. Yes, but it's not a next gen version. It's a uh, it's it's it got like an uptick. Didn't they do something for the PS4 Plus for it, and then the PS5 can just tap into it? I think. Hmm. <clears throat> We should get a Halo release date? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I love Kojima, but I thought Death Stranding was a miss for him. I can't wait for what he does next, even if I don't like it. He tries different things, and that's dope. What's good, Monkey Sum? How are you? <clears throat> I like where your mind is, but no. Mailman. I don't know what that word is. That doesn't seem like a nice word. I don't know what you meant to type there. I hated the first game, so the second was a no for me, but I'll watch your gameplay and see if it hooks me. Yeah, yeah. It'll likely become a First Time Tuesday, because it is. First Time Tuesdays are designed for me to go back to games that I missed out on, skipped, or didn't play, so. <clears throat> yeah, I don't play 30 FPS games. There's no way I played Cyberpunk multiple times now at 30. There's no way. Um, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Gilly's submitting a question here. Did you see the new Star Wars project trailer? And if you did, what did you think of it? I think Disney Plus is about to get a giant influx of weeb subscribers, man. That's a big audience. People that enjoy anime are, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a giant portion of the anime audience that doesn't have a Disney Plus subscription that's about to. I'm, I'm telling you right now, because I don't know. Unless I'm mistaking, uh, QWOP is a rage-inducing game where you try to run, but you end up falling over. Oh, that's what he was joking to. Okay, okay. Bioshock? No, we're not going to do Bioshock. I played it. I played it. Star Wars Visions looking so good. Yeah, yeah. It's. I'm telling you, that's going to drive. They're going to have a bit. Uh, you watch. Just you watch. They will have a big uptick in memberships when that launches. They're gonna there'll be reports that come out that they're like, "This is crazy." <laughs> it is, is crazy that this many people are now Disney Plus subscribers. Cause man, yeah. Did I do your question? I think so, Fuzzy. I do. What was your question? I can tell you if I answered it or not. I've been, it's more interactive now, so questions, I pull them up pretty quickly, they're on the screen, it's more like an alert that you can take advantage of as a, as a paying member than like a segment where I'm just sitting in a scene, so it makes it a little bit more interactive, I like it this way. Um, Disney and Star Wars are done for me? Oh, come on, give it, give it some, give it some time the realm of getting over it for me I would watch people rage but not play it myself oh yeah 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 listen I know that's how some of you guys I know that's a game that you guys play you're gonna make me play something that you would never play yourself I'm, I'm on to you <laughs> I'm on to you I'm excited for Battlefield me and my friends are planning on having a blast with it Battlefield Portal has my attention and my curiosity big time Big time. I think some really, really cool things could come out of it. Um, and, you know, I I like having shooters and games that are lighthearted and fun. Um, I don't know. I, shooters are fun, and then they're not very, very quickly. Uh, a lot of the times, it just quickly becomes a sweat fest. 
you know, and I feel like the fun factor goes down. It was a Fortnite copy pacing among us because they won the PUBG lawsuit. It's why they took their chance. Yeah, I answered your question. I basically said that they more than likely are just going to keep doing this. They're just going to keep looking at the landscape and saying, look, man, th- this is this is easy. This is easy pickings. You know, we, we, we can pick and we can pick and choose from every game out there. You know, this is one of the reasons that I think a, um, uh, this is one of the reasons that I think they could do an MMORPG. That's kind of what your question spiraled into because they could just borrow and creature said it like they could just literally look at every MMORPG and just steal, you know, you know what I mean? They could copy everything New World is doing. All that really cool PvP stuff. I want you to imagine all the really cool PvP stuff they did with New World. And streamers, imagine that in Fortnite with really big Fortnite streamers. Imagine what that would do. I mean, what? <laughs> it would be insanely popular. People, people would love that. People would eat that up. Oh, I am this I you what there's there's three there's three guilds right in new world oh come on you create three guilds really cool colors and flags and armor and aesthetics and cosmetics when's the fortnite platformer battle royale (laughs) I'm telling you right now they they are they are on a 50 year plan dude they're on a 50 year plan wouldn't surprise me that in the next nine years, Fortnite is viewed as a platform where all different game genres exist. There's an MMORPG. There is a Battle Royale. There is an arena. There, You see what I'm saying? Like It's going to be a platform. That's what they're building. They're not building a Battle Royale. You, you have to see that, right? At least that's what I see. Fortnite is a platform. It, that's what it is. It's not a battle royale anymore. It's a platform. It is a public testing platform. The battle royale is a ruse. That's just a mirage to get people in. Everything they create, whether it's a mech suit, a plane, a surfboard, a shark, it's all testing for more than just the battle royale. Why do you think stuff's in the game and gone so quickly like that? It's in the game, month later, gone. Why? Because it wasn't there as a permanent fixture. It wasn't. It was there as a test. It was there as a test. A Fortnite roguelike? Yeah. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. Imagine a Fortnite roguelike that, you know, mimic and copy all the stuff from Returnal. It's third person. Um, you can build. You know, maybe you need to add a dodge or something. And uh, you can create really, really big fights and bosses. And yeah, I mean, the, the sky is the limit. You could, They can create anything at this point. Fortnite wasn't even a BR originally. They stole the idea from H1Z1. The idea that Battle Royale was a stolen concept at that point. I mean, come on. Battle Royales were going to come out. They were. It became a fixture. It's like the same thing happens with Team Deathmatch or Call of Duty, a PvP World War shooter, right? I mean, 
that that spread like wildfire and so did br br wasn't like some special case or some special clause it was it was just they were there first and then here comes all the others and the same thing happened with call of duty and medal of honor and soldier of fortune and and battlefield you know you have all of these other world war pvp shooters emerge quake an unreal tournament you know arena shooters they, you know they, they, who was the first well, it's probably doom i would think and then quake 2 and then quake 3 and then unreal tournament and then the era of the 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 world war shooter entered the picture you know, battle royale was it, it, how many amalgamations were there before fortnite i think 3 3 or 4 Fortnite has always been a platform. The debut of Fortnite back when it was a zombie defense game had specific callouts in the interview about its versatility beyond the core game. Well, and look what they did. Look what they did. They they just made a BR and threw it out there and look what happened. What do you think happens if they do that with an MMORPG? What do you think happens? Hey guys, we've been working on this for a couple of years. Boom. Fortnite World. You know, Fortnite universes or something. I don't even know what you'd call it. Probably just Fortnite Battle Royale, Fortnite MMORPG. I just don't trust Epic to not make a cash grab pseudo pay to win. I can't see it being riddled with micros and FOMO. All I can see it is a paywall in from everything earnable. They didn't do that with their Battle Royale. Why the frick would they do that with their MMORPG? They've they've been massively successful with a free-to-play model and cosmetics that don't impact gameplay, right? They wouldn't break from that mold. Because a giant portion of their player funnel would come right over from Fortnite Battle Royale. And they're already hard-coded to think through, cosmetics are awesome and I'm willing to buy them. They're not going to want to disrupt that trust, I wouldn't think. I don't think think there's any risk of that happening. Because they've proven that they don't need to do that to make ridiculous amounts of money, you know? Doom Eternal is 75% off in the PSN store. There you go. Fortnite is forever, says Dr. Disrespect. Oh, yeah, yeah, the doc knows. He knows. Even though he can't really play that game for very long, like, it just doesn't work with his audience, doesn't work with him, right? That's why, that's why he should talk to me. Because I think there's things that we could do with Fortnite that people would love, and he wouldn't have to play it, but that's for another day you know if he ever takes the call you know if he ever picks up the flip phone and he and I actually have a conversation um if that's the case world war games stole from the history book right like the idea of stealing like obviously we put it on the thumbnail like Fortnite stole from among us because I mean it did like it did like that's but they can I'm not I'm not arguing the wrongness or the rightness of it I'm just saying gum, dude like they they yanked this right out of uh of of among us and it could as the question poses it could be bad uh it could be bad for um for among us it could um and you know long term long term among us has to consider they were going to make a sequel you know, then they put that all on hold, and that right now they're investing in the base game. You know, 
They developed a whole platform off of selling cosmetics and cosmetics only. That's not changing. They're looking for a new audience to sell cosmetics to. That's exactly right, and I'm telling you right now, the MMORPG world is ripe with it. ESO basically funds everything off of the crown store and the crown subscriptions. Like, and that is all mounts and and cosmetics. It, well, and the crafting bag, but still, come on, come on. Like the crown store and the mounts and the cosmetics, that is driving the revenue there, right? So I would I would think that Epic's looking at that and thinking that is ripe. That is ripe. It's also rumored that their MMORPG is a phone game to rival Clash of Clans. I don't think it would be just phone. I don't think so. They have a huge audience on console and PC. Fortnite has a massive audience on console especially, I think. I don't think they would want to push push those people away. Dude, I would become a full-time Fortnite MMORPG streamer. I'm just kidding. But I would play it a lot. <laughs> I would play it a lot. I don't think the broader MMO player base is interested in Fortnite from perception and art style alone. I don't think they care. They don't want those people. Those people are playing Final Fantasy. Like some of those people will play, you know, New World. I don't think they care about that audience. They care about the audience that can play for a couple hours of night or already plays Fortnite or likes the idea of an MMORPG but they just don't have the time. You know, think about how popular these building sims are, where you build a home and a homestead and you manage resources and all of that. Think about how popular those games are. And think about being able to play a Fortnite MMO RPG where that's all you focus on is your homestead. And you create like a garden and a fence and crops and then you create a barn and then you get a horse and then you have all the then you have a horse barn and dude people would eat that up and if there are pvp elements like from new world if there's open world fighting if there's world bosses if there's loot those people would play the game and they would play it their way it'd be unbelievable i'm just confused why you would step into a genre and not want to pull in 95 percent of the existing players in the genre because the world is bigger than that genre it's the world is so much bigger than that genre let me ask you something Fortnite Battle Royale, when it first landed, Arch Enigma, do you remember the dialogue about it? Oh, that's a kid's game. Look how stupid that is. I literally had someone clip me and call me an idiot because I said it was going to be bigger than PUBG. I played the game for two hours and I said, this game will be bigger than PUBG. Write it down. And some guy clipped me and said, listen to this idiot. Because everybody dismissed it because of the aesthetic. That's a freaking kid's game. And look what happened. Like, do you see? The the, the graphics and the aesthetic of so many of the MMOs up to now have been not impressive. Like, World at War, EverQuest, come on. Like, come on. Those games do not really create or ingratiate a a, a player base that's like, oh, I really care about graphics. (laughs) Come on. Their battle royale is already that. Everything is a microtransaction. Compared to the store, the Battle Pass has very little content. I don't see their MMO being different. A Battle Pass with 100 levels of stuff and 10 times more stuff for sale in the store. I'll bet most of the desirable loot would be for sale and not earnable in the game. Well, now you're changing your prediction, right? Didn't you say... Hang on. Yeah, you said pseudo pay to win. 
I'm not going to disagree with that prediction, Gilly. They will 100% sell really hot stuff and make earning it tough. They will. Oh, yeah. They'll do that. But they're not going to do pay to win. They're not. I, I also think, I also think they would do a lot of FOMO, like like in-game events that you have to be there to kill the thing to get the cool cosmetics. They're just not going to do, they're not going to do pay to win. I, 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 there was no way they would ever do that, but they would they would 100% be like, look, it's totally free. So yeah, we're gonna sell really awesome cosmetics. We're Fortnite, aren't we? Like that's kind of our thing. <laughs> that's kind of our thing. <clears throat> if you put it behind paywalls, then it's already dead. Loot is the blood of MMOs. Even ESO looks dated at this point. Yeah, a little bit. Well, yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to put a lot of the loot in, in behind a paywall. There would still need to be really good loot earnable in the game. I do think that's true. Or you would really drive off any potential really, you know, dedicated MMO audience. I'm just glad we are moving away from supply drops in games. I love buying uh, what you want straight out. Yeah, I want to see a Lono take on FOMO. Okay, FOMO is not necessarily a bad thing, just like microtransactions are not automatically a bad thing. These words become bywords, and then people just sort of use them as a slam. Oh, that game is nothing but FOMO. Oh, that game has nothing but micros in it, you know? And then people act like that is all they need to say, okay? Micro-spending stores can be 100% fair, legitimate, and well done. They can they can do them in a way that there is no problem with their setup I think you can do similar things with FOMO right there's nothing wrong with saying this Friday and this Friday only if you play the game there's a dragon on the eastern shore that if you kill you get really awesome stuff and then that dragon is going to migrate and you can't do it okay nothing wrong with that Really cool in-game event. Very fun and satisfying for the people involved. It's a you-had-to-be-there moment. It drives people to play. It drives people to log in. But that's not fair. I had to work a shift. I had to work a double. I couldn't go and play. But that's life, man. Like I think you can have healthy and totally fine FOMO. Okay? When FOMO goes awry is when players feel as though they must play a disproportionate amount of time and a disproportionate amount of investment for fear of missing out. Like, I'm going to fall behind. I'm not going to be able to keep up. I have to log in. I have to log in. Having something that's sort of like timely, like, yeah, you got to be here this weekend, that's not the same as you better play every day for three hours or you're going to completely, you're going to miss out. It, it, there's one you're driving like a um, almost like a mechanical inorganic engagement with the game for fear of falling behind fear of missing out and another is like we're doing a cool thing in the game you want to be there for it like when I was flying around with a jetpack and I was enjoying that really cool event in Fortnite and I was playing with Brayden and I got to listen to his youthful exuberance and excitement that's a really cool moment that wouldn't have felt nearly as cool if anybody could do it anytime that week they could just log in and watch it happen no we were sharing in the moment it was awesome that's a memory i have as a video as a gamer 
and as a content creator. I'm like, that was just awesome. It was so cool, right? There's a difference between that and creating a game that fosters FOMO, fear of missing out. It's like, if you don't play every single day, you're going to fall behind. And it creates unhealthy, mechanical, inorganic player behavior. I see the two as being different. One is almost like passively abusive to the player base. It's like, you're really mistreating your player base if you're creating these patterns of like, yeah, you don't log in, you're going to get punished. Like, it hurts your perce- your progress or whatever. T-shirts awesome day? Thank you. I got two of them. I got two large print He-Man shirts. I couldn't resist. I didn't even really grow up on He-Man, but the artwork was killer. I couldn't pass it up. Couldn't pass it up. It's a giant print. Like, it goes all the way to the bottom. It's awesome. If the world didn't have FOMO, no one would have a good story. Right, 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 right. Yeah, to a certain extent. To a certain extent. So, Bungie said that that was an example of FOMO. Right, and they wanted to minimize FOMO. They didn't want people feeling like, oh my gosh, I have to log in every day, or I'm not going to get the thing done, I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss out, blah, 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 blah. Right? Daily log- login calendars, FOMO. Like, yeah, I don't really like what Splitgate does. Splitgate, you literally have to log in every day, and if you don't, you have to come back and repair the streak, right? You have to come back and repair the streak. streak. You have to spend currency to repair the streak. I'm not a real big fan of that. I don't like that. It's like, it's going to cost me currency. It's going to cost me in-game money to fix a streak. Uh... You know, the the it's gonna, it's, gonna, it's gonna fix this streak. I don't like that. I don't like feeling like there's a consequence and almost like a punishment, like a fee for all oh, you missed a day. Now, if you're like, oh, you missed a day, you didn't get the giveaway prize, you didn't get the free item that day. That's fine, but don't create a streak system where I'm like, I have to mechanically make sure and boot up your game every day. Like, I thought about it last night. I was like, oh, I should boot up Splitgate on my Xbox to maintain to maintain my streak. That, that, that's not organic engagement, you know. On Warframe, about 500 days behind on logins. Yeah, yeah. But that's not organic engagement if I feel like, oh, I better log in, boot up, click a button, and then shut the game down. Like, that, that's number one. Splitgate shouldn't want people doing that anyway with their server issues. You don't want me booting up the game and not even playing. I'm just I'm just hitting the login queue, hitting a button and then getting out. You know what I mean? Digging the posters today. Thank you. Yeah, we swapped out Ghost of Tsushima for a God of War and we did the Spider-Man one yesterday. So we're going to we're going to rotate one each day. So Yeah. Make sure you vote in the poll as well if you're new to the stream and maybe you just got here. Fortnite imposters, will it hurt among us? Curious what you guys think. Um, We barely talked about Outriders today and I'm totally fine with that. We will probably save that as a lead topic because I do think it is a really, really good topic about what's going on with Outriders. Um, Fortnite and Epic and Apple really took center stage today, and that is totally fine. I thought it was a really, really good discussion. So just to let you know, we are going to cover Outriders today. I'll do a little micro, but it will likely also be a lead um, 
because it's a big story I think what's going on with the royalties and maybe before we run that as a lead we can get some answers from people can fly or Square Enix about what's going on here like is there more content coming is the lack of royalties a contractual thing that's being misread by the news cycle did game pass hurt this game like it did it you know FOMO is like pay to win or predatory practices most don't actually know what those words mean right oh yeah oh yeah anytime microtransactions have come up in the in the in the past years this has always been a thing this has always been a thing people throw the terms around and they don't generally understand what they mean it's like that scene in the princess bride like you keep using that word but i don't think it means what you think it means i think i just keep saying inconceivable right well that, that happens a lot in the microtransaction discussion you know they buffed your devastator did they finally do it <laughs> did they finally buff him <clears throat> weapon stats etc totally 100% earnable but looks imagine the tmog I want transmog I said it earlier I want transmog and ghost of Tsushima because man he's got some because I see the trailers and he's wearing like a really cool straw hat or like the really really cool straw outfit that he wears in the one game reveal it's like red with like straw on his back he looks like he just crawled out of like a field like hiding oh my gosh I want to wear that but like all that armor is just like it's it's so bad it's you don't want to wear it late game because you lose a lot of really really great perks you know the, 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 I've worn armor now that I would rather wear another pair but I love the look of it because the other armor has like the the increased standoff you know you get to you get to kill you know how many people in the standoff it was like four or five um yes please the gasaku set is hideous hey i like that set isn't that the set i'm wearing i like that set i prefer some of the more um i prefer the ones where he looks like he's literally just in like a like almost like a robe he's got some really really good looking ones and uh, I would prefer to look like that. Just look like a something out of a movie. Like he just woke up, rolled out of bed, grabbed his swords, and just went out to de- to defend and and defeat the world. You know, I would love that. But they don't. They don't, they've not said anything about it. That's the one you run. Yeah, I don't run the mask, but I run everything else. I think he looks great. I think he looks like something out of like a a samurai movie. You know, I just don't like the helmet. I like the helmet. It does have kind of like the weird like flip out things on the side. It's a little it's a little showboaty. I like the one helmet I was wearing that had like the antlers. I thought that helmet was pretty dope. That helmet was pretty cool. Um, it uh, it had a, I felt like it had a good vibe. It was black and it was like, you know, it was kind of menacing looking. Um, I liked it. I thought it was dope. If you're new and haven't hit subscribe yet today, be sure to do that. Um, man, we got beat up today. What the frick, man? You wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it. The chat activity, the vibe was so on point. You guys have been killer, man. The poll was killer. Question submissions have been great. You know, 720 people have taken the poll. It's awesome. The Sakai Clan one. I like that one in all black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's really good. That one's really, really good. Um, I love the Kinsei set that's the one with the straw on his back I can't stray from the ghost armor though yeah ghost armor's good I don't think I have the Kinsei set how do you get the Kinsei set I'd like to get it maybe they'll add transmog later you can put some of the legends armor on the main game too yeah and then let you do transmog let you let you have your appearance and their and their and their perks separate in the in the main game you know 
We're here to take your poll. That's right. That's right. So I have three stories for you today. One is obviously Fortnite stealing from Among Us. The other is Cyberpunk Free DLC. And the other is Outriders potentially ruined by Game Pass and no more, you know, future Outriders. Um, I don't have a Halo Metal poster thing. No, we're going to try and make sure we have relevant ones to put on the wall. And so that's why we went with uh, Ghost of Tsushima. I don't have that one up right now, but I have a Ghost of Tsushima one. And so we're going to try and get, you know, I'll try and get a Metroid one uh, for Metroid Dread. We'll try and get a Halo one for Halo. Horizon, Horizon, you know, uh, Forbidden West, Hellblade, you know, all those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to make sure we have a full stock of like uh, all kind of different, um, all kind of different ones um, to, uh, to keep things keep things fresh in the background, you know. Um, Gothic spitting fireman. She's yeah. She's got another one. Um, any thoughts on the hate raids on purple? Oh, what'd she have to say? Um, I'm actually curious on what she has to say. Cause I, I've got my own opinion on that. Um, I've got my, I've got my own opinion on that. You going to cover aliens fire team? Yes. Yes, I am. Yeah. Uh, legends is dope because you actually earn cosmetics. No micros. Never take my hat off. Uh, for beating the nightmare mode. Oh, you got like a hat for beating nightmare mode. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Mm-mm-mm. Smash the poll and take a like. That's right. It's one of the blue quest lines. I forget what those are called. Maybe I have it and just never put it on cuz I I I wasn't take I wasn't changing my armor because of the perks. I may have done it. I did. I've done like everything in the lower island and almost everything on the second part. So I I don't think there's any blue quest lines left for me to do wait no there is one that I couldn't complete and maybe that's what it was it wanted me to do something and I couldn't go to the area yet it was like it, I would get attacked if I went to the area um, I forget what that area was but that definitely was a thing oh I did the quest oh so I probably have that armor yeah I love it I, I loved it from the uh, from the trailer um, I thought it was I thought it was good um Join the fun. I'll retweet that. That's a good little video from Gothics on Twitter. Uh, it doesn't get the straw until the second upgrade. Oh, maybe that's why I don't think that I have it. You have to upgrade it to get the straw, and I've not done that. I only upgraded the ones that I really, really liked. My only complaint about Ghost is that the map is way too big. By Act 3, I just want to beeline to the story because clearing the map was taking forever. I don't feel that's a legitimate criticism. (laughs) What upcoming game are you most excited for? Um... The director's cut for Ghost of Tsushima, Horizon Forbidden West, God of War Ragnarok, and Hellblade 2 are probably my biggest, my biggest titles. Um, Obviously, Halo Infinite, I think we're going to have a lot of fun with that, and I I really enjoyed my time with it. But those would be the ones that I would pick. Those ones look incredible. Yeah. Um, 
<clears throat> Hasn't the player base of Among Us dramatically declined? It's kind of had its its day anyway. Well, it certainly doesn't help when the game mode becomes available in another game that's even more popular. You know what I mean? Um, too big? He hasn't played an Assassin's Creed game lately. Yeah, like, go play Valhalla or Odyssey and then come talk to me. I don't think the map in Ghost of Tsushima is too big at all. <laughs> you know? Don't get me wrong, I still consider the game a masterpiece. Right, you need you need to play a game that really does have a map that's too big. Go play Valhalla or Odyssey. <laughs> Metroid on Switch in October for me. Yeah, Metroid Dread, I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to make sure and keep my expectations low, though. And, and let me explain what I mean. I've played some of the best Metroidvanias you can play. Both of the Ori games... Right? Hollow Knight, Sundered. I've played some of the best Metroidvanias ever created. And I'm worried whoever they had working on Metroid Dread, like, hopefully you had a really good team of people that understand what a modern Metroidvania looks like. I went to play Axiom Verge 2 the other day. Horrible Metroidvania, in my opinion, because... It plays like a regular Nintendo game. It's got this dated rigidity to it, and it's like, what? I don't. Why do I want to play a game that feels like it's 25 years old? Why? You know, it just doesn't feel good. And I'm worried. I hope Metroid Dread feels and flows really, really well as a Metroidvania. You know, hopefully they don't they don't fall into a weird rut. Like, yeah, we haven't really made one of these in a long time. Ghost has the right balance of side quests and overall playtime balance. Yeah, I think it's been very, very balanced. I agree with that. Um, maybe Crowsworn will be up there with them one day. Hmm. If I redownload Ghost, but being I can only have three games on the PS5 at once because of storage. Oh, you would redownload. What? That's an exaggeration. That's not how many games you can have. I have a lot of games installed. Recently, I did have to uninstall some stuff, but I had like Valhalla, Watch Dogs, Cyberpunk. I have a lot of games installed on my PS5. Like, I I don't know. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. Metroidvania aficionado. Yeah, and I think that's one of the problems is when you play lots of Metroidvanias and you play some of the best, it gets really, really hard to go play other ones. Because the minute, the minute that it doesn't do, it, the minute a Metroidvania isn't as good as Hollow Knight or Ori, I'm like, eh, you know what I mean? It's a ball, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of this, you know, it, it feels rough, doesn't feel good, feels sloppy, whatever. You can have way more than three games installed. What three games do you download? Black Ops, Modern Warfare, and Destiny 2. I don't, yeah, I don't have those installed, but yeah, those those are pretty big. Especially yeah, Call of Duty will eat. Yeah, if you got Call of Duty installed, that's a little bit unfair. That game is like three games in one, as far as size goes. Let's make Lono play the Cyberpunk tutorial again. Everyone go vote. Yeah, Dread has the same team that did Samus Returns in 2017. Will probably feel similar to that one. Okay. Gothic's take on the hate rating is that she hates how people are turning it into the oppression Olympics. Woe is me kind of thing, and if you can't handle trolls, then content creation isn't for you. Well, and there's two sides to it as well. I, there was a time 
where people would get really offensive whispers on the purple platform. And do you want to know what the easiest solution to that was? Setting whispers to friends only. It was like a super easy solution. But all these women wanted to tweet like, look at how hard it is to stream as a woman. And they would show these whispers. And everyone was like, why are your whispers open? Everyone always said the same thing. They're like, it's not your fault, but why are your whispers open? Everyone has shut down whispers to friends only because there were bots that were spamming. They were spamming like, like scams. There was hate. And then it's just pesky. Like, do you really want anybody to be able to whisper you? And every single time that suggestion came up, they were like, well, I like leaving it open because it's easier for me to interact with my mods or whatever. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. Just add them as a friend. It's like giving somebody your cell phone number, right? Right? Like, do you want them to be able to have an open line of communication with you or not? Well, then make them a friend. If they're your mod, if they're a fellow streamer, if they're somebody that you trust. And without fail, they wouldn't do it. A week would go by, and they'd be out there with another screenshot of hate. Oh yeah, here's somebody else sending me a hate whisper. It's like, turn your whispers to friends only. And here we are again. It's like, are any of you utilizing the incredible, robust suite of moderation and chat control on the platform because I gotta tell you I don't think they are I don't think they are if you set a follower limit to a couple of minutes or longer if you have slow mode turned on if you use your moderation tools to switch the chat immediately to emote only when it happens it's one or two people that are creating bots and bot accounts and you're giving them all this attention do you want to know what's happening because everyone is tweeting about it and complaining and showing the screenshots do you want to know what's happening more people are probably doing it because they're like this is great we can mess with these streamers and we end up you know getting getting a news article written about us it it like it do you see what i'm saying like it's like you're actually probably inviting it more like when they were posting the whispers. It's like, it's going to be a competition now. It's going to be a competition. People are going to try to whisper something offensive to you so that you tweet about it. And they're like, yeah, look, that was me. Yeah, got him. <laughs> look at that. All they have to do is create an alt account. Like, I don't know. Whispers are extremely useful and friends only kills 80% of the functionality. Whispers are not extremely useful for a streamer, Eugene. I completely disagree. Why on earth would you want to stream to 100 people and you have a chat and those 100 people can click a button and send you a private message? Why would you want to let people do that? Why? Zero filter. It pops up on your screen. Why would you want to let people do that? All they got to do is create an alt account and they can send something offensive to you and move on about their day and you have no idea who it was no idea it's not it doesn't have it's not a useful functionality if the gates are open that doesn't make any sense why why should i let any anybody use it that way they're for users right but you're not a user if you're a streamer you're not a you're not a general 
you know, normal chatter. You're you're using the platform to broadcast. You're visible. You're you're a target. You are. The the idea here that this is somehow a special case. It's like everybody deals with this. Everybody deals with bots and mean messages and nasty comments. And we use the tools at our disposal to minimize how much we see it. You're just making it very clear that it's open season on your whispers or open season on your chat, especially when you're going to go run to Twitter and cry about it. You're just inviting it. You're like, this is how you get me riled up. This is how you ruin my day. You know, is it wrong and disgusting and awful? Of course it is. And one of the best things you can do is not pour gas on the fire, right? This is one of those times where it's like a grease fire, okay? You think instinctively to pour water on it. Nope. You smother it. You smother a grease fire. And hate on the internet is like a grease fire. You can choose to pour water on it seems instinctively like the right thing to do in the moment but all it does is make it spread you have to smother it and the best way to smother hate on the internet is to do your absolute best to give it zero quarter you don't entertain it you don't talk about it you don't address it you just emote only boom make it a hot key on your on your stream deck shuts it down right follower only mode they got to follow for a minute it shuts a lot of these bots down immediately because they're not coded to interact with a stream like that. They're going into streams where it's easy to be like, clink, boom, and then the chat's just going crazy. You're missing that some of them enjoy showing how hated so that others give them sympathy. They don't take steps to stop it because deep down they enjoy the attention it produces. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. This is exactly why you should be suspicious of people that continue to do this. It's like, do you actually think this is bad and evil or are you leveraging hate, the hate of others for popularity? Because that is equally nasty, right? You, If it's awful and it's hateful and it's terrible and it's regressive, leveraging that for growth and attention and clicks is that is that a good thing is that virtuous i don't think so <laughs> i don't think so why are you giving these hateful awful people a bullhorn why you got a platform 10,000 followers 20,000 however many why are you giving these people a platform give it no quarter it doesn't happen it doesn't exist they're nothing you know don't give it any attention because more than likely, these people that have been tweeting about it, posting clips, and and, and, and and drawing attention to it, guaranteed they're getting more traction, attention, and hate because of it. it, it it's, it's water on a grease fire. I'm bringing attention to this so that they do something. I'm being a leader. I'm sacrificing myself. No, they're not. Because here's the thing. Purple already has things in place to stop this they do now do they on the back end need to control account creation better sure when all of a sudden 50 accounts get made with similar names and similar patterns that should be setting off red flags and those accounts should be immediately stopped like immediately put in some kind of probationary period like 
whoa, 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 wait a minute here. What in the heck is going on? Like, what? why did we just have 50 accounts made with almost identical names and a couple of characters have changed? Like, they need an algorithmic detection system to say, bing, wait a minute, all these accounts need to be verified by email before they can talk in a chat because something's going on. Something fishy's going on, right? If you get more clicks, why wouldn't you? Well, but it exposes it exposes the fake virtue then, Eugene. Do they really care about the issue or are they leveraging the issue for clicks? It calls into question the integrity and the honesty of the person, in my mind. Hate the game, not the player? No. Hate the game, call out the player, right? I can hate the game, and I can call out a player for abusing the system. I can call out a player that's flopping. I can call out a player that's faking an injury, right? Oh, it's part of the game. Hate the game, not the player. Sure, but I can call him out for basically being a fraud. Like, you're not injured. Your ankle's fine. Stop it. Get up. Right? Wouldn't Purple want those accounts, though, to bump up their potential ad impression numbers? Well, no, because there's a third-party company that, that, that vets the views of and impressions of ads. Purple knows if they ran reports, they know who uses, they know who uses view bots because they're not paid the correct amount of ad revenue. Like, their view count's up here, but they're paid as if their view count's down here. Why? Because to protect themselves from litigation, they have a third-party company that vets all impressions of ads to make sure they're legitimate. Like, if some guy pays for ViewBots and he's streaming to 10,000 people a day, 2,000 people a day, he ain't getting paid as if that's real. Because there's a a third-party company that vets that to protect Purple from any kind of litigation. Like, uh, Instagram is dealing with this. Instagram has, has paid billions, billions to fake impressions. Like, a lot of the ad revenue generated on Instagram is, is, it ain't looking good for them. Right? It's a monetized platform. They've got to get better about that. Their account creation, uh, stolen content, and bot account problem is massive on Instagram. It's an enormous problem. So, they can still watch videos, just make it to where you have to verify email to talk in chat. You know what's funny, Savage Sharkbite? That's a feature that the streamer can turn on. You can literally say, I only want verified accounts to talk in my chat. Right? There are barriers that you can set up to protect yourself from this kind of thing. There are. And over the years, I've always watched the people that for one reason or another, okay, for one reason or another, they they just, their chat and their whispers are open season. They let people send them messages on Instagram. They let people send them messages on Twitter. Why? Because they want to screenshot the hate and be like, look at the look at look 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 at me. Look at poor me. People do it with YouTube comments all the time. Instead of deleting the hate and moving on, they screenshot the hate. And they're like, look at the hate that I have to put up with. You know? When all those streamers got banned for suggestive streams, if people ignored it, it would have been devastating for them. They feed on the PR, even if the bad keeps them in the news loop and relevant. Right. Well, and what's crazy about that platform is you're supposed to be permanently banned on your fourth, right? Unless you unless you get banned for a background deal like me. But you're supposed to get permanently banned for four, okay? There is somebody recently, and she 
finally lost her partnership because she had been banned for the sixth time. You want to talk about nepotism, favoritism, and and a company that's just right for an investigation of fraud and mistreatment of people it's that platform (laughs) the sixth ban it took six to finally lose the partnership gee yeah real fair execution of the rules over there yeah yeah married man five-year partner supports his family boom gone permanent no conversation no dialogue not a single email zero investigation Oh, this person? It's their sixth ban. Well, yeah, we'll take their partnership now. Yeah, we, we think it's time. <laughs> so inconsistent. So the, 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 the be better, the be better hate raid situation, it's like, I don't know what else they could do to equip you as a streamer to manage and moderate your chats, but they've given you a ridiculous amount of control, and it doesn't sound like you're using it right sure they need to do something about account creation that's always been a problem right people create just they use bots to just create accounts and then they use them for follow bots they use them for things like this nefarious hate rating right so i in my in my mind at this moment the only thing they could do is they can't equip you any better to manage a live chat. Their moderation tools are actually very stellar, okay? All they can do is at an account creation level start flagging these accounts and limiting their limiting their ability and power until it's a verified email or something. Like Purple could say, "Look, there's clearly a pattern here. These bots are it, 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 they'll 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 pick an offensive name, they'll spell it phonetically, and then like a few characters at the end change or something, right? You also have to have... Where are the accounts being created? Is it that is it that elaborate that they're creating them from, like, multiple emails and multiple IPs? Like, how elaborate is this bot, is this bot situation? How are you not catching these accounts before they get, you know, into, into a chat? It just seems crazy to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, tattoos. Exactly. So, I I, uh, I I think Gothics is on point. I think she's on point. I think it is. It's becoming, it's becoming a race to the bottom of who is who is the most attacked, who is the most, you know, oppressed. That's becoming the race because that's where all the social capital is right now. There's so much social capital in being. In, in, in being on the other end of, of mean or, or, or mean people or hate. Like, if you're on the other end of that, that's, that, is, that is right now, there's so much social capital, so many clicks, so much sympathy, and so much support that comes from it. Now, what these people have to ask is, how do I maintain that? Right? That's not a brand. But that's not value. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? So you're because you're going to get hooked on the attention, the clicks, the impressions, and the growth. You're going to get hooked on that. It's going to feel really good. You know, yeah, the oppression Olympics. That's going to feel really, really good. But you can't do that long term. 
You're going to have to start to manufacture situations. You know, I start to see people get caught doing it. It's, it's fake, right? What if it's fake? Like, I'm not saying in this situation it is, but long term that could start to happen. You can start to see people putting stuff out there that's totally fake and manufactured, that they're the ones doing it. Because why? Well, that's their brand now. Their brand is poor me. Look at the look at the hate I have to endure every day. Well, that becomes part of your brand. That becomes part of like what makes people support you. This happened with getting partnered. People would make their entire brand about getting partnered, and then they would get partnered, and it's like, well, that's your brand. Now that you're partnered, what do you have to offer? What are we what are we rallying behind? You know? <clears throat> Look at the state of cheating in games and how it's blowing up. It's because they get featured in people's videos and clips. Now, I don't think that's why vid- cheating in video games is blowing up. You know. It's like what happened with you. So many people cashed in with fake crap. Right. See, now you're starting to see. You're starting to see the pattern. The minute that becomes social capital, the minute that becomes a power grab, people make things up. People make up stories. People embellish. Why? Oh, so it's an easy way. Oh, poor you. Oh, we'll support you. And it works. Oh, it works for a time. And then the bottom falls out. And all that's left is misery and the realization that you don't really have anything worth watching or consuming. You, know, you don't have anything. You don't have a brand. You don't have value. All you have is, is, is faux victimhood, fake victimhood. That's all you've got. And the minute that runs out, the minute that ticket runs out, what are you going to do? What's your, what's your next play? This is why it's a rotating door right now. That's that's the rotating door is who's the next victim that everybody needs to rally around and retweet and 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 hashtag it up. It's 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 becoming a it's becoming a like a it's just a carousel. Who's up next? Cheating is blowing up because companies exist that make it easy. Right. It's about accessibility. When I was growing up, the guys that cheated in Quake and stuff, like, you had to go on, like, the back end of forums and, you know, different IRC chats and stuff to try to find them. You couldn't, like, go to a a, a website and, like, yeah, I'll take a cheat, please. <laughs> I'll take a I'll take a cheat. Like, it's so accessible. Super, super accessible. It's and and it spreads because you get you get killed by a cheater a couple of times. Well, then maybe you might consider cheating, you know. And then once you start cheating, you probably can't stop because you feel like it's the only way you're going to get anywhere. It's the only way you're going to get kills, you know. We need thirty more likes for four hundred likes. Don't forget to use my code for this dispensary. Why you feel bad for me? Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> When I was growing up, cheats were built into the game. That's right. That's right. When we were growing up, you either did Game Genie or you did like up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, select, start. Like you had to do the, you had to do the secret codes, right? The cheats were there. You just had to know, you just had to know what they were. Yeah, that's right. I could make 30 fake accounts and give you likes no don't do that you never want to do that you never want to be breaking tos you're risking your your genuine account when you do that i know you're joking but still we don't we don't ever want to endorse that like it's not worth it a lot of the times when people have like milestone giveaways and stuff that's what will happen 
is people will just push them over the milestone to get the giveaway and then they'll either unfollow or you know they got them there with a bunch of fake accounts that's why you don't want to do that kind of stuff like follower milestone giveaways and stuff it's just it's just a, such a slippery slope you're never going to actually get to the top of the hill you're just slip sliding to the bottom uh, when they had a tips and tricks magazine they had all the cheat codes catalog in the back yeah 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 I forget how we learned about cheats. Was did Nintendo Power do that too? I'm like trying to remember how we learned about cheat codes and stuff like Contra and stuff. You know, BA Start. I thought it was BA Select Start. In any case, in any case, I forget how we learned that. Maybe somebody told us. It might have been in, in Nintendo Power, right? It's 100% turned into. Look at the hate. Insert marginalized group has to deal with. Purple protect us, all while they're refusing to use the protection Purple has already given them. Right. Those were valid cheats. Right, 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 that's what he's saying. Back in my day, cheats were already in the game. Like, that's that's the joke, right? That's the joke. Is you know, back in my day, you know. <laughs> uh. Um... Didn't we re- didn't we reach a point in social media and online gaming that publishers need legal help of the countries because a ban means nothing? Well, and that's what there's a there's a Ubisoft there's a bungee Ubisoft lawsuit where they are um, attempting to argue that if you cheat in their game, you are essentially disrupting a contractual relationship that they have with their um, with it, it, you're, you're disrupting a contractual relationship that's what they're arguing and the reason they're trying to argue it is very simple because when you agree to the EULA you're hoping to be able to play that game and have all this and have a relationship with the developer uninterrupted right and someone else is coming in and disrupting that relationship you know back in my day you would go to the back of the book uh, you would go to the book fair and get a book of cheat codes for a bunch of games uh, oh, that's right. There were there were books you could buy with cheat codes in them. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roblox is now worth more than Ubisoft and Take Two combined. What does it mean for gaming? Yeah, that game. I, that is insane. What they came up with. I that I, that game looks just so bad. Really? They go now against the cheaters, not the cheat providers? That's interesting. Well, no. The lawsuit is against the cheat company, Jacko. But baked into the lawsuit is a clause that they're trying to argue people who use the cheats are guilty of a contractual disruption. And then you could be charged a fee, fine, or something. I don't know. You you could fall under litigation. Like, hey, you're disrupting our, our user base by using that cheat. What will it take for the culture to change, though? For that fake victimhood to lose its currency? I mean, I don't know. I, the the culture is only going to shift when... I, don't, I think the culture is only going to shift when people start to see just how fake it all is. But that's part of the problem, right? We like watching movies and TV shows, reading books, playing video games, because it's all fake, it's all phony. And social media and Twitter and Instagram are now blurring the lines between the two. So it's almost as if like it's like a real life video game with good and bad actors and 
real and true villains. You see what I'm saying? Like, the line is blurred. It's not reality. It's an alternate reality where in this reality, this is true and this is where power comes from. Just like in a video game, right? Like, the rules are set. Where does power come from? How do you advance and get more power? How do you level up? Where do you spend your skill points? Like, Twitter, especially, is is, is almost like a virtual reality game where the rules are being kind of made up as we go. It's like the biggest game of Calvin Ball social experiment that I've ever seen. It's like every week the rules are different. Every month somebody's in trouble for something that was not a big deal a long time ago and now it is. Right? It's it is. It's it's, it's like an it's like a living breathing virtual reality game of social Calvin ball. Like the rules are just kind of made up as we go. And and whoever can convince the largest group of people that this is what should happen, that is what happens. That's why I said yesterday like don't act like it's it's virtuous or righteous to like end a contract with somebody cuz you're only doing it because a larger group convinced you to. That's mob rule. That's not supply and demand. That's not good business practice. That's just mob rule, right? If enough people show up to a place of business and they they're 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 disrupting and they're being awful and hateful and threatening to light the store on fire unless you fire this employee. You didn't fire that employee out of some sense of rightness or virtue or righteousness. You did it out of fear. You're like, "Oh my gosh, they're going to burn the building down." Sorry, we got to let you go. We got to let you go, James. And no one claps. Yeah. Good job. You did the right thing. That's not what they do. They high-five each other. The celebration is more about, yep, we did it. We took that person down. Got him. No one says, good job, such and such company. You did the right thing. Why? Because that's not what it was about to begin with. It was a bully tactic to get a desired result is all it was. Threat of pain. It's abuse, right? Threat of pain to get a desired result. That's what abuse is. You you threaten a significant other or a child or something with, with threat of pain to get a desired result and that's all it is it's just mob rule it's oh well we can we can get this done through mob rule and it's never going to go away until people unplug from it and realize they're playing a, 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 a dangerous a dangerous game with real life consequences you are really and truly damaging people you are hurting and harming people their psychology their well-being their future, their children's future, all in the name of what? Not in the name of goodness or social improvement. No, it, no, no, it's none of that. It's all about power. It's just power. It's all it is. It's all it's ever been about. Anytime you let mob rule determine something, and it has nothing to do with the truth. It has nothing to do with what's right or wrong. Mob rule has always been about power. Whether you study it historically, you could study it in in a micro way, like with, you could go to places where there's like tribal warfare, you go to macro level and look at like political things, cultural things, global politics, whether you zoom all the way out or all the way in, it's always the same thing. When it's dictated by mob rule, it's not about right, wrong, facts, truth, or due process, it's 
it's just a power grab and whoever can get the most people to shout and scream and 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 raise the pitchforks in the air that's who wins i don't know if you're going to change that anytime soon because they love it they relish in the fact that the city's on fire right like you basically have firefighters setting fires <laughs> they're they're keeping themselves in business they enjoy that the world is on fire they help set it on fire they pour gas on it but then they show up and pretend of like we're going to fight we're going to we're going to we're going to fight this fire together and everyone's going to think that we're awesome and good well I, how do you change that Right, the inmates are running the asylum. Like the, the 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 firefighters are lighting the city on fire. Like, how do you change that? I don't know how you change that, other than trying to draw people's attention to it. My wife says they sell matches and make money on it too. Right. <laughs> Can't wait for the personal channel. I appreciate it. So I. The only thing you can do is try and do what Gothics is doing and others are doing. Just try and have conversations to raise people's consciousness and awareness to be like, you're taking part in something that isn't good. It's just purely, it is purely and utterly destructive and awful. You've not made the world a better place. How is the world any better in the last year? How many people do we have to cancel and psychologically harm and financially damage before we realize like you're not doing anything you're not making the world better you aren't you're burning people's houses down and then and then moving on to the next that's all you are you are a destructive force not a force for good you're 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 not you're not a force for for improvement or progress or healing you know seven more we need seven more likes context collapse I mean, I would think, yeah, I would think they, 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 this is unsustainable, right? I don't think it's a sustainable model of, of public, uh, cultural existence. My wife said seven more coffee bags. No, babe. We sold three bags, babe. One order. People like to think that humanity is progressing. I think not. We're the same as we've always been, and we always will be. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think when, when, when I, when I study, you study like the history books, right? And my wife is reading a book about like Tolkien and Lewis and the war and anthropological views of the time, the views of man, like science was influencing the political thinkers of the day and the philosophers of the day they thought that you could you could develop like a super a super person if you did the right things the right things right driven by what they thought was forward thinking and progress scientific discovery and it led to horrible treatment of people right why because science on its own doesn't there's no scientific test to tell you a person has inherent value and deserves to be treated with in, you know, dignity and respect. There's no scientific test for that. There isn't. Science doesn't say that. Science doesn't. Science, a scientific discovery can be horrible if, if wielded improperly because it's not, it's not inherently on its own like kept in check. What keeps it in check? 
external authoritative rule to say, yeah, you can't do that. That's bad, right? Some of the scientific discoveries have led to incredible things, right? Like life expectancy of people at a certain age and the ability to do, you know, to fix a broken bone and modern dentistry. Like we've made great discoveries, right? And we've, we've, we've done really, really good things to advance those fields. But some of those fields led to just horrible thinking. But you would, you would look back and think like, but at the time they thought this is forward thinking, this is progress. The idea that nowadays, like what we think is progress, it's like, you're going to look back in 20 or 30 years and be like, look how many people's lives were ruined and decimated based on false, not just completely untrue things. But the mob thought we're, we're forward thinking. This is progress. This is the right thing to do. It's no different. It's no different. It's the people who are at the forefront think this is progress, this is right, this is good, and it's significantly destructive. And and yet, and yet, it's justified. The whole road is paved with justification. Like, oh, they're just justifying. Like, oh, yeah, we're allowed to do this because we're right, right? The minute you have people that believe they have the moral high ground and are therefore in a position to do and act however they want, that is far more terrifying than any of the people that they're attacking. It's not scary to me to think there are people who are ignorant and they hate other people. That's not that scary. It isn't. It's not that scary. It's a reality that we live with. It's ugly and it's awful, but it's not that scary. What's scary is when a group of people decide we have the moral high ground. We can do no wrong. That is scary because then you are essentially giving people a, 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 I guess like a an axe to just wield however they feel and all that ends up happening is unchecked unchecked destruction just, just unchecked destruction just yeah just, just wipe that person off the social platform off the social existence get them out of here you know some of the best discoveries can lead to awful things. Right. It's a good thing, and this is a good thing. When you start to lean all in on them, it goes bad. Science without ethics is bad, and full-blown zealotry is bad as well. Right. Right. And this is the dilemma that we have right now, is the social climate cannot think in the gray. Right? You cannot, they cannot think in the gray. It's all or nothing. As you just said, it's all or nothing, and that leads to that leads to bad things. And right now, the culture is ill-equipped to handle any big subjects. Any big subject, they're just ill-equipped. Zero nuance, zero thoughtfulness. It's all or nothing. No gray. Everything's black and white. Right, they go hand in hand, Eugene. Right, the opposite monster is growing, right? an equal monster is growing there's the hateful thinking they have the moral high ground and then there's the people over here that think well we're not like that we have the moral high ground both groups are developing a sense of superiority that turns into just basically it's just cultural warfare at that point (laughs) it's just that's what it is it's just each side fighting for what they think is right and actually there's like 18 different sides on on this coin because there's 
There's every group thinks they are the group that is right. And they're allowed to wield their their hammer and their judgment as ruthlessly as they want because, well, we have the moral high ground. We're the ones, we're the right ones. We're the correct ones. And it's awful because all it does is shut down conversation. There's no progress. There's no discussion. There's no learning. There's no gray. There's no gray. There's choose a side and swing until the other side gives up or is smaller than you. You know, the cultural pendulum swings that way, right? You just study study that for a while. Like, study how the cultural pendulum swings where, boom, this group's in power. Yeah. And then this other group's like, oh, we don't like them. And then, whoop, it swings to the other side. I, I saw a guy commentating on this once and he's like, I just hope I'm dead by the time it happens again. He's like, it's, it's exhausting. <laughs> it's exhausting, the cultural swings. No. And then they say this isn't about cancel culture as if that makes it true. The, the only people who defend cancel culture and dress it up as not cancel culture are the people that do it. <laughs> it's like nobody else does that. Nobody's like, no, it's not cancel culture. Like the only people that say it's not cancel culture are the ones that take part in it. They're the ones that are like, this isn't cancel culture. It's it's public accountability. But then you're not allowed to hold them publicly accountable. Why? As we just said, they think they have the moral high ground. They can do no wrong. You're not allowed to come over their public comments and their public behavior and call them to account or private behavior. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to do that because they're in another, they're another status. They're in a special class, you know, because they're right. So what they did is good. It's public accountability. But if you comb over their behavior and their comments, deleted VODs, deleted tweets, whatever, well, that's that's not allowed. In college, my psych professor gave us a scenario of moral duality and asked us to find a way for both people to win. No one could do it. Right. I can flip it. It's only cancel culture when it happens to you. The new Puritan. Right. Well... Yeah, it's only bad when it happens to you. That's right. It's only mean and awful and hateful. Right. That's right. Great discussion, great community. Thank you, Two Bob Lee. Yeah, Two Bob Lee asked a question here. Are you going to check out the new Cyberpunk 2077 1.3 update? I covered it and reported on it, and it just, it isn't, it, it's not a big enough update for me to boot the game up and play it. It just isn't, you know? People were fine doing it to others for the past 50 years, but when it got flipped on them, it became cancel culture. Well, that's a bigger discussion, though. I, I, I think cancel culture gets hijacked now and used as a, oh, this is cancel culture, if anybody comes after them. Right? Like, if you're a public figure, and you're acting like a moron and saying stupid stuff, and people are like, can you explain these comments that you made on Twitter or in this interview or in this video? Can you explain yourself? You know, why are you saying these hateful things? Well, this is cancel culture. No, it's not. Like what? It's gets it gets it gets it gets abused. It gets overused now. There was the guy who got caught cheating in the derby and he called it cancel culture. It was like, this isn't cancel culture. You got caught cheating. What are you talking about? You what do you <laughs> You didn't win. You didn't win. What do you mean? This isn't cancel culture. 
it gets hijacked all the time now if somebody's suffering consequences for their mistake or behavior they're like well this is cancel culture happens all the time now it is being hijacked as a term which the people that like to wield it love that because then it loses its meaning it doesn't it, it doesn't have any meaning anymore right so they can ruin people and make them lose their endorsements and damage them financially and psychologically and they're like they get to dust their hands off and walk away they're like yeah cancel culture is kind of a nebulous term now people overuse it and and it doesn't really have the same meaning and punch so yeah no one's really going to come for us um uh, what is this? I think you misunderstood this. You said yesterday you defend some of Rise of Skywalker. I'd love to hear your defense. No, I defend elements of Force Awakens. The first vi- the first movie I can defend, I can defend the most. The second and third are really hard to defend. Second especially. Yeah, you're sending me to prison for murder? This is cancel culture. That's right. That's right. Like getting banned for cheating in a video game, right? That's not cancel culture. You got banned because you were cheating, right? Cancel culture is banning from an, a game, someone from a game as an act of targeted abuse and then hurting their business. That's cancel culture, right? Breaking the rules and cheating in a video game and getting banned from the video game is not cancel culture. Being targeted as an act of aggression, attack, and power abuse to ban from a, someone from a game and never tell them why, because they didn't break any of the rules. That's cancel culture. There's a giant difference. And see, they want to blur the line, because then you can hit both, and it's just accountability, or I- as long as those lines get blurred, it gets harder and harder to call it what it is. It's just hateful people being hateful, and just dressing it up as well, we're doing the right thing. To defend any of the new Star Wars trilogies is a betrayal. Right. Uh, I feel like Lono's going to come through my monitor every time he leans forward for food. Oh, is it that bad? Is it scary? (laughs) Uh. Is it easier for you to defend the prequels or the sequels more? The only one in the bunch that I can really defend is Force Awakens. Outside of that, I have a really hard time defending any of them. I, they're, they're, there's so much to dislike and criticize you know what I mean it's just too it's too difficult to find anything really redeeming about, about any of them I just, Force Awakens just felt like a nice homage, a nice setup, a nice trajectory you know, and then everything after just didn't, didn't just didn't work, and the prequels I just, the prequels are just awful I just there's I, I it's so hard for me to defend them. Every time I watch them, it's like they get worse. It's like they don't age like wine; they age like milk. It's like the older they get, and the more I watch them, the worse they get. You know what I mean? It's just bad. So, guys, make sure and smash like if you haven't already. We only need five more likes to 400. I'm gonna take a very very brief break. I'm gonna go upstairs, use the restroom. If you guys want to continue submitting questions, maybe more AMA, more off topic, you can do that now. We're kind of on the tail end of the show. And I'm going to have some food. I'll be right back.
Oh, rat. But here's what people's thoughts on the OG trilogy are if it released today. Yeah. I bet it would go in the same order. People would think the middle movie is the strongest. Gilly, laws are certainly developed by a majority rule, but there's a process, right? And the reason we have a process is because groups of people can get things wrong. Do you have a dream car? No, I'm not really a car guy. Yeah, I didn't really have any problems with Ray. You know, people say she's a Mary Sue or whatever. Like, if you go back and you see just how little training Luke got, I never understood that that debate. Like, I always thought we were supposed to believe there was innate ability and power and strength, and that's what makes the character so interesting. Just a farm boy. But seemingly has impeccable reflexes and is a really good pilot right and instinctively can can have a blast shield down and like block laser blasts like he spends five minutes with Obi-Wan in the Millennium Falcon and people are like yeah he got training I'm like no he didn't he, he got almost no training now he did get training with Obi-Wan. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Yoda. He did get training with Yoda, and the concept of time there is really weird. Apparently, he's supposed to be there for, like, weeks or months or something, and it doesn't seem like it. It seems like he's there for, like, a weekend trip with Yoda, and you're like, that's all the training he got? Like, the passage of time in The Empire Strikes Back isn't super clear. I remember watching it and always thinking, like, man, that was barely anything. Like, he ran around, raised some rocks, and then that was the end of it. But, like, with her, 
it's like nobody can accept the fact that like she figures some of it out on her own like who trains Luke on how to pull the lightsaber out of the snow right who trains him how to do that he pulls a lightsaber out of the snow in a moment of desperation in a moment of I'm going to die if I don't do this nobody trained him on how to do that nobody he hasn't gone to see Yoda yet he hasn't he hasn't had the vision about you will go to the Dagobah system he hasn't had that vision yet and yet he can whoop he can pull the lightsaber out of the snow Ben when did Ben teach him that he he trains him for literally a few minutes on the on the Millennium Falcon and then they get to the Death Star and then that's the end of it Ben dies Luke blows the Death Star up from what five minutes of training he turns his tracking system off. Reach out. Trust the force. N- no training on how that looks, on what that's like. He just does it. Nobody cares. Nobody has a problem with that. Not a single person watched A New Hope and was like, I don't know about that, dude. I don't know. Ah, he blew the Death Star up, turned his tracking thing off. Just, and He didn't have any training. How did he do that? How'd he suddenly just fly an X-Wing like it was nothing? Like, he's just a he's just a good pilot because he flew around on Tatooine? She's a master swordsman, though? No, she's not. You watch the first time she fights with a lightsaber, it's rough, it's raw, it's not practiced, and yet, it kind of makes sense, she grew up as an orphan around a deadly environment and she protected herself with hands-on training like she's she grows up learning how to stay alive with with a with a with a with a uh, a staff i you know what i'm saying i don't know like it, seeing someone grow up in an environment where they have to, to protect themselves with hands-on melee combat i wouldn't be like there's no way that she's going to be good with a lightsaber. It's why we accept the fact that Luke is a good pilot. Why? Because he grows up in an environment where he's commonly flying around. And he talks about when the guy's like, that's impossible. It's too small of a target. No one's going to hit that. And Luke's like, oh, I did that all the time. Why? Innate ability of the Force complementing his, you know, his, his pilot abilities. She grows up in an environment where... She can clearly whoop tail with that staff. You put a sword in her hand, she's not going to be like, what do I do with this? Kylo is shot, and to act like Rey, who hasn't had years of self-defense training, living as a scavenger on a hostile planet, is intellectually disingenuous. That's what I'm saying. Like, Kylo is injured, and she literally, from the time she was like my daughter's height to adulthood, has to protect herself in a hostile environment with with hand-to-hand combat and she's pretty freaking good at it when you first meet her she's using that staff and she is whooping on people with it and you hand her a lightsaber and kylo's leg is jacked and we're supposed to think oh no yeah she'd be she, she, she wouldn't be able to wield that lightsaber no way and again, there is a mysteriousness to the force that is present in these movies 
Why is it that Luke touches a lightsaber and almost instantly can reach out and go bling, bling, bling and block stuff with the blast shield down? He's never touched a lightsaber before. He has no hand-to-hand training at all. And yet he can block shots within like 30 seconds of being trained. Why? You just think, well, it's the force. He's, he's got the Jedi blood, you know? Why was he able to turn his tracking monitor off and blow up the Death Star with zero training on how to reach out to the Force and use the Force piloting an X-Wing? Why was he able to do that? It's just the mystery of the Force. The Force bringing about what is to be. If you accept the mythology of the Force, there's no problem with how they frame Rey in the first movie. None at all! He's like a direct parallel to Luke grows up in a terrible desert environment, learns to survive, and that survival, complemented by the Force, gives her innate abilities. It's the same story. It's practically one-to-one. Luke successfully does something at the end of the first movie in a way that seems kind of crazy. It's like, oh my gosh, this little farm boy just blew up a space station because he heard a voice that told him to turn off his tracking computer. And Ray, similar thing, just grew up as a scavenger and somehow manages to be good with a lightsaber. Like, you see what I'm saying? That's another reason it sucks. I liked it. I liked it paralleling the first movie. I thought that was a cool way to kind of like restart the series. It shows that the universe is cyclical. I don't know. I liked it. Anakin, Luke, Ray. Yeah, they all have similar stories. Desert, planet, and they have these weird innate abilities. Anakin can drive uh, a pod racer. And they use that. They talk about how you must have incredible reflexes to be able to do that. Most humans couldn't do pod racing. There are no other humans racing. He's a child. But because Ray's a woman, we're like, hang on a minute. She's a total Mary Sue. If she's a Mary Sue, then so is Luke and Anakin. That's all it takes to be a Mary Sue. Then both Luke and Anakin are Mary Sues because they they have almost identical origin stories. They're almost identical. To the point that that's what I thought they were trying to argue in the movie. I thought they were trying to argue that, like, the universe is cyclical. It just repeats itself. The cycle of the force is repeating itself. That's what it felt like. Yeah, the I'm a Skywalker thing was kind of dumb. I did. Nope, nobody right now can point to definitive points of time in the story where Luke and Anakin somehow how got an extra dose of training and preparation for the crap that they do. They're not in a special class. Like they have the they they all have identical origin stories. To the to the point that that's why people didn't like Force Awakens because they were like it's it's New Hope. 
with with a different cast. Like a lot of people thought that. Yes, I can. So you think Luke's training on the Millennium Falcon was significant enough to make sense of him blowing up the Death Star and being able to pull his lightsaber out of the snow. Which to me are the equivalents of what Rey does in the first movie. She's not that impressive. She figures out in a moment of panic that she can use force abilities, right? She has innate force abilities that she uses with her mind because she's she's being mind probed and like that part of her wakes up. Similarly, Luke's like, I can pull this lightsaber out of the snow. I've never done this before, but here we go. If I don't, I'm dead. Same thing. Survival instinct motivates the use of the Force. Blowing up of the Death Star. The survival instinct, the need, the pressure. The the Force brings these moments about. And, and Obi-Wan is there to kind of say it to him, like, turn your tracking system or reach out or whatever. Right? But... They don't show that there's this significant passage of time. Like, well, they were on the Millennium Falcon for weeks and Obi-Wan put him through drills. No, he literally shows him and looks like, I could really feel something. Like, that's the extent of it. Didn't crack the earth in half? I don't remember. Did the, is that is that Rey or is that Rey and Kylo being in proximity using the Force? Or so I thought something else was going on. She doesn't do that with the Force, does she? I thought there was an explosion that caused that. Didn't they put a bunch of bombs in the place that caused that? I don't think the force caused that. No, she doesn't do that. They're destroying the place. They have bombs go off. Yeah, the planetary destruction was what they were there to do. That's why that's why uh, that's why Han dies. That's why Kylo gets shot. They're all there to do that. No oh, man, she's that powerful? No, that's not it. They were blowing up that weapon, and the weapon was basically built into the planet itself. There was no force involved in that. Yeah, Gilly, and you know what's funny is a lot of people didn't like The Empire Strikes Back. They didn't like the cliffhanger aspect of it. They definitely leave you hanging at the end of Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back was disliked and criticized by by the audience at the time, and now it's like the favorite. It's like the fan favorite of the three. No, I never played Final Fantasy 15, huh?
Starkiller base, it was blowing up in the same way as the Death Star was. Right, they're blowing up from the inside, yeah. Anakin was trained for years. It may have been off screen, but obviously you see him age and grow into a Jedi Knight. No, 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 no. I was talking about his origin story, Gape. I'm not talking about once he's once he's with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. That's not what I'm talking about. Anakin, when you first meet him as a boy, a young little teeny boy that they call Annie, has innate skills and abilities that are inexplicable. He can drive in a pod race. No other humans are in the pod race, and Qui-Gon comments on it. The reflexes required to do that are, are not human. There's something special about him. He has the force and an innate technical ability to drive the pod race, to drive the pod, and to make it, and to make C-3PO. Like, he's, he's like a savant. He just makes a protocol droid? What the frick? Who taught him how to do that? Who? He's a kid. Innate. Excuse me. Innate ability complemented by the force. That's the narrative. That's what makes him interesting. Who is this young boy that can create and drive a pod, a pod race, and, and have the reflexes and make a protocol droid? He's a kid. Right? Luke Skywalker. Similar storyline. Nothing special about him, and yet somehow he touches a lightsaber, jumps in an X-Wing, and he can do all these phenomenal things and save the day after training with Obi-Wan for less time than a Seinfeld episode, and here he is, savior of the day. Ray, same storyline. Imagine she's a dude. She grows up in a terrible environment. Nothing special about her, and yet she's got these weird innate abilities both with the force and technically with 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 hand-to-hand combat. But we reject that and say, "Oh, she's a Mary Sue." What the frick? Not she's literally identical to Luke and Anakin. She's a, they're identical stories. Exactly, Anakin sucks too. Okay, so if you're taking issue with that then, you're taking issue with it as a storytelling mechanic that having somebody plain and boring who is suddenly super interesting and has these innate abilities, you don't like that as a storytelling mechanic. I mean, that's fine, but that's how they tell the stories of these these Jedi, these these interesting figures in the universe. Yeah, I saw the Star Wars Visions trailer. It looks pretty dope. You have to understand what else happens in Force Awakens. She has a connection to Skywalker's lightsaber. She's cut from the same cloth. She's a Skywalker. You'll never convince me that she wasn't. That was the original plan. The original plan was that she was special, mysteriously strong, and innate abilities were present. Why? Because she's just like Luke and Anakin. That was the story arc they were setting up. It was clear as day. Why would she have a connection to Sky to, to Anakin's lightsaber? By the way, Anakin's. She has a connection to his lightsaber. What the frick? That doesn't make any sense. It makes sense. 
if she's from that same lineage, if she's from that same line, the idea that there is something innate here, something inexplicable. Why is this person so good at these things? They just naturally can do. And, and it, the Force brings these things about. We talked about that in Mandalorian commentary. The show, The Mandalorian, we talked about how the Force brings these things about. The Force is seemingly keeping Grogu safe. The Force is seemingly allowing lucky things to go their way for Mando and Grogu. Why? Because the Force brings these things about in unseen ways. So that's why she's able to do those things in the first movie. She was a, she was meant to be a Skywalker. That's the force bringing these things about. The Skywalker, the, the Star Wars movies are a Skywalker saga. It's about these individuals that are so strong and so influential that they, they can literally create balance and imbalance in the actual cosmos. Like that's how powerful they are. She had no mentor, that's a thing. Anakin had, like, several. Anakin didn't have a, a mentor when he was on, uh, where was he? What was the name of the place? Was it, was, was it Jakku? He didn't have a mentor there. He was a, he was a slave. He literally helped that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever his name is. You gotta get me the parts, or whatever. That, that guy, he was, he was, a, he was, oh, he just helped him out with the machines. Oh, it was Tatooine. She's on Jakku, right. He was on Tatooine just like Luke. He just naturally knows how to do all that? It doesn't make any sense. He's just a kid, and he figured all of it out? Nobody taught him how to build a protocol droid. He had Qui-Gon or whatever. No, no, no. I think you're missing my point, Orphan. Before he meets Qui-Gon, he's incredible. He's incredible. He's impressive. He builds a protocol droid, makes a pod, and has the reflexes and the innate ability to win a pod race as a child. Qui-Gon didn't teach him how to do any of that. He shows up, and that's how Anakin is out of the box. Out of the box, Anakin's special and can do all these things. No one's like, well, who taught him how to build a protocol droid? Who taught him how to build and drive a pod for pod racing? He's a bit of a Mary Sue, isn't he? No, he's not! He's literally the only human being that can pod, that can pod race. <laughs> Qui-Gon's immediately intrigued, like, wait, what? You shouldn't be able to do that. That's the lore, right? They're establishing the lore. That shouldn't be possible, right? Luke shouldn't have been able to blow up the Death Star. It shouldn't have been possible. It makes no sense. Like, Luke doesn't have adequate training as a pilot in a militaristic attack on a on a space station no training he spends five minutes with obi-wan he is a mary sue so you think anakin's a mary sue too okay well at least you're fair then <laughs> at least you're fair then you're like he's a mary sue too i hate midichlorians to be fair he hadn't actually finished a race until qui-gon turned up but he was good enough to compete Right, and I think the creation of C-3PO and the creation of the pod also makes him exceptional. He's a child. You see what I'm saying? Like, what the frick? How are you doing that? The 
thing with lightsaber she has the same ability that Cal has oh do you think that's what that was I always thought it was a connection like a familial connection the lightsaber was calling out to her that, you see what I'm saying Cal can go and touch something and tell you it's history that's not exactly what happened with her it was calling out to her the lady even says it's just and now it calls to you like she says it Then Superman's a Mary Sue. F Superman. Oh, Superman's my favorite. Get out of here. I love Superman. I actually love that in Man of Steel. It's not about how strong he is. It's about the man he has to become. And his dad knew it. His earthly dad knew it. Superheroes are different? How are they different? They have powers that they can get better at using. Spider Spider-Man, Cat said it a little bit ago. Spider-Man gets bit by a, a, a spider and suddenly he's he's an acrobat. But usually they show you in the movies and the comics, he's gotta kinda get his footing. He's not just immediately Spider-Man. It takes him a while. He has powers that he has to kind of get better at. But there's an immediacy to the power and and the innate ability. There's an immediacy. It's like, oh my gosh, I can climb walls and do backflips and swing through the city. Like, the ray that fights Kylo in the third movie ain't the ray from the first movie. Because she goes through. Like, look at how she fights with the lightsaber when they're out there on the water. I think that's one of the best lightsaber fights in any of the movies. I think it crushes Duel of the Fates. Her fight with Kylo is phenomenal. It's raw. It's rough. You think at any moment someone's losing an arm. It's it's excellent. Her fight there, that is a completely different version of Rey than the first movie. It's not even the same. I think people overstate how good she is in the first movie. She's not that great. It's rough. It doesn't go that well. Doesn't seem like she's going to win either. I'm on crack. Duel of the Fates is one of the most over-choreographed, over-praised sequences in a movie ever. Slow it down and watch the criticism of that fight. Their fight with Darth Maul is it just it's it's brain dead stupid. It's so over choreographed. It's like a, it's like watching Dancing with the Stars. They do so many things that don't even make any sense. Over choreographed trash.
to the same point when Kylo and Rey fight together against all the Red Knights, it's equally dumb and poorly choreographed. There's all kind of flaws in it. There's all kind of flaws in that fight. Same way, Duel of the Fates is just as bad. It's just, it was the only redeeming point of the movie, so everybody thinks it's amazing. I need an example. They literally swing over each other. There are times where they literally don't even swing at each other. They dance, they spin, they turn their back on the enemy, they swing past each other. Have you not ever seen any of the people that have slowed down that fight and shown you how many dumb things take place in Duel of the Fates? There's a whole comedic video about it, like, swing like a drunkard. Like, there's a whole comedic meme of that fight, because it's a joke! If you actually watch it with a critical eye, just like if you watch the critical uh, the fight where she... She and Kylo fight together. If you watch it with a critical eye, there's so many bad things in it. You'll never you'll never be able to watch Duel of the Fates the same way again if you watch somebody break the fight down. They overcompensated in Duel of the Fates. I think they wanted to look like the golden age of Jedi fighting because Luke and Vader weren't exactly high-skilled fights. Right, right. It went from it went from being like slow, methodical, like you know, geriatric lightsaber fights to what is this? Like it just doesn't even make any sense. There's a the fight between Obi Wan, the fight between Obi Wan and and uh, Anakin. There's literally a meme where they're just swinging their lightsabers, not hitting each other. Like, what are they doing? It's it's, it's like watching two kids. It's like, what is this? Why would you even do that? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, at the time, Gilly, it was a pretty monumental moment. The music is phenomenal. Duel of the Fates is just epic. And you're thinking... This is this is the point in the movie we've all been waiting for. But you go back and you rewatch it. The middle movie, The Last Jedi, the middle movie, I thought not that great, but it was okay. And then I watched a review of it and I was like, "Oh my gosh. The movie's terrible." <laughs> and that's what happened for me with Duel of the Fates. When I watched Duel of the Fates with a critical eye, I was like, "This is so bu- this is bad. This is dumb." They look stupid. They know each other's moves and they don't make... That's why they don't make contact in that scene. What move is that though where you're just swinging the lightsaber in like an infinity eight and so is the other guy? What are you talking about? (laughs) They know each other's moves? What do you mean? (laughs) That's not a move. That's not a sword fighting move. No, the, why, that's not a thing. You know, like, I gotta swing it in an eight and just woo, 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 and they don't hit each other. <laughs> uh, imparting traditional combat to beings that can move objects with their minds is kind of silly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Every move they do have explained by martial arts and Star Wars lore and story, and there's a reason for all of it. Missing like swinging over the head can be explained by internal force. 
homie, that sounds like you're dressing up an over-choreographed fight and coming up with like an explanation for why they literally spin around and turn their back on the enemy, why they don't swing at the enemy. So I'm supposed to believe in the speed of that scene that what they were thinking is, oh, Darth Maul's using the force to keep the lightsaber. That's the, but that's not what happens. If the force is going to d- redirect a lightsaber, there would be directional change to the lightsaber swing. Okay? If I swing a bat at you, and I swing over your head, you'd be like, he, he didn't even swing at him. He swung over his head. Right? But if I'm swinging at your head and my bat goes up or gets deflected back, you'd say, oh, the force. He used the force to deflect it or to move it. The trajectory of the swing doesn't change in these scenes that I'm talking about. There's no force impact on it. Should check out the fan film reshoot of the Obi Wan Vader fighting. Oh, I've I've seen it. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at everything about Darth Maul and why they did the things that they did. Ray Park choreographed that fight based off Star Wars martial arts styles. <laughs> I it it no. It, I'm never gonna watch that fight and be like, oh yeah, Darth Maul's using the Force. That's why Obi Wan swung over his head. That's why Obi-Wan spun around and turned his back on Darth Maul. I'm never going to be convinced that like, oh, they read Star Wars lore and that's where these decisions came from. I don't know all that when I'm watching the fight. I watch the fight and I'm like, that doesn't even make any sense. Why would you do that? Who turns their back for a spin move, a pretty little spin move? Who does that? Why would you do that? You just... They, They apparently are so fast that they have Jedi reflexes and the guy's going to spin around and Darth's not going to be like, stab you in the back. (laughs) I started laughing when the one pilot opened the door in outer space and could breathe less than 20 minutes in. Darth Maul was pretty short. That is true. That is true. The actor's pretty short. (laughs) Mando isn't good either. Oh, now we're just becoming enemies. Don't you dare besmirch Mando. Mando has saved Star Wars from the wreckage of Kennedy. Don't you dare talk bad about Mando. We will fight in real life one day if you start bad-mouthing Mando. Mando has pulled Star Wars from the ashes. Don't you dare. (laughs) Don't you dare. They burned my childhood to the ground. They did. And John Favreau and Filoni were like, we're going to save it. <laughs> we're going to save it. It's, oh, Rogue One and Mando, dude. I can hold on to those. I'm like, there's still good Star Wars out there. And and Jedi Fallen Order. I thought Jedi Fallen Order was very good. It was really, really good. As a fan of Star Wars. <clears throat> the scene where Kylo stops the blaster bolt with the Force... Yeah, that was pretty dope. I I thought that was pretty cool. Dramatic much? No, I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. Like, Mando felt like cool water on a hot day. It was like, oh gosh, we've had such bad Star Wars for so long. 
the prequels, and then the, the sequels. It was like, oh. And then here comes Mando riding in on a steed. Ah, oh, this is so refreshing. This Star Wars. Practically every instance in the EU shows how force users duels involve a lot of misses. Like that doesn't matter to me though. Like if I don't so I have to read the books to understand why they're just swinging and missing. Come on. Like You mean Dave Floney say Star Wars? Come on, Favreau's in there. Favreau's in there, baby. Come on. Don't be counting him out. If I have to, like, okay, so if you, let's say you make up uh, some mythical, some mythical story about, about, um, space age samurai, right? And they fight with the blades of old and the method of the new. It's this whole new thing. And I watch your movie and they're swinging past each other and missing and spinning around it seems really over choreographed it seems like a dance routine oh well but if you go and read the books you see in the books it explains it it says that they're actually moments of uh, spatial force tension that causes them to miss and the spin moves and the dance is because it was viewed as an art form it's actually an honorable way to fight shut the frick up it looks dumb like I don't care about any of that (laughs) like I didn't go and read your silly book. I watched the movie and I'm like, that looks stupid. And they never explain it in the movie. They don't explain it in the movie. They're not like, well, this is why that's happening. No, it looks like a stupid, it looks like a stupid dance move sword fight. It looks super over choreographed. It looks absurd. You don't have to read the books. You just have to recognize that maybe traditional combat and what makes sense doesn't apply to force wielders. But there's no evidence in the fight of force wielding. There's no evidence of it. The movie gives you visual and sound cues for when the force is being used. And there's none in the fight when they're spinning around and missing. There's no evidence of force use. There's no hand motion, no sound cue, no visual cue. There's all kind of force usage in other fights where, like, Yoda fights uh, Dooku. Like, there's evidence of force use in the fight. You see it. They show you. They don't show you in that fight. There's no evidence that, like, that that Darth Maul is doing something. Like, oh, he's he's doing something. That's why they're missing. That actually would have been pretty baller. It would have been cooler than just, like, yeah, Obi-Wan just missed. Just swung too high. They don't explain why sound exists in space here either. I mean, but that's different. That's different. They set up rules, and that fight doesn't apply any of those rules. But they don't. They don't establish any of that. They don't establish that like that's happening. And that would have been awesome if there would have been moments where Darth Maul would have been like mid swing and like did like a little like voom, like a head nod, hand movement, something. And then the force caused the the, the 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 actual lightsaber to deflect or miss its mark. Well, that would be awesome. But they don't do that in the fight. You can come back after the fact and be like, oh, well, missing is actually very common. And here's why. I don't know that as the viewer. They never say it. They never give me any visual or audio cue that that's happening. 
It doesn't need to be a hand motion. Maul uses the force internally to condition his body. He did force jumps and threw something. Right, but there is still, there is literally no visual or audio auditory cue that he's using the force to make Obi-Wan swing like a drunkard. Like, there's no evidence in the, in, in the film. They don't tell me that in any way with visual or, or audio or anything. The issue is that the moves are really eccentric and over the top, not for the pinnacle fight against the antagonist. If Maul, if the Maul fight was a training battle between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, it would have made sense. Yeah, it seemed like, oh wow, these guys spent weeks practicing this. Like, you could almost see through the veil. You were like, this is so over-choreographed. It's too, it's, I don't know, it just felt, it just, I don't know. It just feels super overbaked. baked <laughs> uh. Wouldn't they set rules for fully trained and prime force users fighting each other? No, 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 no. When I say they establish rules, Eugene, I mean, as a movie director, they establish and give you auditory and visual cues, like a simple force push, right? Obi-Wan goes like this, and there's a auditory woof sound, and the, and the droids fall down. Whoosh, goes like this. Woof, and something happens. An auditory visual cue is given, right? Darth Maul opens up that door like a baller. Whoop, whoop, throws his hand back, and he picks something up, and it hits the door button, and the door's open. You're like, oh, this guy is really, really strong. There's nothing in the fight for me to be like, oh, Darth Maul's using the Force, and, and that's why Obi-Wan's swinging like a drunkard. He's just missing, just swinging too high. All you gotta do is a little sound something, a little a little graphical representation from Darth Maul, and I'd be like, this guy's gonna be incredibly hard to fight. He literally can wield a dual lightsaber and deflect trajectory with the force? What the frick? Like, that would've made the fight cooler! It was Maul's negligence, not luck. Um... <laughs> the kids and I have decided we like your cookie butter. Sorry if you don't have it in a few days. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, we need information from you to deliver your rewards. Oh, perfect. Mark is unread. Excellent. I gotta respond to my Kickstarter. I did the Orlog Kickstarter, the Assassin's Creed dice game. I'm very excited. I appreciate the sparring and the debate. I do. I do. You're never going to convince me that it's good. It's a good fight. (laughs) You're never going to convince me. (laughs) I love a good spar. I love a good sparring uh, partner and a good fight. And you guys, you guys made, you guys made for an impressive, uh, impressive feat to try to act like duel of the fates isn't hot garbage. I I appreciate it. (laughs) I appreciate it. Excuse me. Excuse me. Mm. one is still an apprentice and the other is a Sith that can kill Jedi Masters I think it's a bit lazy to suspend disbelief for most of the film but not for others I mean I I think a lot of the movie is is bad though Wheezy from the very beginning I take issue with that movie I'm I'm not cherry picking Duel of the Fates beginning to end that movie sucks and the people act like Duel of the Fates doesn't also suck. I'm being consistent. 
the people that are like, yeah, it's a bad movie, but at least Duel of the Fates is really good. I'm like, no, it's just as garbage as the rest of the movie. I'm consistent. I think from beginning to end, the movie sucks. Hot wind. From the midichlorians to the child actor, all of it is hot garbage. It's terrible. It in in Duel of the Fates doesn't get any. It doesn't save it. I do a bear roll. That's a neat trick. I'm going to stay right here in this cockpit. And he saves the day by accident. It's awful. It's not good. It isn't. And Duel of the Fates doesn't, doesn't redeem the movie in any, in any respect. I'm being consistent. I'm being consistent. I'm like, I think it sucks from beginning to end. <laughs> I think it's bad from the very beginning. From the very beginning. Just the opening with Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. It's terrible. It's so awkward and odd. It's not good. <laughs> honestly the best lightsaber fight in Star Wars is the cinematic trailers uh, for KOTOR those are absolute fire there's probably some better ones with like Ahsoka <clears throat> don't disrespect Duel of the Fates thank you for the $20 tip Cordell Bullock I appreciate that who would you say is the cardi- uh, target audience Paw Patrol sucks too <laughs> Have you ever seen anybody break down how confusing, like, how thematically confusing the first movie is? Have you ever heard anybody do that? They talk about, like, how it appeals to children, and yet at the same time, it has all these concepts in it that that don't, that don't make any sense to children. Like, 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 governmental stuff. Have you ever seen anybody do that? They, like, break down, they're like, the Phantom Menace is thematically confusing. It's super weird. <laughs> super, super weird. People act like the OG p- trilogy is some pinnacle of movie making, and it's not. Here's the difference, Eugene. Here's the difference. I can watch Alien 1, Aliens, and even Alien 3, and Terminator 1 and 2, and respect how good they are for the time. And I can watch Star Wars... 4, 5, and 6, and respect and love them for what they were at the time. Groundbreaking movies, special effects, all of it, right? And I'm going to be a lot more critical of the newer movies that have come out that are not any good. Like, how many Aliens versus Predator movies, or in this case, Star Wars movies and stuff, they come out and they're like, this is trash. This is so poorly made, right? This is sloppy, you know? Check out the A Closer Look channel. It just breaks down every story and retells it better. Yeah, I've, I've never seen that before. I didn't even know that was a thing. The difference is you were a child when you watched it. I don't think it's that... I, I, I think that's unfair, though, Eugene, because the people that went to the theaters and thought Star Wars was amazing were mostly adults because at, at the time, these weren't made-for-children movies. Adults were going to the theater and flocking and teenagers and saying, this is incredible because it was. What they were doing was groundbreaking. It's, it's, they're not at their core. They're not like amazingly well-written movies like they're not Casablanca or Citizen Kane they're not but they did things that had never been done before and that's what it was that's what sold people it it sold the mystery and the mystique of like going into outer space like it did it it pulled it off and then when you make the new movies the prequels they're 
they're not faithful to the style, the story. They're awful. They're like made for children. They're super they're super bad. They're just bad movies, bad writing, bad everything. Those adults didn't turn Star Wars into what it is. I don't know if I agree with that. My dad introduced us to Star Wars and it was like a moment. Like when I finally introduced my kids to the Marvel movies. That's going to be like a moment. My dad got the tapes out. He wasn't the only one that did this. All of my friends, that was like a thing. When their parents were like, we're going to let you watch Star Wars. We're going to share this amazing thing with you. That's my, my dad did that. I didn't know what Star Wars was. If he wouldn't have done that, he was an adult. Him and the friend that let him copy the tapes, they were all fans of Star Wars. Adult men were like, you got to see this. This is amazing. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I don't think only children of the 80s and 90s like made Star Wars what it was. It was our parents that were like, we went and saw this in the theater. You got to see this. This is incredible. I was born in 81. I disagree with Eugene. My father gave me Star Wars. Yeah, I'm telling you, the origin of Star Wars fandom is not children. They were like, oh, Star Wars. And we all looked past how bad the movies were. No, our parents went to the theater and were like, this is the greatest thing I have ever seen. And then when you could watch it at home, that was years later. You know, it wasn't the same back then. They weren't like, oh, theater. And then like months later, it was, you know, it was years later when my dad finally had them on VHS. I don't know what the release schedules looked like back then, but it it took a long time. How old was your dad when Star Wars premiered, though? Of course, they wanted to share that with you. But he shared it with me as a fan. It wasn't because we were like, let us watch Star Wars. We heard about Star Wars. It was because my dad was a fan of Star Wars. He, he went and watched it. Um, $5 from Insomniac Black says... Uh, oh, I missed your Ahsoka is the most well-written character in modern Star Wars Insomniac. Sorry. And then this one. Continue to trigger Lono Train. Mando is trash. And Ghost of Tsushima is a 2 out of 10. Shut up. Don't do that. <laughs> You're better than that. You're missing the point. Adults love Star Wars because it was groundbreaking for tech. Kids loved it for the story. You understand why that generation really actually liked the story of Star Wars, right? You understand, like, the time period and, like things that were going on politically like people actually really really dug the idea and the story of Star Wars it, that that's such an oversimplification of why my parents and that generation loved Star Wars they weren't like yeah the story's crap but the special effects are amazing no they liked the story come on just a normal nobody takes down an empire that's awesome was he a teenager? I don't think so. No. I was born in 81. When did when did New Hope? New Hope release date. When did it release? 1977. Yeah. No. I was born in 81. Four years prior to that? No. My dad was an adult. A married adult man. Late 70s, early 80s were when all these movies came out. I was a baby. My dad was a married adult man and went and saw the movies. I'm like, these are incredible. And then he shared them with us when we were old enough to watch them. Because they weren't made for kids. They're like chopping people's arms off and there's blood and there's some. There's a couple of cuss words. Like at the time, these were not made for kids. They were gritty and scary and dark, you know? 
you had to look that up. That tells me everything I need to know about your authority on Star Wars. Yes, because I didn't know the exact date that A New Hope debuted in theaters. I'm not an authority on Star Wars. Shut the frick up. Gatekeep somewhere else. I can't stand that kind of an attitude. Frick you. Empire Strikes Back was the first live action film my dad took me to see. I was four and can barely remember anything about it. My first movie that I ever saw was Jurassic Park in the theater. That was the first movie I ever saw. That was phenomenal. <clears throat> yeah, the Ahsoka versus the Magistrate. That was incredibly fun. Yeah, that was very well designed. That was like a that was like an old samurai kung fu movie fight. Oh, that was so good. I freaking loved it. Darth Vader was not designed for plushies. The newer movies were so bad. Remember Mary Poppins Leia when she was thrown out in space? Yeah, I don't defend the new movies. I don't. This all got started because somebody said, how do you, which one, they thought I was defending Last Jedi. No, uh, Rise of Skywalker. I was like, no. I can I can minimally defend Force Awakens. After that, I can't defend much of what happens. I can make some allowances for the third movie because he's cleaning up the mess of the middle movie, but it's still a pretty bad movie. The third movie is still pretty rough. Like... He had to put so many things back together again. Like, it was like, I, I make some allowances there. I'm like, oh man, he had to clean up a mess. But it's still not very defendable. You know, it's rough. <clears throat> Disney wants to sell toys. You look something up to make sure you were reporting something correctly. How dare you? Yeah, I didn't know. I thought I was thinking 1980, 1981 was when it hit. Now that might be Empire. I don't know the exact dates of every uh, of every movie uh, of every Star Wars movie. I just knew it was early 80s, and I knew that my dad walked in the living room and he had a yellow VHS. You know what I mean? I just figured most Star Wars fans remember 77. 77, 80, 83. Okay, so there was one that was 80. Okay. Um, yeah, I, all I remember is him. He had a, it was a J, was a JVC was the brand. It was a yellow cardboard box that the, that the VHS tape was in. And it was written in green marker on the side. Star Wars. That was unbelievable. I'm a Star Wars fan. I don't remember 77 since I wasn't born. Yeah, I mean, I was born 81. So, I mean, I remember he came into the living room. We had an old GE television with wood paneling on the side. And he was like, you guys are old enough to watch Star Wars now. Oh, man, that was a day. That was a moment. That was awesome. We uh, we really, really, we enjoyed it very, very much. Um, we were thrilled. Because we had, we had heard, right? We had heard adults... My parents talking about it. Oh man, Star Wars is amazing. We didn't even have the Star Wars toys until much later. We had mostly uh, DC toys. We had the Hall of Justice and stuff. We didn't have Star Wars toys until much later. I'm in a chat full of grandpas. Um, you alone on the flow of today's episode is real smooth. Yeah, we had another killer day, and like I, I'm, I'm looking on the back end of YouTube, and I'm like, man, YouTube is messing with stuff once again. Like. We cannot figure it out. It's so weird. You guys are crushing it. You guys should see the chat activity numbers. They're, they're incredible. Like, I'm like, man, we're having such great days. So many people are tuning in and contributing and voting in the polls. I don't know, man. 
YouTube is doing something with live streams, and I hope it's for the better. I really do. They're fiddling with something. <clears throat> he always thought they were for kids. I don't I don't know. I, I, I think his mind changed over time just in time. I don't think George Lucas thought a new hope was for kids. I don't think he thought Empire Strikes Back was for kids. Return of the Jedi? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's why Ewoks are in there instead of Wookiees. Like they changed everything because they wanted it to be more for kids. That to me says this was not originally intended for a child audience. The fact that you had to make a change from Wookiees to Ewoks tells me, mm, I don't think initially, I don't think initially, the execution of A New Hope does not feel like a kid's movie, like, at all. It doesn't. Jedi, Je- Return of the Jedi, yeah, it's got more of a cartoonish feel. He said it about all of them. I mean, that could have been marketing just to sell tickets, I don't know. Planet with Ewoks was just to sell toys. He 100% wanted to sell toys. That's documented. That's documented that he ma- they made that change. That was supposed. Those were supposed to be Wookies. Because that makes sense, right? They're warriors. Like they would have been able to take on stormtroopers. They would have been militaristically, you know, uh, my, like they would have had a militaristic mind and organization. <clears throat> Kids left Empire crying. <laughs> Most of the cartoon late 80s and thousands for kids had very adult themes. That is true. I was rewatching The Lion King and I was like, what the frick? This is dark. I was like, this is oh, this is bad. <laughs> this is traumatizing. They made this for kids? You are right. I mean, they, they kids' movies were cut from, from different cloth back then. That is true. That is true. So maybe in his mind... This was just, yeah, it's a kid's movie. We kept the swearing out and the violence minimal, but, you know, it's a kid's movie. That I mean, it's entirely possible he thought that. I felt like it got way more kiddish in Jedi comparatively. Like, A New Hope does not feel like a kid's movie. They're cutting people's arms off. Blood's on the ground. He's shooting He's shooting Greedo in the, in the bar. I don't know. That doesn't feel like a kid's movie to me. It feels like a Western. <laughs> you know? They were all PG. Yeah, they really danced on the line of PG for back then, though. I feel like A New Hope is it's it's very close to PG thirteen because it's got some it's got some dark and some violent stuff in it for PG. It's different now, though. It's different now. Have you seen Neverending Story? Oh, pfft. yeah. When that freaking horse dies, man, that that jacked me up. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, imagine what a tough time Pepe Le Pew would have today oh yeah you can't have him you can't have him around They'll, th- that stuff will be that stuff will be archived there's no way Looney Tunes lets any of that stuff be be, be seen anything from Pepe Le Pew um, Speedy Gonzalez will probably never ever get airtime ever again either a lot of those caricatures and characters never no not now Looney Tunes has probably got all that stuff locked up and archived, vaulted, gone. Yeah, never-ending story. Mm-hmm. They actually tried to cancel Pepe? It's not surprising at all. Dave Chappelle did a bit about Pepe. Oh, he did? I don't think I've seen that. I feel like I've heard that. 
Watership Down, it's a rabbit cartoon. What could go wrong? <laughs> That's right, like, it's rabbits! And then it's incredibly sad. Yeah. Speedy Gonzalez was in the new LeBron James. Wait, they had him in that? I'm really surprised they did that. I'm actually surprised. Because people took issue with him years ago. I'm actually 100% surprised that Speedy Gonzalez made it into, into uh, Space Jam. Because people took issue with him a long time ago. They went back on Speedy. He's now loved. Oh, so they've changed. Remember the, the Taco Bell dog? People got people got angry about that. People didn't like the Taco Bell dog. Remember Yokito Taco Bell? The little, the little chihuahua that would talk in the commercials. It's funny. It's funny that like people came to the rescue for Speedy Gonzalez. You know what I mean? I had a crush on the princess from Neverending Story. Fun fact, Pepe Le Pew is actually repulsive because he's a skunk and he smells. There's an episode where he doesn't smell and the girl was chasing him. I just remember... All I remember about Pepe Le Pew is he reminded me of the guy from Adam's Family. Didn't he like... He would like kiss her on the arm a bunch. Isn't that what he would do? Because that's, that's what he would do to Morticia and the Adams Family. That's what it always made me think of as a kid. I was like, oh, this is like from the Adams family. Like, because he would kiss up Morticia's arm. That was her name, right? Morticia and the Adams family? What was wrong with Speedy? People thought that it was like a caricature, that it was like offensive, because he's wearing like a sombrero and he's really fast and he has like an accent. And people thought, like, sometimes caricatures can be totally fine, sometimes can they can be offensive. So, like, that's one of the reasons people took issue with Speedy is they thought it was, like, a stereotypical caricature and they didn't like it. And apparently people are okay with it because he was in Space Jam. <clears throat> His smell made the girl run away, not the aggressiveness. I don't, I don't remember, I don't remember Pepe and how it went. I don't, re- I remember not liking the Pepe Le Pew episodes. I always liked Bugs and uh and Daffy. I thought Bugs and Daffy were the best. And uh and Roadrunner. I liked Roadrunner and um Marvin the Martian. Marvin the Martian. I never liked the Peppy ones. I didn't like the Pepe Pew ones. I didn't like um I like Tasmanian Devil. I didn't like um Oh what's his uh what's his name? The uh, Yosemite Sam. I didn't like Yosemite Sam either. Ugh. I was more surprised by anyone to know what characters are in the new Space Jam. I didn't make it eight minutes. Oh yeah, people said it was pretty bad. There's an episode that does explain his smell is what repulsed her, and when he didn't smell, she actually chased him. It was the other way around in a few episodes. That's what I thought the whole bit about Pepe Le Pew was was that he was a romancer and he was real romantic and real and, and real and what real well spoken he would like use real fancy words but he stunk I thought that was the whole joke it was like the juxtaposition of he's the he's the confidence man he's the romancer but he stinks like what would it look like to have a Don Juan who's a skunk that's what I thought the joke about Pepe Le Pew was not that he was like too aggressive or inappropriate but like he he's a don juan he's charming and he's and he's real and he's real got fancy words but he stinks like that's supposed to be the joke 
It would be like having a Don Juan with B.O. and he's super charming and very and very handsome, but he stinks to high heaven. I don't remember enough to defend Pepe Le Pew, but that's my memory is like, it's juxtaposition humor, isn't it? Like, he's a juxtaposition. He's a Don, he's a Don Juan, he's a charmer, but he stinks. So everything he says doesn't work. He was French. That's right. Yeah, he had a French accent. That was why. That's why he's called Pepe Le Pew, which is funny, right? Pepe Le Pew, like pew pew. It's it's so it's so low brow. <laughs> yeah, and she was a cat. She was a cat. That's right. That's right. He definitely was a little. Yeah, I mean, come on. There was all kind of stuff back then that was kind of like that. Remember the one guy that the they would like do like ooga, and like their eyes would get really big, and like and like their 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 heart would be pounding. There was definitely a lot of like low key objectification going on. Like it was like wow, like you know the one wolf was like whistling and his eyes are popping out as like you know catcalling, right? It was like, oh, teaching kids to do that. That seems a little inappropriate. <laughs> like, this isn't right. They definitely dialed in some of that. What was the the slobster slasher thrasher? What was that? I remember that. There was like a murder mystery, like a big guy or something that was like the slob, the slobster slasher thrasher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom and Tom and Jerry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Howdy. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I want to go back to the 80s and 90s when life was somewhat normal and all this stupid cancel garbage was nowhere to be found. You remember Looney Tunes started... Um, they started cleaning up the episodes that had violence in them. Do you remember this? So, like, if... Uh, Bugs Bunny would put a stick of dynamite in something and like it would blow up and Daffy Duck's bill would spin around and he'd be all like covered in black uh, like soot they took so much of that out they, they, they thought that it was they thought because there was the big campaign about like like violence uh, in movies and cartoons and video games and they went back and they took all those scenes out I remember watching them with my parents and were like what is going on why are there missing scenes they went back and took all that crap out. That was like before the dawn of like you had Animaniacs, you had like Batman the Animated Series and X-Men when it was like, well no, you can have cartoons with like stuff like that in it. What the what the world? Yeah, they went back and like they went back and neutered so much of Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was around then fuzzy. Yeah, 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 where stuff was happening at schools. Yep. Mhm. Yeah. Yep, they went back and, and they wanted to remove all that. Anytime if there was like a weapon of some sort, they would go back and pull all that out. Yep. I watched Pepe as a kid and never once did stuff like him. Why can't kids watch and be taught by their parents? I think the difference is though, this is actually a really important discussion, right? You can't go back and neuter to kill a mockingbird. It is to deny the story and it is to deny that these terrible things happen right that is unhelpful okay but i think it's also unhelpful to trivialize and make light of serious subjects for children so that then they don't quite understand the severity of what that actually is like 
to be a womanizer or to be someone who's mean or cruel. If you make light of it, if you trivialize it, I think there's a danger there. You can't have kids thinking, well, it's no big deal to be a bully or it's no big deal to be a womanizer or a prankster. It's funny to pick on people. You don't want to do that. I, I, you see the difference? You can't go back and neuter to kill a mockingbird. I, I think that that's reckless and stupid. But you also have to consider, like, what should be in a cartoon made for children? Like, is that is that okay? Is this trivializing a very serious subject and, and making light of something that kids should be educated on? Like, you see the difference? Should you have a character like Pepe Le Pew in a kid's cartoon? Well, maybe not. In an adult cartoon like South Park or something? Well, then there's no rules there, right? Now you're talking about... The, the, the context of comedy and who it's intended for you know what I mean I watched I turned out just fine right but there's an entire generation of men that didn't turn out just fine Mo you, you know what I'm saying like how much of boys will be boys and locker room culture was in cartoons and was in television programming back then and young men grew up thinking well that's totally normal that's that's what do you mean? Just boys being boys. I'm just this is just locker room talk, right? Like that's the kind of thing that may have added to it. Like the idea that like, oh yeah, you're supposed to chase them around. You're supposed to, you know, oh, they're just playing hard to get, right? That whole thing is in somewhat ingrained in so much of the entertainment back then. She's just playing hard to get, right? Like that, that dialogue and that narrative was pervasive back then. It makes people think that, well, this is normal and totally fine when it isn't totally normal and totally fine. It's okay to show the cast from Clockwork Orange. Pepper the Pew was canceled based off knee jerk reactions. I just think the difference is because it's a kid's cartoon. I think that's the difference, right? When you were six watching these shows, you never thought of any of it, uh, any of that. It's just an excuse nowadays. I think you underestimate the influence of stories, media, cartoons, and what that does to people. I think you underestimate the influence that it has. How do you think hate is gener- How do you think hate passes down generationally? It, it, they, it's because it's taught, right? I mean, that's how it works. You, you like yeah I mean you could say it's on the parents parents need to be parenting but at the same time like you should have a reasonable trust of like I can put this kids cartoon on like I should be able to put my kids down in front of Mickey Mouse right now like a Mickey Mouse cartoon and not have to worry about like is this going to have a bunch of crap in it that is unhelpful right do you, do you see what I'm saying like is this going to be downloading into my kid's brain that like cruelty is funny picking on people is humorous bullying is whimsical and charming I don't want my kids to think that it'd be very easy in a cartoon setting to make that to make that entertaining and to make light of it 100% a cartoon could very easily teach a kid that that kind of thing is okay me and my friends watch WWE I choke playing my buddy and I got whooped. Never hit someone again for no reason. Well, but that's that's a whole other debate, though. You're talking about you're talking about again entertainment that was not designed to say, yeah, go in your backyard and beat the crap out of people. 
it wasn't promoting violence it was it was a spectacle of people fighting yo gent thanks for becoming a rageous member it didn't hit the chat or either that or i didn't see it like there's a difference between watching like a boxing match or a wrestling match and then kids get wound up like i remember them i remember uh people talking about how they didn't let their kids watch power rangers because when they would watch Power Rangers, they would fight for the next two hours. They would play fight, which would lead to real fights. So they stopped letting their kids watch Power Rangers. Not because they thought Power Rangers were bad, but they were just like, my kids just fight like crazy afterwards. Why? Well, they're mimicking the behavior in the cartoon. What do you think my, 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 my kids were doing? What do you think my daughter was doing after she watched Leap, a movie about ballet? What do you think my daughter was doing? She was running around, acting like the girl in Leap. What do you think they do after they watch a Disney movie? They mimic what they see. They 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 want to sing the songs. They want to be Elsa. They want to they want to play that. They want to do that thing. So you got to be careful. You you watch a movie and this is one of the reasons why I cannot stand Curious George. I won't read Curious George books to my children. I despise I despise them. Why? Because Curious George is naughty and he disobeys and it always works out in the end always oh curious little monkey i'm like no this is promoting foolishness he doesn't listen and he makes a mess and he destroys stuff he's unsupervised and he breaks stuff and then it always works out in the end i'm like this is garbage this isn't charming or endearing this is trash he does the wrong thing and there's almost never any consequences. I'm not reading this to my kids. Yeah, you know, if if I tell you not to push that over and you do and it breaks, it'll all be work out in the end. <laughs> no. I can't stand it. I think they're I think they're awful. I do. So I I don't know. I think it's important. I don't know. I think you have to think about that. You have to filter what people, what your kids are watching. Which, to a certain extent, Mo, yes, that means I'll say, I'm not going to let my kids watch that movie. It's a little bit too old or whatever. But at the same time, if Looney Tunes has a character that is pretty problematic, like Pepe Le Pew, it's okay to be like, maybe that shouldn't be in a kid's cartoon. You can have Bugs Bunny playing pranks and all this other stuff. And again, you run the risk of promoting a prankster bullying sort of attitude like if you go back and watch a lot of the looney tune stuff that's what's going on right it's like prankster bully humor it's somebody picking on somebody else ha 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 he tricked him ha 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 it's it's a lot of it's slapstick like watching the three stooges and stuff it's slapstick people getting slapped people getting anvils dropped on their head so you know yeah, I, I tend to agree with Eugene. Like, if you have a cartoon character who's repeatedly making advances while being told no, and we think, ha ha ha, that's funny, maybe you should rethink the comedy. Again, I my memory of Pepe Le Pew was that he was a, what he was a Don Juan, and he stunk. And so she was saying, oh no, because he smelled bad. It wasn't like, oh, I don't like you, or I'm not interested in you. It was like, you are a skunk and you stink. It was like, he didn't know he was a skunk. Like, that to me was the humor. But again, 
you're 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 potentially promoting behavior that's not healthy. It's like no, if someone's if someone says please leave me alone, you need to leave him alone. <laughs> like, and Pepe didn't do that. He that was the joke is that he didn't understand. Like he thought he was charming and 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 uh, and romantic, and he might have been, but he smells. That's supposed to be the joke. The joke is supposed to be about the fact that he's a skunk and doesn't really know it. That's supposed to be the joke. It's not supposed to be, ha ha ha, what a knee slapper. He won't leave the cat alone. It's, he's too stupid to realize that he stinks. <laughs> he's a Don Juan with B.O., right? Like, that's the joke. Like, that's the, that's the, that's the humor of it. There are plenty of times that they made advances on Pepe, I'm not going to die on this hill, but Pepe is a double standard. Uh, but why this guy in the clockwork made it? I don't understand. So there's a guy in clockwork orange that's in Space Jam? I'm confused. Because like a clockwork orange, you can have movies with with bad people and villains that do bad things, as long as you're affirming that it's bad. You don't make a movie that's like, yeah, this guy's a murderer and it's great. Like, you usually show that it's terrible. Like, Breaking Bad doesn't say, oh yeah, cooking cooking, a, cooking up a drug, that's, that's a great business opportunity. No, they show how awful and destructive it is to his life. They show you somebody doing something terrible and they show you the ramifications of it. The three characters of a clockwork are guys in the crowd of Space Jam. Oh, 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 they make a cameo, clear as day. I understand now. Okay, I get what you're saying. So you're saying it's a double standard. I understand. You're saying if Pepe's out, then those guys should have been out as well. Um, I think a cameo is a little bit different than a character that's going to walk around and have lines and be on the team and be considered a hero. I do think there's a little bit of a difference. I don't necessarily disagree that like, hey, you threw these guys in here, you probably shouldn't have done that. Like... You know, they're nasty characters from another movie. Um, Kids would have seen Pepe. They wouldn't have seen Clockwork. Yeah, or they wouldn't even have known who they were, right? Like, Pepe Le Pew is a character, and and he's got a voice, and he would walk around and talk. That'd be a little bit different. Pepe is out. The cat should be out, too. Yeah, weren't there times where she wouldn't leave him alone? I mean, I'm not saying that it's right, but I'm saying I th- I'm pretty sure there were episodes where, like, she was really, you know, what they call it in Bambi, Twitter-pated. You know, she was all, like, goo-goo eyes over him and wouldn't leave him alone. And then he didn't, like, he didn't like it. It was like the shoe was on the other foot, and he was like, this isn't, I can't remember. That was age ago, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm talking about cartoons I saw 30 years ago. I can't remember. I remember being spooked by the old timey animation freaked me out. There was an old timey uh, Porky Pig where he ends up under the water and he's like walking around and there's like somebody trying to hurt him and he's underwater. I remember being super spooked by that. I didn't like it. It was unsettling. The old timey animation, I didn't like it. I, I got scared by it. Sometimes she would get lit. I don't remember that. Even Tom got to beat Jerry every now and again. Yeah, that's true. She chased him when he was painted to hide his stripe. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yep, I remember that. I remember he painted his stripe to look like a cat. I remember now. 
The Mark Twain stop motion animation still freaks me out. Yeah, I can't watch the old-timey animation stuff. I, I find it unsettling. I don't like it. It's creepy. There's something creepy about it, and I can't figure out why. Like when scary movies and, and, and video games do that, they use like old-timey music or old-timey film and stuff. Oh, I get freaked out. I don't like it. I do not like it. Like old pictures of people and stuff where they're like standing still and they're wearing old clothing and they have like that look of death on their face. Ah, ugh, I, I, I do not like that stuff. It's immediately creepy. I'm like, I'm scared. <laughs> like they all look like murderers. Wish Wiley Coyote would have caught Roadrunner just once. The animation from Pinocchio where the walrus was eating the baby clams freaked me out. I remember the animation in Pinocchio freaking me out when the boys were turning into... That's from Alice in Wonderland, yeah. I remember being freaked out by the boys turning into donkeys in in Pinocchio. Yeah. I remember being freaked out by that. And Monstro. Yeah. We, what was that? There was a lot of stop motion back in the day. And what was the one? It was like the little boy with the dog. It was like Davy and Goliath or whatever, like him and his, in his dog. I did not like that. I remember somebody in our family always wanted to watch it. One of my siblings. I was like, I, I hate this. <laughs> I did not like it. I thought it was awful. The voice acting and everything was terrible in it. There was a stop animation show called The Moomins. The Moomins, which was freaky. It was like Tim Burton does children's TV. I don't, yeah, I don't don't think I ever saw that. I don't remember that. Uh... They're weird. Any of the old heads watch Belle and Sebastian growing up? <laughs> Some woke dude wrote an article on Pepe and then everyone lost it. Here's the here's my thought on it, right? Like if you feel like Pepe is is from an older generation or an older mindset, if you feel like he's bad or problematic. Instead of just, like, removing him from the movie, why wouldn't you put him in the movie and you could do very low-key, subversive, like, learning? You know what I mean? Like, he could be, like, he could be different. You could have a... It could be a time for, like, yeah, that's I don't act like that anymore or something. Like, I don't know. It might be too contrived. It might not have worked. To have a, like... A rehabilitated Pepe Le Pew or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Yeah, like very low key reform him or something. Wouldn't that be better than just being like, you get him out of here? Bad character from 30 years ago. He's awful. Bye bye. You know what I mean? Pull up a clip. I think you're misremembering his behavior. Like I said, I didn't like him as a character. I didn't. 
I would skip. We would. We wouldn't watch him. We thought it was obnoxious because we were young boys. All the kissing and stuff were like there. Like we, we did. We thought it was annoying. I thought it was annoying. Oh no. Everybody needs to take a breath and not be snippy snips. Oh, you don't want to do that. In 35 minutes, you're going to give me a kiss? All right, I'll pencil you in. You can't come over here, kiddo. No, uh uh-uh. uh. Stay over there. That snake is in a game called Temple of Snack. We're supposed to be playing it today. I don't know if it's going to happen, though. Why are you blinking? Pepe's go-to thing was holding someone down. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, creature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she'd be trying to get away because he stings because he's a skunk. Yeah, I, re- I remember. I remember. Because like I said, I think at the time, the punchline, the punchline isn't, the punchline isn't this is a bad guy who doesn't realize he's a bad guy. The punchline is this guy's super charming, but he's a skunk. And so it, it his him being a skunk disrupts his game, right? He's got game. But he, his his skunk smell is what disrupts his game. But that joke doesn't land today. People watch it like, well, no, he's just being inappropriate, right? So the joke is not supposed to be, ha, 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 what a knee slapper. This is so funny, this guy making unwanted advances. What a riot. That's not the joke. The joke is, he's a, he's a Don Juan and he's a skunk. It's a juxtaposition. It's, uh, I remember when I was, I would make t-shirts for Threadless. There was all these themes that you could try to do. And one of them would be like opposite humor, right? You would put things in situations like literally that would create like a tension that would be funny. And so in this situation, that's what they're doing. They're creating this tension of he's a French, like well-spoken Don Juan and he absolutely reeks. And so no one wants to be around him. She's not running away from him because she's finding him repulsive. It's like you're trying to be a romancer and you stink. You literally smell. That's the joke. The problem is is that in this day and age, everyone's like, no, that's promoting something that makes people feel very uncomfortable. Like, I don't want to watch that. I don't want to be around that, right? And so it just doesn't land. I don't think the original person who came up with the concept of Pepe Le Pew was like, isn't it funny? Isn't it a riot to make advances and have somebody reject you? (laughs) Isn't that a riot? No. The idea was, oh, wouldn't it be hilarious if there was a Don Juan character and he was a skunk and he smelled and every time he tries to, you know, make a pass, it doesn't work because he stinks. (laughs) Ha ha. That would be so creative and clever. You fast forward to 2020 and everything that's happened and people are like, that's actually not very funny. <laughs> like, 
that isn't funny at all <laughs> like you're gonna upset people and so that's that's part of the that's part of the process of humor and what's appropriate in humor is changing you know Chappelle has an entire joke about the uh, about a superhero who has to do something terrible in order to do something good right he saves but he also does this you guys know the joke you know the bit right he does a whole bit on that the difference is Chappelle isn't in a kids cartoon it's for adults like it's for it's for it's you're not trying to influence like little kids and think like though this is funny ha 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 it's it's can Chappelle craft a joke and get people to laugh like that's what I think Chappelle's doing with that joke by the way the superhero joke I think what Chappelle is doing is as he's testing and saying can I structure a joke in a way for it to contain this subject and get people to laugh can I do it Jimmy Carr does a lot of the same thing. The art of writing a joke in order to get laughter, regardless of how severe or serious the subject matter is, it's 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 an it's an art form. There's a science to it, to to writing a joke and pulling that off. But there's a giant difference between Dave Chappelle writing a joke for an audience that bought a ticket or for an adult audience that willingly watches this Netflix special and a cartoon character like in a, in a kid's show you know what I mean yeah it also sets up his jokes about the other famous man that's correct that's correct it's a, it's a huge huge setup that's right and so I, I think that's where there's a difference I'm not going to stand up and stand in line and be like yeah get rid of all kind of humor like that I don't think that that's very helpful right now I think that's been I think that's been incredibly unhelpful and I don't think it leads to good conversations, right? I don't think it leads to good conversations. But I think there's a big difference between having a conversation about how far can Ricky Gervais or Dave Chappelle or Jimmy Carr, how far can they go, right? Where's the line? There's a big difference between that and saying we should really consider the types of characters and behavior that we put in a children's cartoon or a children's movie, right? If you're not going to condemn the behavior, right? Like, take, for example, we mentioned Lion King a little bit ago, okay? Nobody saw the Lion King and walked away thinking, oh, I want to be like the hyenas in Scar. Why? Well, because the movie makes it very clear they're awful, they're bad, they're evil, and they subsequently are... They suffer consequences, okay? Um, but if you had a movie where the opposite was taking place, you had a lead character, you had a a, a protagonist, uh, a hero, right? Who was doing bad things in a way that made it seem like, wait, are they saying this is okay? That would be worrying. You'd be like, I don't want, I don't want my kids watching. What if? Imagine a character. In a show that just goes around and he's he's a bully, but they make it funny and they make it entertaining. Wouldn't we say, now hang on a minute, like you're you're teaching kids that bullying is okay. That's we don't want to what? Does that mean that a stand-up comic can't make jokes about bullying? No. You can 100 percent make jokes about bullying to an adult audience, and the intended audience understands that you're not saying 
bullying is totally cool. Go out and bully. You're not saying that. You're making light of bullying. But there's a difference between that and like an eight-year-old watching a cartoon that has a character that is acting like bullying is totally fine. You see what I'm saying? Like, if there was a character like that, people would say, well, wait a minute. Like, kids are going to watch this and think that bullying is okay. Bullying is not okay. So it's not the same as trying to cancel an adult comedian making content for adults like Ricky Gervais, Jimmy Carr, or Dave Chappelle. These are men who push the envelope. They're and they're funny. They're very good at it. Holy moly. I got in a suggested loop on Instagram and it was it went through a bunch of Jimmy Carr bits and I was like, "Oh my gosh, he is a master. He loves hecklers." Jimmy Carr is the master. You you do not want to heckle him. Oh my gosh. He will light you up. He's master. There's a big difference between that and a kid's cartoon. I draw a categorical line there. I'm like, these aren't the same, right? No, no, no. I'm not talking about the bully in the video game. I'm just picking something that's more neutral. Like, Pepe Le Pew, I got to use words and talk about subjects that are more touchy, and I don't want to get on that. So I'm imagining a character that was a bully, and they made it funny, and they made it like, ha, 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 it's funny to be a bully. Well, we would all have a problem with that. We're like, that's not a good character. I don't want my kids thinking that that's funny because then they're going to go to school and then they're going to think that it's funny to be a bully. So I'm, I'm, I'm choosing a subject that's a little bit more neutral, but I think we would all agree that wouldn't be a very productive or good cartoon character. So Bugs Bunny, Bugs Bunny though, is Bugs Bunny a bully or is he like a whimsical prankster? And I guess prankster and bully are oh man the line gets blurry very quickly right because you are kind of picking on somebody like that's what a prankster is doing a prankster is picking on somebody's it's making a joke or a prank at somebody else's expense to to, ha 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 you know water fell on your head or whatever right you're talking about Brutus from Popeye yeah but nobody thought Brutus was the hero he was clearly the villain right Popeye was the hero you know olive oil was the damsel in distress and Brutus was the bad guy Bugs Bunny is a troll, not a bully. He bullied Daffy, and he went further on Elmer. Yeah, but like, Elmer Fudd was hunting him. So it was kind of like a give and take, wasn't it? And didn't Daffy give as much as he got? I mean, I felt like they were like nemesis more than like... It's not like Bugs Bunny went around looking for smaller bunnies to pick on. Elmer Fudd was trying to kill him, and I thought Daffy Duck was like his nemesis. Like, I don't think he was bullying. He was a prankster. He would, he would, he would pull pranks on them because they, they were, they were like his nemesis. Bugs, Bugs Bunny wasn't going around like, oh, there's some smaller bunnies over there, and he goes over and like smacks them around. That's that would be bullying. He wasn't doing that. He was messing with his nemesis. No, I've not watched any of What If. We hold off on shows like that, and then we'll probably just binge it. Oh, it's Chadwick's last role. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I saw the articles about that. Yeah, Daffy and Elmer would start stuff and Bugs would respond in kind. Right. He was the whimsical prankster. He would outsmart them. He wasn't a bully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't think there's very many characters you could point to that like, yeah, they just went out of their way and they were a bully and we made it funny. Like, there's not really a character like that. Didn't they try to get Elmer to hunt the other one? 
Yeah, rabbit season, duck season, rabbit season, duck season. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bugs was usually minding his business, and then they would start with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was what was so funny is, again, what's the juxtaposition there? What's the humor? You have a rabbit that's usually fragile, easily scared, and weak, and yet Bugs is smart, and and he's the hero. He's always one step ahead of them, right? It's that's juxtaposition, right? He's he's a rabbit. And what's Elmer Fudd? Elmer Fudd's the hunter, and yet he's clumsy and kind of stupid, and he even speaks with a bit of a speech impediment, right? They're creating juxtapositions. That's what makes it funny. That's why the origin of Pepe Le Pew is not meant to be like out of line or off color. It's a juxtaposition. It's Here's this guy, Romancer, and he's a skunk. Ha ha ha. Here's a bunny rabbit who's actually really smart and a prankster and gets one over on the dumb, clumsy hunter. Because usually the role would be reversed. Like a bunny rabbit and a hunter? Who's winning that fight every time? Hunter. Like, a bunny rabbit's fast, but like, a hunter, you know, a hunter's a hunter for a reason. If only he could have made it to Albuquerque. Yeah, he always made a wrong turn in Albuquerque. That's right. I don't think it's about if it hurts Among Us or not, says Lucy. Taking the essence of a game from a small indie studio that can't defend themselves is kind of scummy. Yeah, there's a bigger argument to be had, isn't there, Lucy? Like, is that good for the industry? But at the same time, the industry's cutthroat, man. Survival of the fittest. would. I'm not saying that would be my mentality. A lot of companies, that's going to be their mentality. Well, survival of the fittest, sorry. The bigger fish eats. The little fish. Like, problem is a lot of parents don't take the time to teach their kids the difference between right and wrong they leave it to shows, music, and social media well, and when you let your kids play and consume media they have no business consuming like, right now letting like a 10 year old watch Dave Chappelle, well it's probably not appropriate, they're not old enough to have categories for like this is funny but this is not we're not trying to blur lines here and act like that, that this type of behavior is actually ha 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 no Dave Chappelle jokes about things that are not funny but he makes them funny you don't show that to a child who doesn't have categories for understanding and, and, and good critical thinking and decision making like you're gonna that's gonna be really really hard for that kid to understand what's appropriate and what's not I saw tweets from the Among Us devs on Twitter. They sounded pretty devastated and disappointed. I think Epic will do right by them. I do. I think I think I I think Epic will come alongside and do some kind of a collaborative thing with them. Ten year olds shouldn't be playing Call of Duty, uh, but they do. Yeah. Well, you know. Um oh that's right so they're doing YouTube premium you receive three months of discord nitro on us oh cause I'm on premium that's right that's right um okay hostile takeovers have been a part of capitalism from the beginning uh, what was it that Vader said? He will join us or die. Right. 
that still comes down to parenting. I grew up watching Chappelle in South Park, and it made me hate the cancel culture and still learn right and wrong because my parents parented. I don't know, though. I think that's a really, really, like, I don't know. That's really rare for somebody to expose their kids to such adult themes and humor and still manage to, like, slice that and make sure you understand like it's it's difficult when you're younger you're you don't have a developed sense of like emotional control and empathy and sympathy and like i don't i don't know i just think that's i don't i think that's really risky to be brazen to be like well we'll figure it out we'll we'll parent them through it or something like that there's definitely i don't know There's definitely, there's a big difference between uh, something being made for kids and kids finding it. Right, right. Yeah. It's often overlooked that Star Wars is the telling of World War II from George Lucas's younger self perspective. That's why I tried to tell people earlier. I was like, I'm pretty sure the story was very relevant to people at the time. Like, the idea of like throwing over an empire, an empire that's bad and nasty. Nope, no parallels coming to mind. Like, <laughs> you know, everybody going and standing against this empire, like, that's dead set on domination. Like, there's no parallels here. Like, the story was pretty serious. And for the people around in the in the 70s and 80s, they were like, yeah, like, what a great story. <laughs> I watched Dave in South Park with my dad as a kid. My dad had me at 19. I turned out good. Right, but isn't the problem... You can't use an exception to the rule to, like, establish a rule. Do you see what I'm saying? You're not going to start letting all kids... You're not going to put South Park and Dave Chappelle on a channel that's accessible and made for children and be like, well, parents should just figure it out. What? What? Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Thanks for the brush code. Oh, thanks for using it, Oscar. That's like people that are like, like. There could be examples of. Um, I'll, I'll give you one. I remember. I I know a guy that said this. I know a guy that said this. He said he said something to the effect of his dad knocked him around and he turned out okay. No one would take that and say that that's okay. Nobody would say that. You wouldn't say, oh yeah, he turned out okay. That. My buddy, my buddy told me the other day, he turned out okay. So that's, no, no one would say that. No one would say that. Well, I watched content not for children as a child, and I turned out okay. But that doesn't make it right. That doesn't mean that you should have been, you should be exposed to that as a child just because you turned out okay, right? Maybe you had really thoughtful parents that had really meaningful conversations with you, and they let you watch South Park and Dave Chappelle. That doesn't mean you let kids watch that kind of programming just because you turned out okay. You cannot establish that. That doesn't work. It doesn't work. Your your thoughtfulness or resilience or your parents' thoughtfulness or whatever, like, come on. For every turned out okay, there's 10 not okays. Right, like, come on. Yeah, it doesn't work. It's not rare. Me and my friends grew up with the same stuff. We had parents... They taught us right from wrong, same as I do with my kids. 
Right, but again, I don't... I teach my kids right from wrong and emotional... And I try to teach them, like, emotional uh, stability and health and emotional expression. I'm not going to make my job harder, though, and, like, let my kids watch content that will work against what I'm trying to teach them. Does that make sense? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, just because I'm super invested in my kid's life doesn't mean I'm going to be like, well, let me just make my job harder. Let them watch South Park and Dave Chappelle and, hey, let's watch the Saw series this weekend. Let's see how they handle violence. No! I'm not going to make my job harder. (laughs) What the frick? No! Why would I do that? (laughs) Why? You wouldn't want to do that. There's appropriate times for kids... To, to learn about those things and you've established categories and they can learn about it in an environment where like they feel safe and they can ask questions like they, they, you know like wow they're they're eight let's just see what this does to their little brain you know and I'll, we'll fix it we'll fix it later <laughs> you sound like the developers everybody's so scared of right well we'll jack the game up and fix it later well I'll jack my kids up with bad you know, bad content and ideas at an age where it's inappropriate for them to see it. No, I'll fix it later. <laughs> you don't watch Saw with your kids? No! <laughs> uh, no! Oh, man. I don't think so. I just don't. Yeah. You need to, you need to do a little research into, like, the, like, the the psychology of a child's brain and like what they have capacities for and what they don't and why at that age you know violence can be so confusing to them they don't understand it it's very dangerous to expose them to them to, to them at those young ages they don't get it they don't understand they don't have a category for it there's a reason that when you watch movies like what is it? Uh, uh, like Halloween, like Jason Voorhees, and and uh, you know even in Dexter. Okay, there's a reason those stories exist. They're rooted in reality. The idea that like that sort of getting exposed to something like that at a young age can create like a break in their brain, and it damages their ability to develop um, empathetic pathways. Right, the lack of empathy is what makes for a psychopath. That's what a psychopath psychopaths do not have empathy like there are psychopaths that are they're very successful in the streaming world <laughs> like you can just you can hear it in their voice you can see it in their behavior zero empathy it's all fake it's all an act they just have zero empathy they don't care tear down another person break them down betray people backstab do whatever it takes to succeed they lack empathy they're psychopathic right well usually that kind of a break like psychopathic tendencies and a lack of empathy it's not something that like they just decided one day you know what i'm just kind of done with empathy <laughs> i just it's just too hard i don't want to no it's years and years and usually something very something happened when they were very young right like some exposure to something that they they shouldn't have seen to be a psychopath, you need to have a neurological disorder, but not everyone that has the disorder have psychopathic tendencies. And again, disorders, if you think about what a disorder is, like a mental disorder is, it's 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 unordered 
mental processes. That's that's what it is. It's a dis, it's disordered. You process things in a disordered way. Okay. Usually that happens when during brain development and brain development from like ages zero to thirteen is incredible. Like the studies they've done on how quickly children can learn other languages and other instruments because their brain is developing at a rate that is just, it's insane. Actually, your brain's developing up until the point that you're like 25. There was a whole movement where they tried to raise the uh, drinking limit because of that. They're like, your brain's still developing. That's too young. 21. There are people that think that 21's too young. And there's science behind the argumentation. That's a whole other subject. But the point is, is that that's usually where a disorder comes from disordered mental processes that that got disordered at a young age like something happened they were exposed to something maybe it's years of exposure to something just like verbal abuse or something or they're in a home where they're just around a constant you know threat of instability like if you've ever been around kids they sense instability they do they can tell when something's not right they sense it they push against the boundaries right and so those disorders typically come from that so like this idea that like well i turned out okay right sure but like that doesn't mean like six and seven year olds should be watching adult content or x-ray content why because it will create disorder the category is not there to contain the information or to or to properly slate the information and put it somewhere and what ends up happening is it gets disordered. And now something that shouldn't be considered funny is funny to them. Something that should not be considered enjoyable, like hurting animals and things like that is usually early behavior. Why? Because they have at some way they've been, there's been a disorder, a break where they no longer empathize with the pain of another being. So hurting an animal doesn't bother them. Psychopaths are born psychopaths. While sociopaths are nurtured to their disorder, I don't think that there's hard science to prove what you're claiming, Lucy. There is no hard science to prove that psychopaths are born psychopaths. It's not genetic. It it isn't. It's it is a disorder, but it's not that you're not like born, you like pop out and you're like, yeah, I just this baby doesn't have any empathy. We don't know what's going on. Usually it's a wound. It's a, it's it's something that is that happens at a young age that breaks their mental, the, 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 the way their brain is developing gets gets altered and broken and damaged. And then they're on a pathway to having no empathy. There's no hard science to back that claim. There is not, there's not, none that I'm aware of because psychology is considered a soft science. It's actually considered a soft science, like the study of human behavior and human, in like, human like brain science is a soft science we don't fully understand so much of what goes into human behavior it is still very early truth be told it's early it's young it's in its infancy if you think about it as as a scientific study it's in its infancy and it's gone through how many changes just in the last 20 years of of things that they used to think would be in the dsm and considered disorder and now we would say well that's not a disorder Some of the most prolific uh, serial killers had horrifying childhoods. Right. I had to do a research paper on that once in law school. No social effect, recognition of emotions in others, many times extremely successful, often damage to the amygdala is part of it. Oh, like an actual head trauma. Wow. Huh. 
I must accept some sort of psychological issues because I can kill roaches with no empathy. Just checked Britannica Encyclopedia and it says that psychopaths are born psychopaths. It's a neurological disorder similar just to how I don't think that that is I just don't think that that's true. Uh, Psychopaths. Let's go to Google. person suffering from chronic mental disorder with abnormal or violent social behavior Wikipedia not that Wikipedia's law here sometimes considered synonymous with sociopathy it's traditionally a personality disorder characterized by persistent antisocial behavior, impaired empathy and remorse, and bold disinhibited and egotistical traits. Different concepts of psychopathy have been used throughout history that only partly overlap overlap, and may sometimes be contradictory. Uh, Here we go. Although no psychiatric or psychological organization has sanctioned a diagnosis titled psychopathy, Assessments of psychopathic characteristics are widely used in criminal justice settings in some nations and may have important consequences for individuals. The study of psychopathy uh, is an active field of research. Again, it's an active field. It's a soft science. It's not established right now, right? The term is also used by the general public, popular press, and in fictional portrayals. While the term is often employed in common usage along with crazy, insane, or mentally ill, there is a categorical difference between psychosis and psychopathy. Am I saying that right? Psychopathy? Sociopathy? Psychopathy? Uh, Psychopathic? Yeah, it's not... There's not an established idea that, like, yeah, you're born this way. That's not true. I mean, as this says, there is no organization right now that has come down with a conclusion to be like, yeah... This is it. This is what it comes from. No, that's not true at all. Yeah, you could say some are born, but how would you even prove that? I would be interested in the scientific proof. If you determine, like, this guy over here, he was born a psychopath. Okay, how did you prove that? What What did you do to prove that? Psychopathy? Is that right? How do you say the word? Psychopathy? I can't believe I don't know how to say that. How do you get a pronunciation? I don't know if they do that on Wikipedia, do they? I don't think they do. Hang on. Pronunciation. Psychopathy. Psychopathy. That sounds so weird. Psychopathy. Psychopathy. That is weird. Because you don't say psychopathic. You say psychopathic. Psychopathy. I guess it is similar. I guess it is similar. Psychopathy. I would be interested to see, have they discovered anybody and said... This gentleman here, this individual, this person, this woman, whoever, was born a psychopath. Have they been able to do that? I think you can be born with the traits. 
but upbringing has a dramatic effect on adult life. Yeah, good old English. (laughs) Where pronunciations don't make sense and the rules are all made up. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could see people being born with the traits of like, of, of being that way, of having a tr- having trouble connecting emotionally with others, but that doesn't mean like, yeah, they're born a psychopath. Like, no, they have the traits. I mean, that, that doesn't mean that they are. You can have the you can have the traits of somebody with uh, I, I don't know uh, personality disorder. It doesn't mean you have personality disorder. You just have some of the traits. Up until 75 years ago, if you were born messed up, they just drown you. I mean, yeah. I don't think 75 years ago. It was a lot longer than that. Seems my thought was wrong. Are psychopaths born or bred? Those born with the genes and perhaps associated brain structures of a psychopath are not guaranteed to become one. Likewise, those who suffer some form of childhood trauma or abuse are also not likely to become psychopaths. It's when both these conditions are met that psychopathy occurs. So according to this school of thought, which again, this is a soft science, like this is a lot, a lot of this is theory. According to this theory, it happens when both are present. That they're born with a brain structure and a tendency to like a lack of empathy and emotionally disconnected. And then they suffer a trauma of some kind. And then that, then they, they pop out on the other end, you know, Charles Manson. Like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, even then, how do, but but how do we know that that's true? Can you, you can't like retroactively be like, well, let's look at their brain before they were nine and the bad thing happened. So the bad thing happened when they were nine and now they're 26 and they're in custody. Okay. They went and they went and did something awful and now they're in custody. You can't go back and be like, yeah, before they were nine, here are all the traits and here's all the things. Unless they've discovered, as it says, born with the genes, unless they've discovered genetic, um, a commonality, genetic commonality that is present in psychopaths. And they're like, yeah, the genetic commonality is there. The trauma seems to be the trigger, right? That's what I would be interested in. I don't know enough to know whether or not that they've discovered that. Have they studied enough of these, these individuals to say, yo, no, there's a genetic commonality and trauma seems to be the trigger. You'd have to have brain scans from when they were born. But you can study the genetics of a person and know, like, they were born with these genes. They were born with these uh, brain, you know, like, brain structures and and brainwave patterns. I think you can study that. A lot of this, again, is, like, soft science. Brain science and psychology is... It's it's, it's in process. There's been scientific papers suggesting there is a single gene for psychopathic disorder, but it's controversial. Really. Newly published research indicates that people uh, who new published research indicates that people who more frequently signal their victimhood, whether real, exaggerated, or false, are more likely to lie and cheat for material gain and denigrate others as a means to get ahead. Yeah, that, that perfectly describes 
that perfectly describes the people that I because because of what I know about them and what I know about like them in the background yeah that perfectly describes them yes lie cheat for material gain to denigrate others as a means to get ahead 100% yes and they all have something in common exaggeration false and exaggerated victimhood 100% yes they all have that in common said like if you if you look at the psychology the psychological tells anybody with a brain that's why nobody would that's why nobody did due diligence and reporting and a study of any of it because they all would have come to the same conclusion the, 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 all the psychological tells are there they're all there the lack of empathy the lack of emotional connection the the exaggeration of very very minor things right it's all it's all there everything's there that, that lines up perfectly with that new pu- newly published research that this is the kind of person that you should not be just you just shouldn't trust them when they say these sorts of things <clears throat> there's a lot of research uh, in the body so you can have some with the gene of imbalance or how to deal with it is upbringing no one is a criminal in their own mind they think their actions are justified somehow unless of course they are a psychopath. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. I'm trying to think if we should... We got a key for this game, but I just I just don't think... It's one of those things where, like, right now, we're in that position of, like... Sometimes you can, you can, like, boot up and play a game that's, like, lesser known and kind of indie and, like... All of a sudden, everyone's like super interested, and it's a good call and strike call. And I just, I just don't think this one's it. I just don't think it's it. I feel bad because when I got the code, I was like, "Oh, that looks pretty cool. That looks pretty neat." Uh, and then the uh, there was nothing launching today, so I thought, "Let's do it." But then I just don't, I just don't think it's the right call. We've we've got to get we've got to get back we've got to get our footing back with like recording gameplay for gaming and having a game for the afternoon and I think we're gonna hit that rhythm starting like tomorrow <laughs> with Ghost of Tsushima and gaming and and everything and then next week I think we I think we're getting the ball ready to roll in in some rivets that we've created this week's been a little different because we just haven't had stuff recorded because we've done too much with the studio. <laughs> There is no psychopathy gene, but research tells us that psychopathy tends to run in families. Even if a parent does not have psychopathy, they may carry one or more genetic variants that increases their child's chance of developing psychopathy. I know that Recompile and 12-Minute drop tomorrow. We have put those both on for a vote for Monday because tomorrow we will be playing Ghost of Tsushima in anticipation of the director's cut. I would like to to potentially, I may be able to finish the game tomorrow. I think I'm close enough. I don't know. I think we're about to do like the big final push, the big final long journey or whatever it's called. Another note, how are those disc plates? I've been wanting some, but didn't know how well they go up or down. They're super easy to put up. You literally get magnets to stick on your wall And then you just stick them on the like this is it. This is a display. That's how thin it is. It just hang. It just hangs on your wall. It's it, there. I I can't believe how easy it was. Now mine are different. Mine stick out away from the wall. I built a spacer with cardboard. <laughs> 
so mine doesn't look all that great if I take it off because there's there's like tape lighting behind it these are the large ones there's medium large and extra large this is a large short jokes aside I'm 5'6 I can go back and stand next to it if you guys want some like If you know people who are of smaller stature around my height, 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, it's basically the height of my torso. That's how big it is. <clears throat> I see that weight loss hitting, though. Wait, are you saying you can tell I've lost weight? I think I've gained back one or two pounds actually we've uh we've been so busy I've, I've rode the bike a little less the last two weeks I'm like oh I think I gained a pound or two back can't even put pants on why would I wear pants <laughs> you know I'm trying to stay cool down here you know I had to watch a film with kids who were sociopaths and psychopaths five year olds talking about Oh my gosh, it was chilling. There's a treatment, but they still lack emotional connection. Apparently we don't deserve pants chat. At least we got shorts. Like, I'm trying to stay comfortable all day. What are you talking about? It's a summer, I'm dying. Yeah, it's hot. What do you what do you mean? Sadly I can see those people saying the same to Lono. Yeah, but like you you can't say that about me though. I've not frequently signaled exaggerated real or false victimhood. If anything, I was scared to talk about. I was I had been I had been sort of pressured into not talking about it. I didn't want to cuz I thought everyone would flip that around. If I came out and was like, "Why are you doing this to me? I have a family and a home and a house." I didn't do that because I thought, "Oh my gosh, they're going to they're going to flip that over and 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 try and use it against me." I believe the imposter's mode is almost a direct ripoff, in my opinion. Oh, it definitely is. <laughs> it 100% is a direct ripoff. Yes, it is. <clears throat> the, 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 the question is, and the poll is asking, and people are pretty split on it, will it, will it hurt? Will it hurt uh, the... Will it hurt among us? You know, and people are pretty split on it. You know what I mean? Um, mm, mm, mm. I've played it. It's pretty much among us down to the map. Wait, so Fat Steven Seagal, you are you telling me right now is the map the same? Because the one guy. The one guy is uh, saying the one the one uh, dev. He said that the map was even the same or something like you could have at least used different words for the map locations or something. Um, I 
I was trying to find... I had the report. I was trying to find the report for the direct quote. He was like, he was like, yeah, you could have at least changed the map or the names or something. Another beta arrives. Ellie. Oh, I don't want to play that game. I thought it was something else. I don't think it'll hurt Among Us, but it's really crap for multi-billion dollar Epic to just straight up rip off a dev team of like 10 people. It's as close to an exact copy as you could possibly have done. I can grab a screen for you. Is it top-down? I don't think so. I think you literally run around third person. I feel like Among Us has already died out. Among Us was popular for a bit and died out, but I don't hear much about it anymore. Same with Fall Guys. Yeah, but Fall Guys is doing just fine, and they continue to crank out content and do seasons. And Among Us is probably in a very, very similar situation. Because they... That's exactly... like They... uh, they just consistently could have pushed out new updates to um, to Among Us. <laughs> uh, I was like, why is Wonder Woman trending? I was like, oh, because they put her in Fortnite. <laughs> I was like, what? Is there a Wonder Woman? I was thinking there was a Wonder Woman trailer or something. I got excited. Among Us is just fine. They average like 8,000 players. Yeah, I don't think Among Us is in any danger, but I definitely think this could hurt them. Like, a lot of people be like, well, let's go check out this Fortnite thing, and, you know, and Fortnite is, you know, it's got a big audience. It's got a lot of people. Um, we have a question here related to some of the stuff we talked about earlier. Uh, what about Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit? Is it easy to defend them? I, I don't need to defend Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. I The first movie was fine, and after that, they should have just stopped. <laughs> nice background, by the way. Thank you. I should have just stopped. I don't try to defend the second and third Hobbit movies, but the first movie I thought was fine. They probably could have just done a second one and been done with it, but would they try to do three? I don't even remember the third one. Just disappointment. You know, uh, a question from Ashen. Do you think Sea of Thieves could have their own unique battle royale mode where a player died but can respawn so long as their ship floats, but the ship goes down, your crew is out? You know, I've always thought if they did some kind of a BR PvP something, that it could have, uh, it could have maybe siphoned off a lot of those griefers, but I just don't know. You know, I don't know. I remember seeing the third Hobbit in theaters and just begging for it to end. Highly disappointed. Apparently, Scarlet Nexus is on sale. Xbox Gold for thirty-five ninety-nine. Why don't you like Smog and the Five Armies? I don't remember it. It couldn't have been good. I don't even remember it. I remember just being like, "This is just—I don't know." It felt so forced. I don't think I dislike it right I don't think I dislike it I just think I don't remember it I felt like I was just kind of bored I don't know maybe I went into it with a bias of being like yeah this is going to be trash second makes the trilogy yeah I remember enjoying smog yeah 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 or smog or however you're supposed to say it um yeah after smog they should have just ended it yeah 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 because uh Benedict Cumberbatch was incredible he did a great great job he, he, he nailed it. I think it was the third movie that I was just like, what the frick? This is so pointless. 
I remember being bored. That's what I remember of the third movie is just being bored. I don't remember disliking the second movie. I think I liked the second movie, but I remember watching it and thinking, how are they going to do a third? I remember being a little confused, like, what on earth? How are they going to do a third movie? I've not seen them in ages. My wife and I watched Lord of the Rings movies like once a year, but we've not rewatched The Hobbit. Um, so. It's under 20 on the PSN. Oh, really? Um... Uh, Scarlet Nexus is the most playable JRPG I have ever played. I, I can recommend it. I enjoyed it. I didn't play it much, but you, there's a lot of scenes. A lot of it's like it's like there's an anime show baked into it. So you get, you got to kind of eat around that. And well, unless you like it, I mean, if you like it, it's it's great. But I felt like I was kind of like getting overwhelmed by it. You know what I mean? The best part of the third was to watch Elrond, Gladriel, and Christopher Lee's Sodomon fight with the Na- fight the Nazgul. Man, I don't remember that. People forget the battle in the book. It's just not that huge. Yeah, it's like half of a chapter in the book. Because Bilbo gets knocked out, so they don't even really they don't even really describe it. He gets knocked out, and there's not much. Like there's a big buildup, and then there's like it's kind of like he wakes up and it's over. What do you think of the first three Pirates of the Caribbean movies? I mean, I really like Kira Knightley, so it's kind of unfair. I actually, I, I, I thought those movies were great. I love Johnny Depp, and I think Kira Knightley is just gorgeous, so it's not fair. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got too much bias, because I love Johnny Depp. I've, I've liked him for a very long time, and because uh, I liked him back when he did movies like he did the one with Christopher Walken like Out of Time or whatever it was called I've always liked him and I've always really crushed on Kira Knightley that jaw woo wee that jawline my wife and I watched uh, one of our first dates we went and saw uh, Pride and Prejudice together and I was like man <laughs> that's one of the things that I liked about my wife when I first met her was her jawline and that's what I've always liked about Kira Knightley so the Pirates movies were just fun. They were just fun. And everybody liked Orlando Bloom back then. It was Nick of Time. That's right. Nick of Time, not Out of Time. Thank you. That's a good movie. That's a good movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. That's intense, dude. That's a cool... That's an interesting concept. Like, what would you do in a situation like that, you know? I love them so much. The story was just fun. It's part of the reasons I love Sea of Thieves so much. And every time I hear the soundtrack, I think of Pirates. Yeah, the soundtrack in Sea of Thieves is actually really, really good. As soon as it boots up and it's like, doom, doom, do, do, doom, 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 I'm like, oh man, I want to play. And then, you know, you get griefed and then you don't want to. What excellent boiled potatoes. There, yeah, the cast is really, really good. The, the cast is really, really good in, uh, in Pirates. <laughs> Lono's search history is full of strong jaw searches. No, it's it's I'm I'm dead serious. It's really really funny. If you look at a lot of the people, a lot of the women that I I will tell you like, oh yeah, very attractive. They all have strong jaw lines, all of them. Like it's every single time, like very consistent. Gal Gadot, Kira Knightley, uh, Anna Kendrick, all of them. They just have a they have similar jaw lines. Can't explain it. You know what I mean? Can't explain it. That and the eyebrows. I think people ignore the eyebrows. Good good eyebrows are uh, are very... I'll give you an old term here. They're very fetching, you know. <laughs> uh. 
Hector. Oh, man. Are you quoting Troy? Hector. Oh, he just yells his name over and over again. I thought I saw something on that, that the fight between... Uh, it's Eric Bana and Brad Pitt. I thought that they, for that fight, they intentionally wouldn't take breaks between shots because they wanted to get winded and have it seem real because it's what it would be like. It, I mean, those that type of weaponry, that type of fighting would be absolutely exhausting. You'd be immediately exhausted. Even if you're really in shape, you would be tired almost immediately because the weapons and the shields they were just so heavy. No matter how strong you are, that's going to take, that's going to zap your energy, especially in the sun. Um, no, it's not a fetish. Just that's, that's what I like. Did they have to jog around between takes? Uh, no, I think they said there's something about it. Like, the, Banna and Pitt, or maybe the director, insisted on doing really, really long takes or not taking breaks or something because they wanted it to have like a flow. They wanted to literally seem like high intense, super adrenaline, but then slowly as the fight goes on, they get tired and they get winded. They wanted it to feel raw and real. And boy, it does. It's a great fight. It really is. It's well it's well choreographed. Very, very good. <clears throat> I forget. I saw. I, I swear. I saw an interview or like a, uh, you know, like a film factoid about that. About about how they uh, about how they did that. I can't remember exactly. We're reading that historically, combatants very rarely and actually avoided clashing their swords together in a duel, and there were was actually a lot of punching and grabbing, so you could get leverage for the stab or a slash. Yeah, like hitting swords wouldn't make much sense, would it? That would rattle. It would. It would. It would sting your hand. It would rattle the sword right out of your hand. Can you imagine two full-grown men, very strong, swinging heavy swords and hitting them? That would. You would probably let go of the sword. Both. It would be the force would be too much. Like, bang! You'd be like, oh, <laughs> you just let go of it. Because Banna and Pitt are both uh, borderline method actors. Hmm. I posted a pic in Discord, tagged. All right, where where am I looking here? Um, so I'm looking at. Why is the image literally that image took so long to load? Holy moly. Okay, so I'm looking at the image here. Oh, and I see the radars down in the corner. Let me look at this with you guys. So this is um this is the map. This is the map from uh from Fortnite. Okay, so let me go. I'll go like this, and let me get out of the way. Okay, so above above me is the Among Us map, okay? Up above me is the Among Us map. And then next to me is going to be harder for you to see, but like right down here in the corner is the map for uh, Fortnite. And they have a food court that 
leads to a bridge. So it looks like they have the discussions in the bridge. And the bridge goes down to security. And then there's an office. And then there's battle bus repair. Science lab. Sleeping quarters. Island control. Storm monitoring. And then up to the food court. Over weapons lab. Maintenance supply. It's so uncanny. It's uncanny. It's uncanny. It's so it's it, it, everything is in very very similar places with very very similar names. Like literally going down from the bridge and then there's security. Like that's 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 what they do. That's what that's what you do in Among Us. You go down and then there's security and then it's it's storage. But for them they call it an office. They just added rooms. Yeah. It's not uncanny. It's a little rip off. Sorry, uncanny is the wrong word. <laughs> <laughs> it's not uncanny. No, you're right. It's not uncanny. They literally just copied. <laughs> They're like, yeah, just copy it. Don't even try. Don't even try and make it different. <laughs> That's rough. That's rough. That is rough. Back to the Star Wars discussion. Insomniac Black said. Who would you say is your favorite character in all of Star Wars? Um, man, I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'm thinking. I'm thinking because like my instinct is to go Han Solo. My instinct is to go Han Solo. You know, that's kind of cliche. That's kind of cliche. Yeah, probably Han Solo. Kenobi. Mm. If I go all of Star Wars, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Even if I do all of Star Wars, I don't know if I would be able to not pick Solo. I like Han Solo. Jar Jar. Stupid. <laughs> Uh. Boba Fett or Django Starkiller yeah Starkiller is pretty cool Cal's pretty cool um yeah yeah that's tough it's tough I would probably just go with Solo cause like I always liked Han Solo as a kid you know Star Wars sucks, but Natalie Portman is nice, so she wins. It's so unfortunate too, because she's she's great, but man, she's she's not very good in the movies. She's given a, she's not given a lot to work with, you know. She is not given a lot to work with. If you say C three PO. I would, I honestly, for comedic, you, you almost have to kind of break them down in the categories. Like, for comedic value, I would go with, um, what's his name in Rogue One? K2SO? Oh my gosh. So hilarious. Probably the best comedic execution in all of Star Wars is the droid in Rogue One. Um, just wonderful. Um, uh, your girl Knightley was in there with her. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Kira Knightley has like a very minor part as the uh, as her as her 
her stand-in yeah you can't really tell it's her but it's her yeah 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 um she i don't even know does she even say anything does she have any lines it was portman's double for padme and amidala yeah 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 I think, yeah, I think you gotta break it down because, like, comedic value, I would pick K2SO. For, like, cool factor, I would pick Han Solo. For, like, you know, who's the best villain? You obviously gotta go with Vader. You know? My son likes Vader the most. When she threatened the the Viceroy? Oh, yeah, is that her? She does have lines. I didn't realize that. Mm. yeah it's tough it's tough because there's just so many characters and there's so many things that happened you know Darth Revan yeah Darth Bane is the coolest I hope we get a series of that I yeah, I don't know enough to even comment on that you guys are all like the the book you guys are all like the Star Wars book guys Okay, so uh, what we're going to do tomorrow is we will do a, an obviously a morning show and, uh, and a talk and discussion. I think tomorrow's lead will probably be Outriders because I want to debate that with you guys. We didn't really debate that today. So I think we'll, unless something major breaks uh, or changes, um, we will... Uh, we we will we will probably lead with that tomorrow because we didn't really get a chance to debate that today. We need five more votes votes for a thousand votes. Give me a couple more votes on that poll before I close it. Um, simulators are there, but also overstated. Well, what's interesting, Eugene, is that one's a t- one's a top down and one isn't. So why would they be so similar? I think the similarities are on purpose. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know. It's weird to have a top-down, a top-down game like you wouldn't, you don't need to make Fortnite similar. You know what I mean? I guess you do so you can loop and get to other areas. So they did have to kind of make like a big square loop or whatever. Uh, had it on top chat, rip. Oh yeah, I don't. Why is there even a difference? I don't know. We need two more people to vote in the chat in the poll. If you haven't voted yet, cast your vote. Um. So yeah, I think the discussion about Outriders is worth having unless anything major has broken. Um, I didn't even record shorts today. Oh my gosh. We got so out of sorts today. Um, we went so long debating the, the thing and then I came back and it was eating and we just didn't do it. I didn't even do my shorts. Um, I literally just voted. Yeah, I need to do them. I need to do them. Let me pull up my I, let me pull my stuff up here. Uh, we need to do them. We need to get these recorded for the channel. Hate top chat. I don't even know why. Why would you have two different chats? You know what I mean? Creatures probably losing it. No, we had a good day. I mean, we had a good day. I don't think he, I don't think he's I don't think he's mad <laughs> that I didn't even do my shorts. Uh, wait, no, I need live view. I clicked on the wrong thing. Okay, so let me get. Okay, we need like an Outriders. 
the problem is is when we're cruising and we're having like such a good conversation um I was in here on the short user waving thought it was hint enough I I remember you doing that I was like what um Outriders gameplay reveal this is a PlayStation trailer but this will work uh we don't want this we want this and then we want it to loop okay Outriders holiday 2020 um oh wow I must have moved the camera a little bit yeah they're closer to the top of the screen right now uh so I'm gonna move I'm gonna move that up uh a little bit yeah, we gotta make sure and have these segments in the video because people are gonna be like, "What?" Clearly not a good enough hint. I wouldn't. I didn't even freaking piece it together. Uh, we'll go at six twelve. Holy frick, we went long today. Six twelve. We've not streamed this long in ages, and the freaking view count has got to be wrong. It just doesn't make any sense. We were we were popping this morning. It truly doesn't make any sense. Uh, let me start this one over. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks for watching another SNTR short. This one's going to be about Outriders potentially ruined by Game Pass. If you're watching this on my shorts channel, be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss these uploads. You can also check the link below in the description if you want to catch my live stream. So we covered Outriders a lot when it first came out, played it quite a bit. And one of the things I said about it was that there was a danger in over uh, compensating for all of the bugs and the errors and not really focusing on quality of the game and that they had a very, very small window of time to really gather data about the game and the player behavior. And something that People Can Fly made very, very clear early on was that they wanted to expand the game and add to it, and they seemed to link that to commercial success, that if the game was commercially successful, they would add on to it. They said in many, many interviews that this was something they wanted to invest in. It was a very important franchise to Square Enix. However, PC Gamer has reported Outriders developer People Can Fly says it has not seen any royalties from Square Enix yet and doesn't even know how many copies of the game were sold. The developer was due to receive royalties from the game's first quarter 45 days after its release on August the 16th. And an investor note that went out on Tuesday, People Can Fly says they're still they've still not been paid, suggesting that the game did not break even for Square Enix. So, there are contracts like this where you only get paid so many days after, you know, the first quarter or whatever, and we've now had that date pass, and this investor's note is indicating that they haven't been paid. And one of the reasons could be that it did not break even. And they, according to uh, executive Sebastian Wachowski, uh, said, in per, per machine translation, English not being their first language, we don't have any sales figures for Outriders. We estimate it between 2 and 3 million units and assume that this was the result that would ensure profitability for the project. The lack of payment by the publisher probably means that, according to Square Enix, it is not so. 
So people can fly is theorizing about why they haven't been paid yet. They've not been given a reason why they haven't been paid. Now, some of this could be related to Game Pass. Game Pass could have impacted total sales, even though they had two to three, five, you know, like what, three, three and a half million players. That doesn't mean they had that many in sales. And a nice fat check from Microsoft certainly helps them break even and keep the lights on, but it might not be putting this game in a good position for the future. Okay, so right here, according to this, working with the publisher has many advantages, but also disadvantages, Waskowski continued. One of them is the low impact on people can fly on sales activities and the incompleteness, or in this case, the lack of data obtained from the publisher in this regard. So the lack of information, they don't know how well the game did. Game Pass could have made up a significant number of those game installs that happened and that could be one of the reasons that a lot of people played it and then never went back to it because if you can play a game for free and it's buggy and glitchy and not very good well then you don't have any skin in the game you didn't buy it for $60 you're not going to actually put the time in and continue going and hope that it gets better okay now this isn't to say according to the report that people can fly may not receive royalties in the future Waskowski says that the developer is hoping to receive its first set of royalties this year despite this disappointing information while Square Enix has been keeping overall sales numbers hush hush the publisher did reveal that Outriders had 3.5 million unique players when it was released in April Morgan gave it a score of 63 when he reviewed it calling it an inconsistent looter shooter so from PC Gamer Morgan the one that reviewed it didn't actually score it very well and many people felt very similarly about this title given its lackluster and buggy launch and seemingly potentially lack of commercial success we could see this being the end of Outriders if you like these short gaming news videos hit subscribe and the bell button and I'll see you in the next one Yeah, the video's cropped because I was trying to cover the the disc plate, but what we could probably just do is just do that. Is just run it full so it doesn't have like a weird crop. And for now, we'll just run it like that. Um, I have a feeling that Game Pass hurt overall revenues. Certainly is possible that they just didn't get the sales they needed to get uh, their royalties and to, and to have that that good relationship with Square, you know. Uh, our next story is the Cyberpunk free DLC. <laughs> first things first, always loop. Okay, and we'll go at six seventeen thirty. again a square thing yeah but if square is refusing to pay them because of the contract and they didn't hit the numbers on the contract they didn't hit the numbers on the contract it could be related to game pass it's it's, it's an all-in-one package you know hey thanks for watching another sntr short this one's about cyberpunk free dlc that was discussed and announced in a stream on the purple platform where they did a discussion with CD Projekt Red. If you like these short gaming news videos, be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button. That way you are able to get all of the uploads. So this came from GameSpot. Developer CD Projekt Red pulled back the curtain on Cyberpunk 2077's first batch of free DLCs, but they're not as substantial 
as you might expect. During a live stream, several CD Projekt Red employees broke down what's new inside the shooter's latest update, alongside discussing the changes in patch 1.3. The studio showcased four new pieces of content, two jackets, one car, and an alternative outfit for Johnny Silverhand. All four pieces of DLC can be accessed in the game's main menu under the additional content tab. The two jackets, both of rare or iconic qualities, are available in V's apartment after completing the ride mission. Meanwhile, the Archer Quartz Bandit car can be purchased after finishing Ghost Town. You can check out the screenshots on various websites and social media outlets. So, this is obviously not going to sway anybody. This is sort of going to I mean, maybe land nicely and well for the people that are playing this game, but for the rest of us that have been continuing to sit on the fence waiting for this game to have its No Man's Sky moment, this certainly isn't it. This is just the beginning of very minor updates to the game. Something I've consistently said is that when they fixed The Witcher, there was a good game underneath. My concern is that Cyberpunk is actually not that great of a game underneath all of its problems. So even the recent patch 1.3 that fixed things with the GPS and allows you to like respend your skill points, that's not changing the fundamental core problem with this game. It's just so, so wide and it just lacks that depth. Now, continuing on the report here, CD Projekt Red senior level designer Miles Toast clarified that these add-ons are small for a reason. Patch 1.3 is Cyberpunk's biggest update to date, according to Toast. So, the DLCs function as a kind of sweetener for the tea. As such, bigger, more substantive expansions for this game are coming later. Here's the quote from Toast. This patch is our biggest one to date. We put a lot of effort into this one, so consider the DLCs that we have now as sort of goodies, sort of cherries on top. The reality, of course, is that we've talked about this in the past, is we differentiate differentiate a bit between different kinds of extra content, between DLCs, additional items of which we will have plenty coming down the road, and of course, the giant expansion passage, which we will have something to say about later. So at the moment, they're saying, listen, quite honestly, this isn't meant to be substantive. This isn't meant to be, you know, a game changer. This is literally just meant to be a little bit extra additives to make you understand, hey, this is an update and a patch and we're throwing in some niceties on top. According to this article, this mirrors the studio's approach to the Witcher's Wild Hunt. Uh, which saw 16 pieces of free DLC before receiving its two massive expansions in 2015 and 2016. CD Projekt Red called this method out in September 2020 when President Adam Kaczynski said Cyberpunk 2077 DLC would follow a similar trajectory. So it sounds like they're basically taking the approach that they did with The Witcher. We're going to do just a bunch of little updates, and then when we're done with that, we're going to land the big pieces. I'm holding my breath and waiting for the big pieces. I'm really not interested in jumping back into this game until those big pieces land, because I think those are going to be, they're going to need to be tectonic game changers if this game's going to get back on the map for more people than that are already playing it. As always, if you like these short gaming news videos, hit subscribe and the bell button, and I'll see you in the next video. Need the Fortnite Imposters trailer. It's so hard to find just like the Fortnite channel. 
There it is. It's literally a 30 second trailer. Six twenty-two thirty. Hey, thanks for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Shorts. This is going to be a short one about Fortnite Among Us mode. They're coming for Fortnite, stealing from it, apparently. If you like these short gaming news videos, hit subscribe and the bell button. That way you can catch the next one or catch me live on the stream link listed below the main channel where I stream every day. So this one kind of makes me feel bad for Among Us. If you're not familiar, Among Us had been out for a while. They were working on their sequel, The Rise in Popularity. A couple of games were played by some streamers and then it took off to the point that they completely canceled their business plan, stopped working on the sequel, start investing in the main game to give it more quality, more improvements. And right now they're working on improvements and new things, and they did not have great things to say about this announced mode in Fortnite. Fortnite reveals this thing. We even looked at the map. The map and the structure is very, very similar to Among Us, and the developers are worried that we would have loved to work on this was what one of them said. They would have loved to be a part of it, and even a a collaborative thing could have been good to help Among Us maybe even benefit a little bit from this mode coming out. So PC Gamer reported on this a year after Innersloss Among Us blew up in popularity, Fortnite is looking to get in on the hype train. Fortnite Imposters seems to be following the same whodunit formula, plonking 10 players into the bridge, a secret facility located on the Battle Royale Island. Eight players will be agents trying to keep everything running smoothly, while two scheming imposters will have to do their best to sabotage everything. There'll be tasks for everyone to complete, such as completing calibrations, repairing the battle bus, and delivering reports. Completing tasks will accelerate progress. With all assignments completed, the agents can have victory. And there's like the center place where you can have your arguments, and right below it is security. I mean, it's very, very similar map layout to Among Us. According to the report, imposters will be able to mess things up by disabling assignments altogether, teleporting players to random spots on the map, and turning all players into a hunky banana for a short period of time. Imposters will also be able to eliminate agents, with victory being rewarded if all the good guys are disposed of before they can be found out. So, it's basically Among Us in Fortnite. And this puts a bad taste in some people's mouths because Epic doesn't really need to do this. Uh, Fortnite is a massive success. It's a giant platform uh, with the rumored open world you know, RPG mode on the horizon and their constant influx of really, really successfully sold skins like Superman and Wonder Woman. This doesn't really seem to be done uh, in good taste. Uh, but at the same time, it's hard to fault them for capitalizing on a very popular mode. There are other mimicked games like this in in the mobile market that really, you know, obviously copied the Among Us formula. And the formula is not even original to Among Us. It's basically Mafia with a twist and put into a video game if you've ever played the card game Mafia. So not not really saying that this is wrong or shouldn't have been done or that Among Us, you know, owned the property or patented it. But it does seem to be sort of in bad taste. Like, these guys are a small little indie developer, you know, what, 10 people at the studio, and while they're nose down working on making their game better, you swoop in 
with this. Now, Epic and the developer do have a relationship, so the hope would be that maybe there could be a future collaborative effort to help keep Among Us popular uh, and, and, and solvent and making good money and having good engagement. Not necessarily the type of game that has continued long-standing success, but Among Us has stayed in a very, very healthy spot. So, Obviously, this this looks fun, and it looks like something that I would want to check out, but I kind of feel bad for the developers at Among Us, and hopefully maybe they can turn this into something positive that benefits them and leads to more success for such a creative little cool game. So, as always, if you like these short gaming news videos, hit subscribe and the bell button, and I'll see you in the next one. Do-do-do-do. Okay, we went a little long today. Uh, We had a great, great morning. Really appreciate the support. Appreciate everybody tuning in and hanging out. Enjoy the discussions. Had a great time. Seriously, you guys are the best. Tomorrow, again, since Outriders really got bumped off the table and we really didn't have a good debate, I know you got guys like Eugene and others that think Game Pass is bad. You got guys like Mo that are like, this is a Square Enix thing. You got guys like me that kind of uh, unfortunately saw the writing on the wall during the month of Outriders. I think the bugs and the glitches did it in. We'll debate that tomorrow, so make sure you're here for that. That'll be our lead topic. We think that's a good topic, again, unless something major happens. Then we'll be doing Ghost of Tsushima in the afternoon. I'll be trying to complete that game for Friday, because Friday is the director's cut. And then we'll also be trying to play Ghost of Tsushima Friday night with Hilly. And I'm going to jump into Legends and have a 30-minute as well for you, ready for the gaming channel uh, on Friday. So it'll be all Ghost of Tsushima uh, for the most part, as far as gameplay goes. Uh, discussions and all the rest will be all over uh, the various topics. So smash the like button on your way out if you haven't hit it. Thank you for uh, a thousand votes on the poll. We appreciate the engagement. Channel's doing well. Support is there. Thank you to all the new members. If you upgraded to a tier two, make sure to get into the Discord and vote. Video game voting is a category for tier two members now. If you haven't upgraded to tier two, consider doing it. If you are any level of membership, be sure to hang out in the Discord. Try to find people to play with, whether it's Splitgate, Halo, and the rest. So, I will see you guys In a short video, I do short videos in the evening. Don't forget to uh, watch, support, comment on those. I love to get your comments. I try to reply to everybody. So look for that video in about three hours. It'll orient and set the table for tomorrow. And then uh, I'll see you in the morning. All right? Later.